Hello, and welcome to this special episode of Bonus Bonus Barrel. Since the very beginning, this podcast has been hosted in SoundCloud. And according to it, this episode that you're now listening is our track number 200. Because over the years, we've had several spin-off episodes. The actual official 200th episode of Bonus Barrel is still a few months away. But since this still counts as a milestone of sorts, we thought it would be a good idea to commemorate it with something special. And something that we've never done before, it's revisit old episodes. And thinking about it, the ones that stand the most are the ones that we aired during November 2016, where we revealed our top 100 games of all time. This episode will be a recut of episodes 100 to 103. So this is going to be a long one. But before getting to the list, let me explain a few things. Back in episode 53, the topic was a recently published list of the top 100 games of all time according to Edge magazine. And we had such a fascinating time talking about it and disagreeing with it, especially trying to figure out what was the criteria to decide if a game belonged in the top 100 list. So during that episode, we commented a lot on how X or Y game would be in our top 100 list. And that's around the time where the idea of creating a top 100 list according to Bones Barrel started to take form. At first, we tried to be reasonable and we tried to agree on what were the characteristics of a game that deserved a spot in our top 100 list and also their placement within it. And that proved rather complicated. Naturally, each one of us had their own agenda and wouldn't yield. So for a while, we stopped talking about it. But then, as episode 100 started to get closer, we created sort of a game. Because making the one list, having to agree on a game-by-game basis, was not really an option, then each one of us had to make a list of their own top 100 games. This way, we could come up with our own criteria that we didn't have to necessarily agree on as a group. Rob, for example, wanted to limit the amount of games per franchise. So when discussing in group, we couldn't agree which Zelda or Pokemon game to exclude. And then I wanted to focus on historical significance. So it was important for me to include older games like Pac-Man or Space Invaders, where the others considered newer games to have more merit. But in general, it was just very hard to agree on many of the games that were being thrown around because a lot of them we just hadn't played and had no opinions on them. So the four individual lists were then put on a shared Google spreadsheet where an algorithm would compile them and generate a result list ordered by score. The first part of that score was defined by the placement in their respective lists. So number one gets 100 points, number two gets 99, and so it goes until number 100 gets the one point. Naturally, the games that are on top of each list would end up simply being on top of the result list. But one thing that we agreed early on was that consensus was important. So we decided to include consensus points. If a game appears in more than one list, it would receive an extra 33 points 
for each additional list that game appears on. So for example, Killer Instinct appears as number 35 in my list and number 82 on Left's. By their placement alone, it would end up having 85 points. Now, consider that the number 100 game in our list has a total score of 97 points with only one vote. So Killer Instinct with two votes would have been potentially out, which feels somehow unfair. With the extra 33 consensus points, Killer Instinct ends up with 118 points, which keeps it safely in the list. Now, while consensus was important, individual opinion was also very important. So each one of us had an additional 100 BB points that we could distribute freely in any way we pleased in order to manually affect the scores of some of the games. The algorithm is able to be run by anyone at any given point, so we were able to make changes to our list, make political agreements, redistribute our points, and see those changes happen in real time. And as you can imagine, the logistics were more than a little bit complicated, so we agreed on a deadline. The deadline to finalize our lists was October 17, 2016. And that was a Monday. <laughs> I like I like how you said bracket, Rob. Yeah, I wanted to get the the incorrect spelling in there. I, I hope that you put it or presented it as uh, we've lost the original footage of time, but here is a reenactment of our transfer. <laughs> All right, I made changes to my list. I'll take a look shortly. <laughs> One Halo game needs to make it in there. What was bummed? Can't see it at the moment. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X and Parasite Eve are out, I do believe. Welp, I'll take another pass soon. Can we make the deadline 10 p.m. tonight for East Coast? That way you guys can't mess with it after I go to sleep. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Winky face. Cool. <laughs> okay. I'm satisfied. Don't forget to play Costume Quest. Someone link me that sheet. Uh, Link. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Uh, yeah, in Castlevania's Queen down to 100th spot. Not great, but I'll take it. I'm the last boss of Costume Quest, attempt number two. Oh, nice. I just got the ghost costume, I believe. Hoping I can finish it before we do the episode. Seiji, my friend. <laughs> Mega Man 2 is only number 82 for you? It's in. Now, no Killer Instinct in your list. <laughs> Call of Duty 2 is number 51 on your list. You're saying that Call of Duty 2 <laughs> is better than Mega Man 2? In some ways. I don't know if better, but I like it more. Right in the feelings, guys. <laughs> Call of Duty 2 is a pretty big deal. I'm not denying that, but let's face it, we sort of make fun of those types of games a lot and talk up Mega Man type games quite a bit. Just surprised how you ordered them is all. 
I like Call of Duty. Do I mock the culture around it? Yes. It's out of control, man. Especially, I like old Call of Duty. Those were pretty cool. The problem is that the cops of the world have adopted it and added the bro culture. But the game is still pretty cool. Damn it, Seiji! You convinced me to put Killer Instinct on my list, and now I bumped down Castlevania. I need to do some tweaking in the next hour. Wow, left. You cost a seven-way tie for 100. For the love of fuck, it's changed again? The bar is up to 92 points. You guys don't like Animal Crossing DS? Rob, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, come on. Already a lot of Pokemon on the list. It's why I let Mario Galaxy go. But Rotom. He's in the later ones. First Pokemon with Wi-Fi battles? It also introduced Lopunny. Do it for the furry fans. <laughs> oh man, this is tough. How can I squeeze Castlevania in now? All it needs is a single point, I suppose. You have no idea what you're going to cost left. You're playing with fire now. Do it. Do it and you will see my wrath. Oh, it's been done. <laughs> Only 43 minutes left, folks. I'm going to take a look, and if Animal Crossing Wild World and or Pokemon Diamond Pearl are not making the cut, I swear. I don't think I've ever seen you emote this much, Seiji. Hey, Costing Quest 2 is done! <laughs> nice! I'm the best! You have thunder in your heart, and your moves are like lightning. Shovel Knight is out, but I'm not fighting for it. Damn it, Seiji, are you messing with the list? Oh, you bet I am. I will fight until the end. Your move. <laughs> Four of my games are on the bottom spot. I can live with it as long as they make it to the top 100. Yep, I'm good with how it is now. Yeah, I'm good now. Same. 29 minutes! Guess what's entered the old PS4 for my next game? What? I don't understand your statement. I put a game on my PS4 for the next <laughs> game that I am playing. <laughs> that is where it goes. Anyways, I'm starting Resident Evil 4. Yes! Uh, too bad you won't have finished it in time for this list. Damn it, who is messing with the list? I was. Oh, man. Shake's fist. I literally only added, like, a point each to two games. It's so close race, though. That single point makes a huge difference. Yeah, Seiji's going to change it so Wild World makes the list. Oh, man. The list changed again. That's 100. Aw, yeah. This is going to require some serious brain power now. Doom got dropped, Seiji, with all those extra points you added. Doom, gotta get it in. Only 15 minutes left! I see Seiji just clicking around. What do you have planned, sir? Okay, Seiji, got Doom in. All the ones I was fighting for are in. I think we're good. X2 and X4 got put out, but I can live with that. 
Seiji, you, you good with the list? Right now? Yes. As am I. And I think Rob and Shelby are done. Looks good. Are we cutting it here instead of 10 then? If we agree on it, let's be done with it. Oh, we can wait 10 minutes. Okie dokie. Uh, it's not eBay sniping. <laughs> <laughs> no one better. We're not going to add points in the last 30 seconds and expect no one will care, lol. Do we have an agreement? I'm good. Same way. Good. Yeah, bracket. Looks good. <laughs> Woo! Alright, in lieu of a speech, I googled a famous quote. A consensus means that everyone agrees to say collectively what no one believes individually. It's the official stance of Bonus Barrel. Yay! Yeah, agreed. <laughs> the whole experience was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with that? That was yeah. entertaining to read, I have to admit. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> And now, when it's your game, if if it is your game, you can say what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's what we were discussing earlier when you weren't here, okay. actually. Well, so whoever whoever is the person okay. who who vied for this game to be on the list is going to be the one to kind of talk about the game a little bit. All right. Well, then I don't know who this is. Take it away. Yeah, number one hundred. It's Doom. It is my game. It was number thirty in my list. And oh, what what. Before. This is this is Doom for PS4, right? Like the new Doom. This is uh, Doom from 1993. Seven. Born that year. <laughs> <laughs> got 97 points. It was number 30 on my list, but it actually had 71 points, just because of the placement within my list. But I put 26 of my bonus world points. This is the the one game that I put most of my points in because I love this game. I think it's it's very important for the history of video games. So, and I've mentioned this game a lot in, within the show. So there you go. That's number hundred. Doom. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> so I think I played it as a kid a little bit here and there, uh, and not too much of an as an adult. Uh, I think the game's significant historically, but I've never been a big fan of it. Um, good movie uh, though. Good movie adaptation. <laughs> uh, always have loved Doom. Uh, it was probably one of the first games i really remember playing on computer a long long time ago uh it it did not make my list but it was not by much i think it was there then i ended up removing it um so yeah number 100 doom (laughs) number 99 is actually another one of my games is animal crossing wild world and i love this game so much it was number 22 in my list obviously just got the one vote but I, I also put 18 of my bonus world points which is the second game that I put the most points what, in what uh, console is this one for? Nintendo DS DS one okay. Nintendo DS one yeah again this is the Animal Crossing that I like the most this is the best music of the series um, I love this game I just I just love it so much again 97 points in the end number 99 Not a, I've never played really any Animal Crossing although Megan loves uh, the 3DS one she put like few hundred hours into it have but, you not played new leaf no i don't play i don't not really not my type of game so i, I mean uh, i might enjoy it a little bit but there's no way i could sink that much time into a game without an end um, okay not anymore not after mlos so yeah uh but it looks adorable and i love uh, from the 3ds one i mean i love the art style and stuff but i have not seen the ds one at all so i have no comment on that number 98 sin and punishment star successor i've talked about this game like a billion times uh, it was number 14 on my list 
I put 10 BB points to ensure its placement in the top 100. Uh, you guys all know that I love this game. I, it's over the top, it's action, it's a rail shooter. I don't know how many rail shooters made this list. This could be the only one. Um, but yeah, this game is so fun and I, I recommend people play it. But I've recommended it before, so I don't have much else to say. You guys should play it though. All of you should play it. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I don't think anyone right, has even played this other than you. So you should play. No. Man, I should lend it to you guys. You guys all have Wii's. Come on. All right. <laughs> next, up next again, there's another one of mine. Ninety-seven, Persona Four, uh, number eleven in my list and uh, number ten in my heart. In this had seven <laughs> BB points for me. And again, to make sure it made the top list, I love Persona Four, but I, again, I'm the only one who's played it, so not big surprise that no one else has uh has enjoyed it one of the best jrpgs i've played in the last 10 years and i played the the vita version which may or may not be better than the ps2 version but i mean i don't have to talk this one up too much because most people who play games have played persona 4 so amazing game really glad it's in there i'm surprised you haven't played it shelby you seem like the type of person who would enjoy this game yeah i don't know why i haven't played it either time to get on that that train yeah. my friend all right up next number 96 Xenoblade Chronicles X, not the not the Wii version that everybody likes more, but X, the one I like the most, number ten on my list, and with six BB points. Uh, I thought the open world uh, exploration and the max, which again, Shelby, you'd love this game. This I is know, the, and this I is actually listened to the the soundtrack. Oh, the sound was awesome yeah, too. Yeah, the new one. The soundtrack because I like the composer. So good, yeah. The soundtrack's good. Um, the world, so the characters are the weakest point and the story is a little JRPG. The fact that it runs on the Wii U was uh, astonishing to me because it looks really good. It looks like it belongs on a PS3, a much more powerful system than the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, the, the, the atmosphere and the atmosphere and the scale of the game is incredible. And just like, if you like exploration and running around and if you love sci, it's like heavy sci-fi, but with that, that, that tinge of fantasy that makes it, uh, have giant monsters. It's so good. Love that game. But yeah, Shelby, you if you don't have a Wii U, I don't know, you should borrow mine or buy one or something, because the game is so good. You'd love it. I think it's got the same, like, mech designer from some of the Gundam series, too, so... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the mechs are yeah. really cool, and they transform into, like, cars and, and jets and shit. So fucking awesome. Yeah. Love, love that game. Number 95 is one of my games. Is Star Wars Knights of the Republic 2 The Sith Lord. I did pick this game because I, I really enjoyed the series. The, the first game is one of the best stories in a video game I've ever played. The second one though, although weaker story, is mechanically just so much tighter. Um, so I kind of went with that because I, I did end up playing the second one more just because the mechanics were better so it was easier to get back into it. And this is a game I did have to fight for a little bit to make the list so it I did place it 23rd overall on my top 100 list, um, but I did contribute uh, 20 of my bonus barrel points to push it into the top 100, and uh, this was one of the ones that I kind of had a hard time maintaining. It kept dipping below, <laughs> and then I kept having to rearrange my list to make sure that it was there. Um, so overall, uh, it, it sits at 98 points, and uh, it's a great game. Anyone who likes... Uh, kind of RPGs, you know, these games were what led to Mass Effect, in my opinion. I should um, play these, I think. Yeah, they're really, really, really solid games. Um, so I just really wanted at least one of them um, to be on this list, because I really think it deserves to be there. You are correct. 
Number 94 is Super Mario Brothers. Oh, what's that for? I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's from 1985. Oh, okay. This was number 17 in my list. Mm. And to me, it's one of the best games of all time. And I was I was fighting really hard to keep this game in in the top 100. I kept changing the, my, my BB points until it got to 14. And I didn't think it, it, it would need to go that high. As I said, this is probably historically the most important game of all the list. So I just wanted to make sure it's, it's there. I, I love it. I think it holds up. It's, it's amazing. It's incredible. I love it. It does hold up. It is amazing and historically significant. But there's so many better Mario games. There's, that's why it's not my list. I mean, I, I have no issue with it being in our top 100. But just to say, just to justify why, because it's only in your list. And uh, I just, I had other Marios and I just didn't have room for a Mario that I like. But I mean, I don't like nearly as much as other Marios, other Mario games. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it is, it's kind of surprising that it didn't make Rob and I's list at all. It's, it's strictly only on Seiji's list, but I am glad that you fought for it because I also agree with you that it should be somewhere on the 100 list. So yeah, for historical significance and, and uh, groundbreaking. Shelby, have you ever heard of this game before? Oh, my God. <laughs> have you ever yes. played it or did you think this is Mario Galaxy and you're confused? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But have you played? Have you played the original? Yeah. Okay. Did you like it? Yes. Were you confused when you couldn't tap on the screen? No. <laughs> I played it when I was young. I didn't have that stuff either. Good God. It was like... <laughs> oh, I'm, really uh, glad. I'm glad you're on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, so next at spot number 93 is Earthbound. Um, so it is number 17 on my list, and I dedicated 14 of my bonus barrel points to this game, um, because it was another one, like, we, we kind of mentioned that, like, the, the last 10 spots on the list we fought so hard for, um, Earthbound was another one that I was just trying to get somewhere on the list, because I felt like it should be here, um, so yeah, I, I kind of fought for it, number 17, uh, 14 points, uh, great game, love it, yeah, I'm sure everyone, I'm sure everyone. The only reason I didn't make my list is I I don't think I've got through halfway through the game and I just I didn't put it on mine. Although I really think that if I had played more of it, it would be on my list. It's one of those games that I've been holding off playing because I want to own the cart and I feel like I I would feel better about paying that much for the cart if I had not beat it beforehand. So I've been just kind of like waiting in on getting the game. But Earthbound's yeah. awesome. I mean, what what a, what a charming game from I've played up until. Uh, I don't know, Zombie Village or something like that. So I think like a third, or not, probably like a fourth. Not game. even, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I liked it. pretty early. Yeah, well, you know what? It was, it's not a long game, though. <laughs> it is very like long a 20 game. 20-hour game. Yeah. Is it? Are you sure? It's a long game. Oh, yeah. I didn't think it was that long. It's pretty Anyways, long. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Good, good choice. So the next game on the list, number 92, it's a game that I know is only going to be on mine, and that's uh, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. Um, so it is number 13 on my list, so that's almost in my top 10, and I did devote 10 of my bonus barrel points uh, to make sure that it maintained its position <laughs> somewhere in the top 100. Um, great game. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't had another Monster Hunter experience since it with the, the new one that came out, and even then, I saw a trailer for another new one coming out that does not look too impressive, um, but Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. I love this game. Uh, That's the one I, I played always... with you, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. it's it's so good. Loved it, and I'm glad it made it on the list. I did not like it, but but only because <laughs> I can't. I cannot like. I'm not capable of liking Monster Hunter games. I tried with Final Fantasy Explorers. I've played like 
four or five Monster Hunter games. I played the first one that we got over here, and I just and I love monsters, but I just can't get into these games. They're so you, repetitive. And, and, and you know, like you've given them a solid chance because you I, played yeah. Monster Hunter Four with me uh, a couple times, and yep. then, you know, I was like, eh, and then you got Final Fantasy Explorers, and you tried playing that with me, and you're just like, yeah. So I you know, you you gave it a solid it. attempt. So yeah, that's, I tried, tried my best. Exactly. Number 91 is Plants vs. Zombies. It's number 12 in my list, and just in my list, plus 9 of my BB points. And this is a game that, if if you know me, you know that I love this game. I I mention it all the time. It's one of my great inspirations in terms of of game design also. It's maybe not as well regarded as other games in this list. It's Maybe it's kind of out of left field, but I just just wanted this game in, in the list. It's good. It's not, I don't think it's at left field. I think lots of people love Plants vs. Zombies. I don't. I don't think it's as weird as some of the ones that's coming up. <laughs> oh yeah, because they're mine. That's why. No, no. I was, right. I, was re- I was referring to number eighty-eight. I, I'm glad that that Plants vs. Zombies is on the list. We don't obviously don't have many, if any, mobile games other than this one. Um, so I'm glad that there's at least some sort of representation. So. All right, uh, so 90 is Tales of Vesperia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was number 12 in my list, and I had nine points on it. And I just wanted to make sure that, like, a Tales game made it into the list. Like, I am also kind of happy that it's Tales of Vesperia, because, like, a lot of people, their first Tales game was uh, Symphonia. Destiny for me. Yeah, Tales same. Oh. Des- Destiny. Des- was, Destiny's pretty was the first I would have loved to. I love that game. Anyway, uh, even, like, I like the story in Symphonia a lot more, but I think Tales of Vesperia, like, probably represents like the Tales series the best mm-hmm. um, the characters are pretty great I, the music's kind of I don't know generic RPG whatever but uh, in terms of the gameplay in a Tales game I think it's the most polished um, and the game as an RPG in general didn't feel like super overwhelming uh, there was a lot of stuff to do but there was also like you know you wouldn't get tired of playing it because it was like an infinite amount of, of things that you had to do and it didn't feel like exhausting to play mm-hmm. it was just really fun yeah, and, and that's the new one, the newest one, no, right? The, no, it's not. It's no, no, no that's that was the. It came out for 360. MPS3 oh, in Japan. Okay, okay. MPS3 in Japan. Yeah, yeah, and they got an extra character, Patty, Patty, Patty yeah. the Pirate. Yeah, um, like in also compared to like the newer Tales games, like I, I liked Zillia a lot. From like, I didn't finish it, but I did play through one storyline with a friend, and then. Uh, I'm not through Zestiria yet. I'd play it a bit more, but I, they feel a bit more like intimidating. Like there are a ton of things to do, and and the gameplays uh, I find anyway a bit more confusing. I beat Zestiria, but I've not played Vesperia yet. I do, I, I think to. I think you'd like Vesperia. Oh, I'm sure I would. I, I like yeah. pretty much every Tales game I've played. I just there's a lot, and I haven't got around to playing the ones mm-hmm. that I want to. But I will. I want to play Zillia really badly actually at some point, and Vesperia. Zillia, but yeah. Vesperia means buying a new 360, so I've been kind of putting it off. Well, I have my 360. You can borrow it or whatever. Yeah, but I want to own a new one. Oh, so okay. So you, you don't understand. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, in 89 is uh, Okami. Yay. Which is the puppy. <laughs> That's the furry Zelda game, right? Not Twilight no. Princess, but the other furry Zelda game. No. <laughs> well, if you want to uh, describe it that way. <laughs> they, they compared it to Zelda a lot. Yeah, it's it's ten on my list, and I have seven seven points on it. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was adorable. The, uh, the dog was adorable. The wolf, sorry. Um, it's a goddess. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, we give it the respect it deserves. Shelby, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's been a while. 
It's been a while since I played it. Um, anyway, uh, the music was awesome. I thought it was, like, for its time anyway, it's super pretty to look at. Um, in the game, you could, like, revive these saplings or whatever, and, like, the environments at first would look, like, super dead and whatever, because there's, yeah. like, evil and shit. And then after you would revive these saplings, you'd get a cutscene where the whole environment just changed and everything got super pretty. And, like, in terms of the style, too, uh, it looks like a watercolor, kind of like old-school, like, Japanese ink just that kind of uh, aesthetic, and it looked really cool. Platforms um, that it came out? Uh, PS2, mm -hmm. uh, and I think it came out for Wii. Yeah, and there's also an HD remake for PS3. Uh, oh, there you go. Uh, dig digital only over here, although I think either the UK or Japan has a physical copy, and I believe it actually mm -hmm. is English uh, still, despite coming out in different regions. So you yeah. got people out there who might want to play it. <laughs> it's a bit... <laughs> it's a bit more obscure, too, so I kind of like that, but, like, the humor... Also, I guess if you're not super into like uh, like anime and stuff, that a lot of it probably wouldn't make sense. You're not uh, a boo. It wouldn't make yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's that's that. Good choice. Honestly, really glad it made the list. Have you guys, do you guys know about yeah, Okami? I I know about it, but okay. that's about as far as that goes. There's a DS. I played it a little bit. <laughs> Adorable. Oh, really? You played it? A little I bit. Why, I don't know why I'm like surprised. Like an hour of it. I, I think you I, mentioned I remember it before, mentioning actually. It yeah, yeah. Do you think it deserves number 89? It's a really well-regarded game, I think. <laughs> yeah. it, I'm okay with it being in the list. Speaking of not deserving to be on the list, but is there anyways, <laughs> and is left field. Number 88 is Guitaru Man. Number 9 on my list, with no BB points. Guitaru Man six. is six. A... Yeah, you have six points on it. Oh, do I? Yeah. Yeah. I don't see... Okay, well, I believe you. Oh, I do, I see it now. Yes, Guitaru <laughs> Man is one of the first demo discs games that I played that I fell in love with. Uh, it is a PS2 and PSP game, and uh, I love it more than anything. It's a rhythm game. It's super stupid. Like <laughs> every level has this cutscene that sets up this weird character. It's very, it's very uh, Japanese, like anime-inspired storylines. Like it's pretty obvious. The voice acting is kind of bad, but the music is awesome, and and the gameplay is so fun. I, I mean, I'm not going to go into all the gameplay stuff, but. But if you guys want to play a wacky rhythm game, kind of in the same vein as maybe Parappa the Rapper or something along those lines, I, I recommend this game. It's so good, and it covers a bunch of different uh, musical genres. This is not a game you'll see on pretty much any list, but I really, really love Guitar Man, and, and people should play it. The PSP version might even be the better option, and less rare. And yeah, I, I fucking love this game. It's so good. So 87, I needed to have... Higher than the bottom ten as well. This is something I fought for more than other games to at least be on the list. And this is Castlevania One. Um, I absolutely love this game. I, I think I've mentioned it many times on the podcast how much I like Castlevania. Uh, the the music especially is is one of the most memorable things of this game. I'll, I still listen to uh, the Castlevania soundtrack because it's just it's it. I just I played this game so much when I was a kid, so it it, it holds all this nostalgia for me. So and and. It is just a great game. Um, so I fought really hard to have it on my list. So it is number nine in my overall top 100, and I put six BB points as well. So exact same treatment as your Guitar Room Man, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> but yours is, is going to be more... Yes, we, we, we all agree that uh, Castlevania should one-up Guitar Room Man at least. So. I mean, I agree, <laughs> I agree that it's more significantly important and more popular, but I, I mean, I've played Castlevania 1 to an extent, and I did not get hooked. But Guitar Man, but I like weird games, so I know I'm biased. It's cool. I want to give I want I want to give it another another chance someday down the road. Castlevania. It's 
Number 86 is Pikmin 3. And I'm really happy that this game is in, in the list, but of course it's, it was going to be in because it's number 7 in my list. Super high nice. plus for my view points. Is I, I think Pikmin is one of those great video game series that is not as well regarded as uh, other better known series, but it's a great game, it's a great RTS. Um, and I this is the game that I've had most fun in co-op mode, uh, specifically with, with my wife. We play this game a lot. I love it, so it's, it's, it's very good memories with this game, so, yeah. Alright, so then, number 85. And this is one of my favorite games of all time, uh, Secret of Mana. I've, I've, once again, I've, I've mentioned this game many times. P2 is a horrible person for not liking this game, <laughs> I just wanted to say. and uh, But yeah, no, I uh, once again, it's a lot of nostalgia for this game. I love it. As Seiji just mentioned, Pikmin 3 was one of the best co-op games he played. Secret of Mana, for me, is one of the, the best games I've ever sat down and played with a friend. So, love Secret of Mana. And I, I, I just put number 3 and just let it kind of ride the list and, and I'm glad it made it somewhere there so number 84 Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy's Conquest to me the best uh, Donkey Kong Country of the series it's number 8 in my list and also I had to put uh, 6 BB points in order to <laughs> to to have it in the list so I just want to say look, look at how high in our list a game must be in order to be in the list, right? So uh, we have games that it's in our in our top ten, and then in, on top of that we have to put like BB points. And to me, it's, it's just mind blowing that that uh, Donkey Kong Country 2 uh, it's so low, but also I mean it wasn't in the top hundred, so I, I made it very clear uh, that, <laughs> that I needed it in in my list. So there it is. Uh, I cannot recommend this game more. It's it's amazing. Awesome. Number eighty three. <laughs> Katamari Forever, the PS3 Katamari game, and you guys know that I fell in love with the series last year. I am a huge Katamari fan now, and uh, Forever is my favorite. Oh, it's such good music. The gameplay, you guys will notice that I play really weird, stupid games, apparently. This isn't the same umbrella as, like, Guitar Man. It's just weird, and, and just you're rolling over people and crushing them, and they're screaming, but it's all done in a lighthearted way. It's just a really weird game, but it's so fun and addictive, and just a, a pleasure to play, and that is why it's so high up on my list. I love that game. I feel like this is a side note in our list, a little, a little, a little aside. There's a lot of games that none of us have played, and I think that over the coming years of BB's existence, we owe it to ourselves to start playing other people's games that are so re well regarded, so that we can better understand each other in terms. Oh of yes, games. definitely. <laughs> this list to me is like a, 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 it's like a, a blueprint playlist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a guideline for the future. Uh, we might see lots more game talks in some of these these games as, yeah, as for time sure. goes by. Yeah. Eighty-two is uh, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Woo! Uh, love this game. Uh, it's number seven on my list, and it's got five points. Uh, I wanted to make sure an Elder Scrolls made it mm -hmm. into the list. Uh, I'm surprised Rob didn't. I thought you liked this game a lot too, Rob. I do like this game a lot. It just wasn't. I, I didn't. I liked it a lot, and I put a couple. I put a hundred hours into it when it came mm -hmm. out. I played the, sh the shittiest version too, it was the PS3 version. Uh, and I, I mean, not to overtake your, your talking game, but since you said my name and summoned me, I, I just, yeah, I really, really like the game. It's good. It's, I'm glad it's in the list. Just, I, I just have room for it in mind. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm just surprised, but yeah, please, sorry, Shelby. Yeah. Can you Shelby? Oh, it's, it's all good. Um, yeah, I just liked, uh, like you know, you could make one 
type of character and play that style for mm -hmm. whatever, you know, beat the game and then go back and make another character kind of do the same thing. And like even the DLC, um, I thought the DLCs were awesome. Like, um, what was it, the Dawn Guard or the Vampire one was pretty cool, um, which added like a whole awesome uh, quest, like an overarching quest or whatever. And then you got all these mini, mini quests to go with it. Um, did you, yeah, did you play a, it for game. 360 or? Yeah, yeah. So we both played on the shit. Like we should have played it on PC. If we really wanted to get yeah. the most of this game, we should play on PC. Yeah. Or maybe the, or I, maybe uh, the Switch. The, <laughs> I got the new. I got the the HD remake that just came out too. So. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I'm gonna pick it up because I kind of want to get around to it one of yeah. these days. Which I played it consistently for like two years, two or three years. I was just like, you know, sometimes like, oh, I'm gonna play some Skyrim, pop on, like, kill some bandits or whatever, do a small quest, like, just so good. <laughs> Have you uh, left which version? Are you thinking of getting the PS4? The PS4 one, yeah. Not PC? Yeah. You're getting a fancy new PC and you don't want to get the better version? You know, that's a good point, actually. I haven't seen it for PC, so... And it's probably pretty cheap on PC by now as well, but... That's a I good point. I think it's $40? Yeah, I, $40? Think, it, I think it's 40 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. I, kinda, I just kind of like the idea of playing it on console. Yeah, I know. Consoles are the yeah. best. And you can get mods now for it, too, right? So That's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, number 81. Dark Souls. Uh, it is number two on my list, and uh, the second game Same to not Edge have Magazine. any. Yeah, yeah. And the the second game to not have any BB points because it's number two. So this is one of the, one of this is my literally my second top or second game on my top 100 list. Uh, I love Dark Souls. I think it is such a good game. It is very challenging, uh, but they reward players appropriately. It is just a, a beautiful game in terms of, of game design. Uh, the way the levels are crafted, how you always kind of find back entrances leading you back to where you used to be, and the whole world is just so well connected. Uh, they do such a good job really kind of building uh, the the game the universe in this game and uh, the gameplay itself is just so polished uh, there's there's nothing bad uh, you can say about Dark Souls other than the fact that it's very challenging uh, but I absolutely love this game and uh, I kind of got into the game much later in its life um, I pretty much started playing the first one when the second one was about to come out um, so I never got around to playing the second one but I absolutely love the first one and it is just one of the top games I've ever played in my and life. That's by a way forward, right? <laughs> I believe so. And what, uh, just to keep it going, what, what, um, we should try to say what consoles these are on. So oh, uh, well, I, I played it on 360 originally. So on PS3, PC, and yeah. all, pretty much everything, right? Those, Except for yeah. Wii, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Wii U, not surprising right. at all. So the next game is also kind of interesting in terms of the list because this is the first game. So every game we've talked about so far has only been on one list. So we're reaching yep. now the first game that is on multiple lists. And not only is it on two people's list, this is a three list game. Whoa. So the next one uh, is Mario Kart Double Dash for GameCube. Uh, yeah. So I have it at 85, uh, Seiji at 91, and Shelby at 94. Um, so I'm just going to talk about it quickly. Um, I loved it. Played it a ton with my friend. Um, I usually, and we would do the double team. I would usually be just the guy throwing items and he would drive. Um, and I loved playing it. And look, I, I, can't, I can't say more than good things about Double Dash. Okay, so I did play... Uh... 
the Mario Kart for uh, 64. And that one I kind of remember, but not really. Like it's just kind of like vague memories in my mind. Double Dash was the first one that I actually like remember playing and really liking. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, this is a, a weird Mario Kart. It shouldn't have worked, but it worked. It's really strange. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, the track design Double Dash is is one of the best track designs. Um, I remember playing it with uh, with uh, one of my wife's cousin a lot, and and I don't know, it was just so so different from all the Mario Karts uh, before that and after it. So I don't know. I, I remember it really clearly. So because of my the games in my list tend to be really strong uh, mechanically, so that's why I remember this game so fondly. Yeah. Seventy nine. Valkyria Chronicles, awesome game. Uh, it's kind of like a like a World War Two. Like, love story, RPG, real-time strategy. I don't know how to describe it. It's just all, all of awesome, like, in a bunch of... It, it's just so cool. It's number 11 on my list, and I got 10 points on it. Great music. That story's fantastic. I don't know. There's... I, I think it's probably uh, one of the best games... It has one of the best game soundtracks that uh, that I've ever listened to, and I listen to it at work all the time. And uh, I got it for PC... Uh, in a humble bundle thing, so it was just recently that I played it. Like I started, oh, I think cool. six months ago. Yeah, um, and I will say this though, like I think I spent five dollars on the humble bundle, and it's the best five dollars on a game I've ever spent. Nice. I really want to yeah. play that game. It's really good. I've heard only I good things about it. Really recommend it. It's it's awesome, and the characters are really cute. They kind of like because you get your main units or whatever, and then you get like all these uh, extra characters that you could have on your team, nice. and they put a lot of time into like making each one of them look different and giving them like different voices and stuff like the voice acting is and I played it with the Japanese voices because I didn't like the the English ones yeah shut up (laughs) (laughs) so that's uh PC PS3 and a remake came out on PS4 yeah that sound right I think so yeah Yeah, it's uh it was a really early PS3 game and I had a friend who was really into it I never got around to playing it despite wanting to and Mm -hmm. uh I have had PS the PS3 version for like three years and I had the PS4 version and I I I'm trying to promise myself I'll play it next year because it looks great, and I I really like the characters in Project Cross Zone, so that really helped me want to play it more. Good choice. Glad it's in your list. It would have probably would have made it mine if I had played it, but number seventy eight. I'm not gonna lie, guys. This okay. is a bit painful for me <laughs> because this is my this is my number one game, my my favorite game of all time. Yeah. is Cave Story. <laughs> it's kind of low in the list. Well, this, this uh, is probably the lowest rated number one game. It's on, the lowest. That was number one on someone's list. Oh, sorry, buddy. <laughs> it is a good game, uh, though. Cave Story. Uh, I don't know. I have I have a, a very a very sentimental kind of relationship with this game. <laughs> I I like everything about it. I like uh, the story. I like the music. I like. It's development story. I love that. It's a very personal game for the developer because it's a game that was made by just the one guy, and it's it's really rich uh, to this point. I, I played it several times. I probably got uh, several endings several times, and I still I still like keep keep reading about it, and, and pe- people keep uh, finding stuff in it. Uh, I don't know. It's this this really awesome little game. It touches on all the stuff that I like, so yeah. Cave Story. Um, yeah, just to add to that, I played the 3DS version recently and I enjoyed it. I think I'd probably like the uh, Cave Story Plus more, and I might get around to playing it someday. But I see why. I definitely see the charm. Amazing music. It's came out on on so many systems. I think 
we could probably safely say it came out on everything for the most part. Except maybe, I don't know if it's on the Vita. But it's it came free. out pretty much everything else. Is it free? The, like, the base version is free? The, the original one for PC is free. Get out and there and play it, people. And, and it's still free. Yeah. Play it left. Come on, you'd love. I know. I, I I keep I keep meaning to and then forgetting. I know Shelby wouldn't like it because it looks too old. She doesn't like things oh that look God. like Nintendo <laughs> or Super Nintendo. But but you guys do definitely should play it. Seventy-seven. It's uh, Ratchet and Clank going Commando. Nice. And yeah, so I wanted really badly for either a Ratchet and Clank game mm-hmm. or a Jack game or a Sly game to make it into the list. It's number thirteen on my list but the thing is like and i guess this is kind of where like the the politics of the list kind of <laughs> comes in um because originally it was a lot lower it was like number 50 something on my list and i saw uh at some point when we were all shuffling games around and stuff that it was it, it wasn't making it uh so i was like shit what am i gonna do um so i moved it to number 13 <laughs> in my list You're and gave it 13 no 13 no points. she's playing kidding, the game correctly yeah man playing the game <laughs> And I'm kind of sad, like, because I really like Jack, like the Jack games and stuff too. And Sly's kind of, I, I think Sly was on my bit, list, I believe. Yeah, it's a bit more similar. Sly's a bit more similar to like Ratchet and Clank, I think, than I, uh, than Jack in terms of, of like gameplay to jump, and stuff. To jump but, in on the Ratchet and Clank stuff, I played the PS4 one, the remake of PS1. Yeah, and I also played Future Weapons a little, whatever it's called, for a little bit. And I think yeah. that I would enjoy the Ratchet Clank series more than Sly Cooper. And I just hadn't played it enough yeah. to justify it on my list, but I think it's great mm-hmm. to put it there. Yeah, like, it, I have, like, it's it's a lot of nostalgia for me, too, because I played it a lot, like, with my brother growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, and for me and my brother, that's just kind of, like, the series that we both really liked and that we both kind of agreed on uh, really liking. So, And is, yeah. did this originally come on PS2 first? Is this one of the PS2? Yeah, it's, okay. it's all PS2. And it was remade yeah. on PS3, of course. I think everything yeah. was remade. I didn't play any of like the newer, the newer stuff for PS3 or PS4, but I did play like all the stuff that came out on PS2. And I even played like the Ratchet, or the, I think it was just the Clank game that came out on PSP. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Size Matters, I think is what it was. Yeah. Uh, I played that one too. Nice. Yeah. Good choice. I think uh, same same voice, uh, Ratchet, same voice actor as uh, as Titus or Titus or whatever. Oh, really? Call I did not know yeah. that. Cool. What's next? Yeah. So it's Left 4 Dead. Uh, this, I remember, uh, when the demo came out for it, I just remember uh, going home at lunch in high school. And you're not supposed to. You're not allowed to go home oh, at lunch. you're bad. Because uh, you're in, I think, ninth grade, <laughs> and that was the grade that you weren't allowed to actually leave the school grounds or whatever you're at bad, lunch. You're a bad, bad kid. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I remember, like, running home because I was so... Games. <laughs> well, no, the, the demo the demo had come out, so I was like, oh, shit, i got to get home, and i got to download this so it's ready for when I actually get home. <laughs> To play it. <laughs> broke the rules. Uh, I did, yeah, for this game. And I was super excited, just like the trailers and stuff made it look awesome. And it was just such a a fun game to play co-op uh, with somebody and the people that you really like. Because if you play it online, everybody online is an asshole and they just kind of leave you for dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, that's that's my thoughts on it. It was number 34 on my list. What did that come out on? Uh, 360, right? And yeah. PC? PC. PC, yeah. Did it come out on PS3? No. Don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think I did it either. Growth, what's next? All right. Uh, 75. So this is uh, <laughs> another game where the politics came into play because uh, I really wanted a Halo game to make the list. So Halo Reach is number 75. Uh, nice, it's number nice. 14 
on my list with 15 BB points, and it's the same as like Ratchet and Clank, uh, where it wasn't as high as 14 on my list originally, and then uh, I was like, oh crap, it's at the bottom again. What, so I moved it up. I have a question. How much did Cobb pay you to get this on the list? Like, <laughs> I didn't pay me anything. He must have paid you some money to get a Halo on no. the list. No, see, I was I was trying to reach out to Shelby once because I know she <laughs> wanted a Halo game on there, and I would have put Halo One on my list, which would have had two people vowing for it, which would have made it somewhere on the list. But we never really reached a consensus, so it never happened. Yeah, the the original trilogy or whatever is great, but I don't know Master Chief as a as a hero, like as a protagonist, kind of gets old after a while. So I was I was really happy with like Halo reached the six. Like, you played as Noble Six or whatever. It was your character. You just kind of customized it however yeah. you wanted. I, I have played uh, Halo Reach, and the game mechanics are much better than the original trilogy, for sure. Yeah. So, I really I really enjoyed it. I played a lot of a multiplayer on, on Reach, too. Like, online and stuff with the bros. Rob, just, just be quiet. No, no one cares. <laughs> you, no, I have Rob. to say. I have to say. It's very important. <laughs> if it's actually serious... It's about... It's serious. So, okay. left, you Halo it... reached out your hand of friendship and she stopped. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Edit this out. Edit no, it out. It, stays. it doesn't deserve it to be stays in. in. No. I've got to have a pun. Thought, I think that was oh, hilarious. Boy. I think that should stay. <laughs> anyway, sure, sure. Yeah, so I like the story of Halo Reach a lot more because it also uh, comes before um, the Halo trilogy, I think. I do believe it actually starts right before the first game. Like the end of Halo Reach is right before the first game. Sweet. So anyway, Halo, Halo Reach, good shit. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Oh, so this is kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> it's number 74. Final Fantasy IV, lots of fours here. It's number four on my list. <laughs> Got five points. This is the first Final Fantasy I played. Final Fantasy um, two over here, right? But yeah, Final Fantasy two here. That's actually confused me for a while too, because uh, <laughs> I kept calling it Final Fantasy two forever, and then I was just really like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" about? Uh, um, <laughs> the, the, the same thing with three and six for me. Whenever I yeah. realized it was actually six, I was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> well, what platform is this? Uh, I played it actually for well, when it was two here, it was on what was it, Super Nintendo? Super, yeah, yeah. Super, yeah. Um, so Super Nintendo, and then I played. Uh, I got into it a lot more when the the remake came out, the three D remake for DS, right? uh, for DS, yeah. And actually, I have it on the PC too. I got it through Steam. And it's so. also on PSP, and I believe it's on mobile as well. The PSP also, I think, comes with like extra. Yeah. After after story, or which I want to play. Man, me too. I have not played it. I, just just to quickly jump in. I love Final Fantasy four yeah. too. And the only reason it didn't make my list is because I had too many Final Fantasies as it was. But four is yeah. really really good. I love that game. So awesome. Yeah, Cecil's I like uh, the Cecil as a hero. Yeah. Cecil Cecil. I call whatever, him Cecil. Yeah, That's what they call him in the game. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Golbez. It's awesome. <laughs> I freaking love Golvez, his voice and shit too, the voice acting they gave him. This had a, a little, um, there was a little bit of a, not controversy or anything, but this game was it was too hard for us North Americans, so in the FF2 port, they actually made the game a lot easier in comparison. They nerfed to it? Yeah, they nerfed it when they brought it over no. here. So the, oh, the real original version is actually probably the easiest version, I think they fixed it later oh. on, but yeah. Some trivia for you. Some BB trivia. I feel lied. I feel lied to. Well, I mean, that's probably why you're able to play the game at all, right? Yeah. Also, also, Kane. Kane, shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. Wow. All right. Number 73 is Team Fortress 2. It is 61 on my list and 72 on Seiji's with no BB points. TF2 is high for what it is on my list because of all the... Uh, good multiplayer experience I've had with my friends. I've only ever really played it with my friends. Uh, people like J-Chan and Sundary J. 
uh, people, one of them, who listen to the show. Uh, just a lot of fun. Uh, it's a really accessible uh, shooting game, first-person shooting game. And it just I find the, the classes very unique and interesting. And uh, this art style holds up, because it's an old game, but the art style makes this thing hold up even today, I think. Overwatch has kind of replaced it for me in terms of my multiplayer shoot 'em up games that I occasionally play, but uh, really great game. Uh, PC, Valve. And it was also on the uh, Xbox 360 and the PS3's Orange Box. Amazing and game. It's one of the great <laughs> multiplayer experiences. Number seven. Is Pokemon first generation. Woo! I actually voted for the blue one and Shelby voted for the yellow one. It's 54 on my list and 78 in Shelby's list. Nice. What can I say about Pokemon? It's the first so one. Started a revolution in games. Historically important. Great game. Great mechanics. Everything is great about it. Music. Yeah. Oh man, so yeah. good. I need to justify it not being in my list. Again, it comes. A lot of these multi series games, or multi game series. I just, I just cut just for the sake of getting other games in the list. I had to choose my favorites amongst the series, and and Pokemon Blue and Red and Yellow, though they didn't make mine list, they they easily could have made my list. It was just a matter of getting other games on there that don't don't get represented because these games are revolutionary. I love, I fucking love the original series. Probably Yellow of the first three is my favorite, but first Game Boy Color I ever owned came with Pokemon Yellow, and I I fucking love that that game man so good mm-hmm. and, and i just want to mirror exactly pretty much what rob said uh love pokemon blue and pokemon red never cared for yellow but i i love the first gen pokemon i really only played two pokemon series uh or generations the first one and the fourth one number 71 which is diamond and pearl it's Number 19 in my list, but also I put a lot of BB points in it because I think it's one of the most important Pokemon and the one that I play competitively, so it's, I'm really fond of it. Mm-hmm. It was the first one with, with Wi Fi or online battles, so yeah. Nice. I, hey, you I, did put a lot of points into it. Holy shit. I like Pokemon. I mean, I've played every Pokemon game. It's This one is probably my second least favorite after the third gen. Uh, not because of any particular reason, just I did. I played at least compared to other games. It is really good, and it introduced online battling and trading, which is super important. So, definitely a justifiable spot. Yeah, and this is where when uh, like some types stop being linked to the type of of power, which made the game much more competitive. Before that, like fire was always special. Starting from the fourth generation, you can have physical fire, physical or, or physical water, mm-hmm. physical electric, things like that. Number 70 is Ninja Gaiden 2, the Dark Sword of Chaos, the one for the NES, uh, the old 80s game. Uh, it's number 48 in my list, number 81 in Left's list. What can I say? Again, <laughs> really historic uh, game, really good game. The best, I think it's the best in the series, in my opinion. What do you think of that? Well, th- this game is, is also kind of uh, a victim to the politics of the list, because I actually did originally have the first Ninja Gaiden game on my list, and then Seiji reached out to me to put Ninja Gaiden 2 in place of 1, <laughs> so that we could at least have a Ninja Gaiden game on the list. And I agreed to that, because um, the first two games were the ones that I really played, um, and loved them. They were part of my childhood 
My mom's from this like tiny French village, so when I would go there, I'd have nothing ever to do except for play Ninja Gaiden and Double Dragon, as those were the only games they owned. Um, so it, it, it's a very nostalgic game for me, and I absolutely love it. Just like Castlevania, I can listen to the music today, and it just it brings me back to when I was a kid. And I, I love I love this game series. Did you guys ever beat it? Either of you ever beat that game? I hear that. Uh, I, I, yeah, I beat I beat the first two. Oh wow, nice. There you go. I beat them. Cheating, but I've oh, beaten them. Safe states, or <laughs> Safe states, yeah. Yeah, it's I, I, barely I cheating in this states, game, yeah. in my opinion. So. I agree. All right, number 69, a very sensual game. Pokemon <laughs> Pinball for the Game Boy Color. Uh, number 31 on my list and 97 in Seiji's list. Man, I love this game. So... Uh, I'm not a big pinball guy, although I've come to enjoy uh, digital pinball games more over the years. But Pokemon Pinball, I played it because it was Pokemon. It came out somewhere between Pokemon Blue and Gold and Silver, I believe. Uh, it was original 151, and basically you have different fields, uh, a red board and a blue board, and you're trying to capture Pokemon by hitting and getting them to spawn, and then you have to hit them with a Pokeball. Anyway, so I won't go into it, but the music is great. I remember it had a, uh, eight, a chiptune version of the, the Japanese Pokemon opening which I think is a lot better than the original, or the one we had over here, even though I know it's more, people are more fond of it. But uh, at any rate, the game is so fun, and it was a great, like, in-between game for me while waiting for it. Also, it came, it was a Game Boy Color game with a rumble pack. You put one battery in there, and it would rumble as you're playing, and that was really cool back in the day. Uh, so next is number 68... This is going to be Fire Emblem Awakening. Yeah. Uh, so it is number 43 on my list and number 84 on Rob's list. Uh, so obviously we, we both really have enjoyed this game. Yeah, I'm kinda, I think I think this was one that you missed. I did, and then, and then, then it, I re- remembered, my, I saw my error and I added it. Exactly, and I was really pleased with that because I wasn't going to make it with just number 43 on mine. No. Um, really, really like this game. Uh, it's it's such a solid game in the characters and mm-hmm. the gameplay. I, I I can't I can't say enough good stuff about it. Um, it's way yeah, better so, than Fates. Oh, I, and that's and that's yeah. kind of the thing too is that I was I've, I've been playing Fates and I'm kind of and I don't actually own a copy of Awakening as I just borrowed Rob's way back when and uh, I've been I've been wanting to playing Fates make me just want to play Awakening again. Um, it's so so good. yeah, it, it's play such it, a people. good game. Play it, play it, and this time I won't <laughs> kill. Uh, Gaius, because I killed him, and every anytime I tell anyone that I killed Gaius, they're like, "What?" He's so, so um, yeah, he's very likable. He so I, I, I need to do it again so that I won't murder uh, the most popular go. character. Be a hero, for once. In <laughs> 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 so, All right, yeah. so sixty-seven, sixty-seven uh, is, and you've heard me mention this freaking game a thousand times. <laughs> Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, Dual Destinies, freaking love that's that whole series. One or what, which one is that actually? Dual Destinies. Yeah. That's the fifth one. The fifth one. This is number five on my list. Put thirteen points on it. I definitely wanted to make sure that a Phoenix Wright game or an Ace Attorney game made it into the list. I love the Phoenix Wright series. I just I find it awesome, and it, it's kind of mind blowing how they they make each case like so different from the last one, and the details that they put into it, and like. Not to sound morbid, but how they make all the murders seem different, too. <laughs> there are lots of thought goes into that. Characters are awesome. Phoenix is 
he's great. Just super lovable. Yep. Like he's just he's awesome. I love him. And the music. Uh, yeah, music's great. So the good. soundtracks, all the soundtracks are awesome. Like Spirit of Justice one wasn't too too bad, but like I love even it. for like it being mediocre, it's still like a really good soundtrack. It's so fun. Yeah, like it's I don't know. Good, all good things about Phoenix, right? Good choices, my friend. Yeah. Number sixty-six. Hearthstone. Love Hearthstone. 62 on my list and 63 in Sagey's. Very close. Uh, no BB point from either of us. But yeah, the the card game, the mobile slash PC Blizzard card game. Uh, fucking awesome. It, uh, Amazing game. It filled the itch of my nostalgia for World of Warcraft that I had when playing it when I was younger. Uh, this was a, a more accessible way of replaying WoW without going back to MMOs because I don't, they don't have, I don't have time for those. And uh, really solid card game. And, and oh, visually so good what a what an awesome presentation so completely agree completely agree and so, one, one of the better design games that i've encountered it's amazing yeah. really fun uh i it was probably one of the first games i think i first freemium games i put money into that i didn't feel bad about and i put more money than i feel proud of into that game but <laughs> and i don't really play it anymore but you know it's one of those games i could easily go back to and spend a couple weeks getting used to the new rules and stuff and keep on playing it's it's so good number 65 is on me uh so this this is a game that i i dedicated 20 of my bonus barrel points and it's <laughs> number eight on my list so a lot of thought was put in, into it because i knew because i knew no one else was going to vote for this because it's a total war game um so i went to, so i i basically was going to fight for at least one total war title to make the list and i decided on total war rome 2 um to try to make the list because it, it it was one of the more recent ones, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, time period-wise, it's one of my favorite time periods, um, so I really enjoyed it for that reason. And they also just took all the mechanics from previous games. And the one thing about Total War games is every time they make a new one, like they introduce a new mechanic, and then they polish it, polish it, polish it on on future titles. And I kind of feel like this one was the culmination of a lot of the new stuff that they were doing in terms of like technology trees and how units were being um, produced in the game. And they just kind of took every Thing and just kind of stepped it up to where um, it really, really should be. Um, so I really, really like this game. Uh, so only me voted for this, obviously. And I, I, I got to 65, which is probably as good as any Total War game would do on a, on a bonus barrel <laughs> top 100 list. I just want to say how important it is to me that this game made this list. Because I give you guff and I pretend <laughs> to fall asleep every time a Total War game comes up. Uh, but but it's, it's it's a bonus barrel list, and it would not be a group list if what your favorite series didn't make it. So I'm super glad that you fought to get it in there because I certainly wasn't going to vote for it. It seems like a trash game, but no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. That last part. Okay, but no, I, I was I, but, I was waiting for you to yeah. say something because you're being way too nice. No, no, but but the but honestly though, it, I mean I never played it, so I I'm sure the game is great, but I I don't care much for history games. But it should be on the list because of how fucking often it's mentioned in the show. That was the most positive thing you've ever said about me it's talking about the war game. All downhill from here, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of uphill, a game that deserves to be higher than any Total War game, which is every game, uh, number 64, <laughs> Project Cross Zone 2, which is number 58 on my list, and 61 on left's. Another game that was a late addition, I think, for both of us when we just realized, oh, wait, we don't have them on our list. Yeah, or exactly. Or maybe, maybe I had one and you had two or something, but we had, to, we had to, that was like a little bit of those uh, politics where I'm like, yeah, it came into play for this one, yeah, for us to, to kind of secure them. it. 
Yeah, and Crosszone Two is better than One. I mean, well, it's and... it's kind of weird. Like, yeah, mechanically Two is better. Um, it's I think shorter. the characters may be better. Maybe one. one had a better roster, but yeah. Two, but number two had Fire Emblem characters and Xenoblade. Yeah, or Xeno, yeah. Uh, yeah, Xenoblade characters. So that was really and cool. And Phoenix Wright characters. Yeah, um, so maybe I like so, two more. But it, it missed a few. Um, but overall, yeah, no, two. I would. I would. I'm happy to give it to it just because it has a store. It's a massive <laughs> crossover game for the 3DS. Uh, it just it's Sega, Capcom, and Namco. Uh, so many cool characters in the series. Like you can play any of the series, and you're gonna be happy if you happen to play a lot of Japanese games. Uh, but man, I I, I really love the Cross, and I hope they have a third one because I will definitely buy and play it. And, and it's a, it it makes you get oh, excited because I've never I didn't even hear of Valkyria Chronicles, and then their characters are in Project Cross Zone, yeah, and it makes it? me want to try that. It makes me want to try God Eaters. So many, um, yeah. It's it gets you so excited for so yeah. many different kinds of it's games. It's a great marketing uh, game, actually. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, because you played half of these characters and you know you like these half. And you're like, well, these other half made it. Are they awesome too? I want to play these games. Uh, and, and the music, they have music, multiple tracks from every game. So when I hear Phoenix Wright's music pop in, I get so pumped because it's. I, I had just played Phoenix Wright before I played two. And I was so happy to see him and Maya in the game. And it was just really, oh man, I think you might enjoy it, Shelby. I recommend it. Mm, I will. We'll try it. There you go. Number 63 is Killer Instinct uh, for the Super Nintendo. I, it's 35 on my list and 82 on Left's list. I think that it initially, I think Left forgot to put this game. <laughs> this, was, this, this was another game where a little bit of politics came into play, yeah. It's one of my favorite fighting games. I got really into this game. I remember, like, this actually probably the first game that I remember like memorizing sequences of buttons to get like the higher combos and things like that. Uh, and it's a really silly, fun game, like the type of games that I like. It, it's a, it, it also comes in a really cool black cartridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just really want to add this. So it's not my list, um, not for any malicious reason, just that there's I've played a lot more than 100 games, so it's hard to put these in. But I, I really do like the Killer Instinct game. A lot of nostalgia for me. I, I One of the first Super Nintendo games I got as an adult, when I because it was given to me, and this was before I was a collector, and I still have it. And um, I played it in the arcades a lot. I was a young, I was really, really young when this came out, and it was just, it was seen like one of those edgy, cool games. And it was like one of the first games <laughs> where I actually got like, like a fairly decent combo, because I wasn't very good at Mortal Kombat, as some people who've listened to the show know. But I was able to pull off some higher combos in, in Killer Instinct, just because I, I think I had more access to it, so I played it a lot more. And it was just a really, it was so, you guys know that I love Over the Top and uh, as a theme. And in this game, with those crazy high combos, just had that going on for it. So good. I, I'm sorry it's not my list, but I'm really glad it's in your guys' list. This this game also, it, it kind of goes back to the similarness with uh, playing Double Dragon in, in Ninja Gaiden games when I would go to my cousin's house in this remote French village. Um, eventually, he, when he acquired a Super Nintendo, I think Killer Instinct and Super Mario World was the only games he had. And, and I did have Super Nintendo myself, um, but I didn't have Killer Instinct. So it was a game that we would always play there. Um, and it was it was a lot of fun because we would always have about three to four people who would be just kind of rotating. And, you know, it would be one of those games where the 
winner goes on. So you would see how often you can continue to try to beat your your friends and stuff. And uh, it was it was a great game. Uh, I have a hard time remembering all the characters. I remember we were talking about them. There was like Cinder and uh, there was an ice glacier and stuff Saber like that. Wolf. And, yeah, Spinal. Spinal. <laughs> um, it was. It's, it, it was. Very, uh, <laughs> it was a good. Uh, this the, it was kind of capitalizing on the popularity of Mortal Kombat at the time, because like I said, it was kind of edgy like that. But Jago, it, TJ Combo. <laughs> it was TJ oh Combo, God. right? I forgot about <laughs> yeah. that one. Um, Orchid. So it's Orchid. Jeez, yeah. It's just what I mean. You, you have a great memory of these. I don't. Um, but it's it's They're a memorable. great game, and I had I had a lot of fun playing when I was a kid. Uh, so number 62, a Super Mario Maker. So this was obviously for the Wii U. Uh, this was number 50 on my list and 65 on Seiji's. I, I absolutely love this game. Um, it's, it's kind of a shame that I haven't played it a whole lot more now, but um, just being able to create your own Mario levels and play other people's Mario levels, like whether you, you're the creative type or you're just the I like to play type, it it really suits for both those needs. It's it's kind of like the apex of Mario games, or side-scrolling Mario games at least. Um, so it, and it's just so much variety, so much fun. Um, there's unfortunately a lot of kind of junk games like those autoplay ones and stuff like that, but for for every one of those, there's at least a, a, a good one or two to three good ones. So um, I absolutely love this game. Uh, I, just the, the whole design, the whole thought process behind Mario Maker was just very exciting, and I'm glad that this game exists. Can I jump in with a negative on this? Just, some, just something you said that, that popped to mind. So, you guys know I play Mario Maker, and I, I really liked it a lot, uh, so it's not like I don't like the game, but something you said about being one of the best 2D Mario games. Uh, to me, it feels like a, like I don't... This is a weird take about me, but I don't see any of these levels that fans made as canon, and so therefore I don't count them and I so I can't I can't say this is better well, than it doesn't, any of the 2D It doesn't Mario have games. to be canon. To I know, be but fun. that's how I feel. Like I, they're fun, but they don't feel like official Nintendo you're levels crazy. to me. And you're I, just and you're just so crazy, I would, man. I would put this after Super Mario Bros. But just the fact that it exists, it's, it's amazing, and I think it makes people realize just how hard it is to make a level. Right? It's not yeah. just putting a bunch of stuff in it and that's it. Like you you really have to think about it. And I don't know. It's yeah. It has, it has a lot of problems, especially with with the filtering stuff. But I think that if it they ever game. make another game like this, another Maker series, uh, another Maker game in in, in this series, uh, I think it's gonna be great. Zelda Maker. So sixty one. Oh, uh, well, you had a more recent experience with Dead Space. Dead Space. Uh, number 61 is Dead, <laughs> Dead Space. It's number 25 on my list, uh, and I liked it a lot because it reminded me of Resident Evil 4, which is like... Ooh, good anyway, time. you've heard me talk about it forever and ever. But yeah, right. um, and actually I think it was really riding the, the success of that. But anyway, right. uh, you can go ahead well, and talk about it. Well, since I guess it's more fresh for me. It was number 89. It was a last-minute addition to me because yeah i had just finished it like what two weeks ago 
Um, it was for CC too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, for Cartridge Club's uh, Halloween month. So I wanted to play it because I like I like to participate in their games. And man, what a pleasant surprise! I really liked that. And then after that, I immediately played Resident Evil Four, which was too late for my list. So unfortunately, I could not add it to my list. But Resident Evil Four would have made my top one hundred. That game is great, but mm -hmm. we can talk about that some other time. But Dead Space is really good, like dark, atmospheric. And I, I, and I was playing on the PS3 version, and I couldn't help but notice that this is an old game. Like came out in like two thousand eight or nine. And it still looks really good. Like I guess I'm just not as like picky about graphics because I, I I just I, I bought the atmosphere, the design, the characters. Uh, he's silent protagonist, which I don't particularly love, but you know I hear that's fixed in number two. So I, I, people were telling me that number two is way better. Uh, just yesterday, actually. And it, of course, like any any game would be. Uh, but mm -hmm. I do I do want to play two at some point, and Dead Space is great. What an awesome series, and I'm, I'm really happy that I'm finally starting to get to these games that I didn't play as a kid because I would only play JRPGs back then and Mario. So uh, I'm really I'm really starting to see a, a lot of the games I missed out. And I, if you haven't played a CGI, I think you should give it a try. Same with you, Left, if you've not played it. Well, it's it's on sale on Steam right now. You should so grab it, Mike. Yeah, please do. So so is Resident Evil Four is on oh, on sale on Steam. Seiji. So grab it, Seiji, Seiji you so that it. we can all talk about it eventually. We can do a game talk okay. on it. Yeah, that'll be great. We'll yeah. do. All right, so it's like five bucks. You got to get it. <laughs> you two left if you haven't played it. I've played it. All right, cool. Number sixty is Conker's Bad Fur Day. Number thirty-six on my list and seventy-seven on Left's list. I yeah. Okay, so this is uh, N64. It was my first M-rated game ever. Ooh. You were like four <laughs> when you played that, right? Uh, no, it was like six or seven, five or oh six. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh yeah, no, better. but it's like <laughs> I had played it at a friend's house. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was awesome. So coming home, but then my dad, a lot of times, he'd take us to uh, uh, Blockbuster or whatever. And I think he could rent games from Blockbuster. So I was like, oh shit, like, Conker's Bed for a Day is right there. I'm totally going to get it. And this is like, my parents never really looked at what we played. <laughs> It kind of just ignored the rating. Is this what always. happened to you? Like, were you like a like a regular person, and then you play? Like, are they right about video games? Is this what's wrong with you? Because you're like such a broken person. No, <laughs> no, you're a horrible person. I'm joking. I'm sure video <laughs> games don't do any harm at all. I don't know. Um, there's a lot about this game. I think probably one of the most memorable uh, things was uh, the the great Mighty Pooh. I don't know if you remember that guy and his amazing song. Uh, I'm not gonna sing it, but maybe I'll, I'll have. Uh, no. Nope. You tried. Do you know any no. of the lyrics? Oh, no, if you if no, you played no. it, you know all the lyrics. Then. You know Left, all Do you of know them? them? Oh, I do. Can yeah. you speak a couple? Yeah. Of, I don't. And I want to hear some. Uh, yeah. I am the great Mighty Pooh. I'm gonna throw my shit at you. I am the great mighty Pooh, and I'm going to throw my shit at you. A huge supply of tish comes from my chocolate starfish. How about some scat, you little twat? There's a quick my little verse. A huge supply of tish comes yeah. from something. My <laughs> chocolate starfish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How about you That's scat, hilarious. you little twat? Yep. <laughs> So there's that. You never, you never, you yeah. never played it. I've, I've, I've never really played Conquer. It's expensive, uh, so I haven't really bought it. Or I haven't yeah. bought it. It's good. You might be able to play it like on the rare uh, replay thing. Uh, that, and then I think there was another game where you could pick up like these little. It was like a Halloween themed like map or whatever. You pick up these little peasant dudes and drop them into a grinder, and this huge bat like just kind of eats the. The stuff that comes into the up. grinder, and eventually he gets so fat from you feeding him that he falls into the grinder. It's pretty great. <laughs> and then blood and poo goes everywhere. Yeah. Do you have a story about this game left? Well, I have a bunch of stories about this what game. What do you share um, with the fine folks at home? 
Well, it's it's very similar to to Shelby's. Um, I uh, originally I, I just kind of played at a friend's place, and then I loved it so much I went to go and buy it. And I went and buy it, and I was pretty young at the time, like under sixteen kind of thing. And uh, so I I went in, and and then the guy was just like, you know, I'm told this game is only for you know eighteen and up, but it's a video game, so it can't be that bad. So he <laughs> sold it to me. <laughs> and I, my mom is actually like a relatively strict mother um, when it came to this kind of stuff. So I would always play it like in secret in my game room. <laughs> like a dirty and scene. so near near the last chapter of the game, you kind of just like a World War II kind of parody stage. And there's basically this general who gives you orders, and then he just goes, "Ah, uh, fuck that shit." So he, he says that like five times. And yeah. I was playing this part in the living room, and my mom heard it over and over. <laughs> Over again, no. and then she's like, "What are you playing?" And then I was like, "Oh no!" So like, I kind of like panicked and I like, turned the game off. And then 16. my dad was also there, and oh no, I was like fourteen. All right. So my dad thought it was hilarious. That is hilarious. So my my dad ended up con- talking my mom down. I like, <laughs> continue to play. He's gonna throw that house party in front of my parents. He's like, "You can do heroin, you can kill a person, but if you play Conker's <laughs> Bad for day, you're out of the house." I have um, no son. But- the one thing I just want to add, um, other than what Shelby said, is that this game actually has a really, really good multiplayer. Oh, yeah. um, oh the, yes. The biggest yes. reason that I really wanted to include it on my list is because this multiplayer is so good. Um, it's like a third-person shooter kind of game, and it is it is so much fun to play. They have, like, Capture the Flag, Deathmatch, and then there's, it's like, the- a heist and stuff like that. Teddy bears um, and raptors, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, te- yeah, teddy bears are Nazis in Conquerors Bad yeah. Fur Days. So you just like. Uh, so I see why Shelby likes play- it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just it has an outstanding <laughs> multiplayer, which is really something that I find is underlooked yeah. um, for this particular game. A great multiplayer. They did do a reboot of this game, I think, for the Xbox. Yeah. And it, the, they ruined the multiplayer completely, um, no. which really, really uh, soiled the game, in my opinion. So would, the the main story is is good still, but the the multiplayer is completely ruined. So you, so you would huh. play Conquerors and you would be online and people would be swearing and stuff in your headset, right? That's what you mean by multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm I don't, sure I don't yeah, understand. Uh, online multiplayer. Wait, uh, it's only only online multiplayer. I thought in games. Yeah, you can't have local. Like, <laughs> it's frowned upon. <laughs> now that's what I call a bowel movement. Number fifty nine. Fallout 4. So 53 on my list and 57 on Shelbo. I liked the game. I put about 98 hours into it, which is long for me. I usually don't like to spend forever on games because I want to play every game in the world. But I liked it a lot. So I like post-apocalyptic. It wasn't as depressing as 3, which I only played a little bit of. Your dog can't die. Already a big bonus. <laughs> I was like willing to not... Yep get the dog if I knew it could die, like in the third one, uh, because I can't, I just, I can't, you can kill a bunch of, a town full of innocent kids and, and, and people and hard workers, but if there's an animal in there, you know, what am I supposed to do? Just let the dog die? Come on. Anyway, so the settlement building stuff, the thing I thought I would hate, so I don't like building things in a game that doesn't have any multiplayer, because then I think, what's the point? I'm just building it for what, the NPCs to enjoy? This is stupid. But I did <laughs> do it. Raiders. I did have yeah, the Raiders to enjoy my town. However, I didn't, I did build like four or five big settlements and wound up spending a lot of time 
uh, in it. I think I did more of that than most anything else. Although I think exploration was the was the best part of this game for me because the game was quite varied and mm -hmm. and rich and beautiful, and there was so much to see. And it was, that part about the game was amazing. Another note about the game for me is uh, my my girlfriend Megan. She played way more than I did, like three or four hundred hours building settlements. And I think she's she didn't beat the game though. I beat the game, but she has done pretty much everything else is doing exploring all the areas and building just gigantic settlements all over the place i don't know i don't know why but that's what she was she loved it she was great she played it more than i did for sure like i like this game a lot not just for like playing it but also because you can download uh the pit boy app when my brother got this so he would play and then i would go on the pit boy app and while he was fighting people you could actually <laughs> like take their guns away so he'd just be like fighting this huge group of raiders or like a bunch of super mutants or something and then i just fucking take his gun away and he'd just have like his hands or whatever to fight with and be like what are you doing uh and then like i would also uh he would just like if he was dying or whatever he'd say oh just hit me with a stim pack or like give me some jet or something if we didn't have any stim packs left <laughs> so if we had usually or if he had a bunch of jet in his inventory i would just like get him addicted to it <laughs> You're the worst. You're acting like a little sister, but you're like four years older than him. No, no, no. See, see, I felt like Shelby was being treated like the fallout bitch. Was just like, oh, feed me. And then she just took advantage of it. I think yeah. that's exactly what you that's should like do. That's like if she was captured in a, in a film, she's the one that frees herself by choking out the bad guy and getting out herself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's, I, I also see it from, from that angle that in a way it's kind of like playing it co-op, but not really. No, that's, that's hilarious. I like that. That's, yeah. so I, I'm surprised he let you though. After like, after one attempt of that, I would have taken well, it from you and said, don't do that. I wouldn't do it all the time. I think that was really like the only two times that it happened, but my brother is also notorious for like, as I remember playing Resident Evil 6 from this part where like he, there was this train, you'd have to dodge it. And just to piss me off, he'd jump in front of the train and that happened like six <laughs> or seven times. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, so we gave up on Resident Evil 6 after that. But anyway, yeah. That's... I don't know if I've ever told you guys that back in the Super Nintendo days, I was really skeptical of the idea of 3D games. So when the Nintendo 64 came out and PlayStation 2, I used to think that those games looked terrible and that they were unplayable. <laughs> I didn't get the Nintendo 64 right away. I resisted, and I resisted, and I resisted. This game, it's the one that I think convinced me that 3D was actually something really positive for <laughs> gaming. And this game is number 58. It's Star Fox 64. in my list number 96 in left's list i'm so so glad that this game is in the list because i was obsessed with this game I, I because of how it is played you just play it one time you get some results and then you play it again to re-explore patterns and see if you can get from here to there and how do you get a better score and the gameplay is fantastic it's, it's very arcadey but it's also Something that, that up to that point I never played before. I didn't play Star Fox uh, for the Super Nintendo. The crosshair moves the character and, and you have to memorize the courses and you have to memorize which patterns you're, you're using and how to get uh, the highest score. Most stages have more than one way to beat it. I used to love all, all those things. Yeah, um, also uh, really enjoyed Star Fox 64. Um, 
and, and exactly kind of what Seiji said is, is my favorite part of this game is when I was a kid is was looking because you knew that there was br different branches you could you know beat a level in a different way and then you'd bring you to like kind of a an offshoot of the second level and then the third level and it would branch off into a lot of different directions and it was a really cool concept um, that you didn't see a whole lot in video games at the time um, this was one of the first games that I really felt like I hunted percented when I was when I was a kid because I was so obsessed with trying to find all the different branching pathways and stuff like that um, so I really really did enjoy that game and then finding out like there, there was a tank that was kind of hidden that you could use and you unlocking that was really cool so I really liked that game I played the 3ds version this year I played through the main story once but it was cool <laughs> number 57 Final Fantasy 9 I love Final Fantasy 9. 34 on my list, 76 in old left's list. It was a return to form after FF7 and 8, which were also amazing games. Uh, but 9 was had that old school feel. It was a I don't know, a large emotional game, had a romance subplot, it spanned four discs, had a ton of secrets, was a little bit harder than the previous games, and uh, a lot of twists and turns, a lot of likable characters. Uh, I don't know if I said it already, but amazing music. I mean, every Final Fantasy has amazing music. I bought it in high school, and I'm pretty sure I played through it to the third disc and lost my save file. Yeah, I know, oh, no. but it's okay. That's it is tragic. tragic. It's happened to me so a few tragic. times in my life. That's happened so yeah. many times. With but me I did too. go back eventually, and I did play through and beat it. Uh, there's a lot of cool things with this game. Like, there's one boss. The game's like a 30 to 40 hour game on average, and mm -hmm. there's one boss called Ozma. And I think the only way to to get to him is like you have to play through it in 12 hours, or it might be a weapon or something. There's this weird thing. I think I think that was the gold. Was that the gold chocobo boss? Was it? I think in my, uh, the Ozma. Yeah, that was the it's big the planet blowing, thing. The big colorful. Yeah, yeah, orb, exactly. Right? You had to do some ridiculous yeah. shit just to get to. Him. I never. I've never fought him actually. I've. Uh, unlike 8, which I did master, I did not do it quite as well in 9. The game just had some really cool areas. I think there was the Summoner's Village. There was the uh, the uh, the Return of the Dwarves, where they were saying, like, Rally Ho or something, something like that. <laughs> um, there was uh, just... Uh, there's the, I don't know. It's just something about that game had such great locations. I can't think of a Final Fantasy off the top of my head that had a, such a unique uh, multitude of, of different areas you can go to, from, like, haunted forest that become eventually a stone forest to underground trams to uh, uh, this giant tree that you that a bunch of people live in and an upside down castle the whole the game is just amazing I agree with you completely it is such a good game the the setting and the the scenes that they have are just so diverse yep. it's really really good and to me other than Final Fantasy VI, this is probably my favorite cast of characters in the really Final good. Fantasy game. Yeah. Love all the characters. They do such a good job with all of them. Vivi may be like <laughs> my top Final Fantasy character. I love Zidane. Yeah, like they're all absolutely outstanding. The game is so characters. funny. Uh, it's a hilarious game. Yeah. And what a strong intro, and, right? And big time. I love yeah. that intro. I love that intro. The only thing is that like you said people thought it was harder. I thought people I it said it was harder than the 7 and 8, um, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. There there was a really I found trick it harder. Steiner Steiner was like so overpowered it's, if you crypt him right. All right, up next, 56. <laughs> Shovel Knight. 
number 55 of mine. They're 99 safeties. And 88 safeties. Shovel Knight, a game I only played last year, and then I replayed the DLC this year for Carter's Club. I think it's a great game. The perfect nostalgic feeling of a Mega Man 2 era game with the modern sensibilities that make games more fun and playable. The great music, awesome bosses, enemy, all the stages are fun, and it, it just has that amazing retro feel. If you're, I don't know, those games have a, a lot of charm, and just to or play that game, it was like playing those old games again, but without the frustrations that a lot of those games had due to the limitations back then. I actually also just played it for the first time like uh, two months ago. L like you said, it's it's basically just a modern day version of what Castlevania is in my opinion. It plays exactly like Castlevania does. Even to activate like your magic powers, it's really? exactly the same as using I did not know that. Oh yeah, the exact oh, that's same. Because I have not played yeah. much Castlevania. No, that's fair. I, I really liked it. It was, like, like you said, it just kind of a retro game with modern sensibilities. So it just, it just works so, we, so well. Um, I really, really We kind of hope it. to do a, a Game Talk video episode on that. That's why Lef has my game so he could record the footage. So. Yeah. That yeah, might happen. We'll, we'll get around to that. It, it would take soon. us like no effort at all. Yeah, we, we have, we, you would. We have all the footage of we'll the entire soon. game. We'll do that soon. So Don't we worry, people. That. It's coming. <laughs> it deserves to be in the list on its own just because it has a manual with the physical copy. Next up, number 55 is Bloodborne. Oh, 55, do you mean number one? <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is Edge's <laughs> list? Um, so, uh, Bloodborne is number 55. I am the only person who included this game on their list. And, for statistics purposes, <laughs> this is the last game that only has a single vote is from it? one person. Every other game oh. from here on out is going to be at least oh, two or three people. So, and obviously this is my number one game on my list, as that's the only reason why it is so high, and I also dedicated 30 of my bonus ground points to it, to propel it to such a height. It used to be a lot higher on what the happened? list. <laughs> po points, uh, yeah. points happened, basically. Um, so that kind of, it was, it was like in the 30s, and now it's 55, but I'm, I'm just glad that it's, you know, somewhere on at least the second half of the list, no, made me good. feel good. So, like I said, this, this is my number one game, and, and there's a couple of reasons for it. And I kind of mentioned about how much I love Dark Souls, and this is basically an, another Dark Souls game. Um, but it's just, it's designed so much better. Because the, the problem with a Dark Souls game is, is the challenge, and sometimes it can be really frustrating, and, and it makes the game not very accessible to the masses. Bloodborne did a really, really fantastic job of taking the Dark Souls game design and then making Wait. it it's still difficult but more accessible. So I have it at my house, but I've never played it, obviously. Megan bought it for my PS4. Megan I think that's Megan's that number one game, probably. Um, and so my experience with Bloodborne, besides seeing her get angry at losing a lot, which was kind of funny, she would leave it idling and I would hear that fucking coughing. Here's in the back of the... <coughs> And I'm like, oh my god, you've got to mute that. I can't stand the sound of death constantly. It's so depressing. <laughs> but, I mean, when you're playing the game, it's a really great atmosphere. But, man, just hearing it is really obnoxious. I, I feel that, like, in, in modern gaming, you know, in order to be a very successful game, you need to make sure your game is, is not just a niche game only for, like, the hardcore RPG right. players who like to kind of min-max their stuff. And that's why I, I think Bloodborne's better than Dark Souls, just because it's it's it has a much bigger mass appeal. And I think that's really important for video games nowadays. But it did such a good job just keeping what make Dark Souls great and making it mass appeal. So I, I just, I think this game is just brilliantly designed and... Uh, that's why it's one. Up next. Yeah. 
94 is Splatoon. This is number 9 in my list, number 95 Bam. on this list. Nintendo was really courageous in my mind to put this game out. The way it was, they tried a bunch of new things. It got a lot of uh, criticism, but I think the experiment ultimately was very successful. I think they were able to make a game that is really modern, that has really great characters, uh, really great aesthetics, really great music. The, the mechanics of this game are fantastic. That twist of making a third-person shooter, multiplayer, four versus four, and just the fact that it's, that it's such a fresh new take on, on a game and that it was completely backed up by Nintendo. I just love everything about this game. Uh, I really, I think this game is just so creative in, in what it was doing. Um, you know, it was kind of taking a genre that, you know, in shooters that I really think have grown really stale and it really kind of changed it up and um, it's a really, really great multiplayer experience. Um, I've been actually picking it up and playing it more recently uh, than I did whenever it was released and I was bugging Seiji about getting his Wii U to where he is so we can play it together sometime. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, really, really good game. Uh, really, really enjoy it. And there's just so much to do in the game with, you know, customizations and stuff like that. So it's a lot of fun. Really enjoyed uh, Splatoon. And uh, I, I also played the game. Didn't make my list, but uh, I liked it. It was fun. It was. I think it was good of Nintendo to try something different. It was good of them. Like I, I think that there is every year there's new franchises that pop up. But the big established companies like Nintendo rarely have the newer, newer stuff. So I think it was really cool of them to. She tried something new, and it worked out. People love Splatoon. It's very popular over in Japan and, and quite popular here, too. All right, so number 53 is Animal Crossing New Leaf. It's uh, number 19 in my list and 79 in Seiji's list. This game, it's the game that I played the most on my 3DS other than uh, Tales of the Abyss. This one, I think... Even though it's a newer game, the nostalgia, I guess, because I played it a lot in college with, like, Jordan and and my other roommates. We have memories of, like, staying up. Because you know how you could, like, do the time-traveling trick or whatever? Uh, <laughs> it's bad. Don't do that. Setting alarms and waking up for, like, 4 a.m. to, like, go to the island to catch, like, all the awesome bugs that were hanging out there Gotta so you could sell bugs. them and get, like, all the, all the, all the money. All but, the yeah. Bells. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, just in general, like, I really liked customizing my house. Um, I would always try to collect like every single piece of furniture. Like going to Tom Nook's, like the, the fuck was the name of the store or whatever, the general store we could... Just going there, uh, checking every day for like the new furniture and stuff and I don't know, it was just really fun. I really liked it and multiplayer was a blast too, so... This is, this is funny because a lot of you guys talk about these, these games that you put a lot of hours into. The ones that I have not played, Megan put like 300 hours into this one too. I swear she plays like four games a year, <laughs> plays them for like, I don't know, like... Yep. 400 hours each is insane. She does. She gets her money's indeed. worth. <laughs> yeah. Number 52. The old agents are at your service. Elite Beat Agents. Number 40 in my list, and somehow only number 56 in uh, safety. You don't love it as much as me. Uh, so, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I love. It is yeah, pretty, high. Is pretty it's, high. It's a really fun rhythm. I like rhythm games a lot. I'm not great at them, but and I actually had a lot of frustration with Elite Agents, and I also played Oenden 2, which I think are the same game, and except different music and different stories. <laughs> Man, what can these? All right, let's just quickly sum up these games. They're hilarious. Uh, I mean, I, I laughed really hard playing these games. Uh, the Elite Agents uses a bunch of North American music that was popular around 2005 or so, or whenever this came out. 
uh, you play as I get you. Well, you're just uh, tapping as the icons appear on the screen and stuff. But uh, you have these dancing dudes and and suits in the background, the elite beat agents, and I don't know. The game's just weird. It's a weird. It's another. Like I love weird games. Katamari, Guitar Man, Elite Beat Agents. They're all under the same umbrella of just weird games that don't make a lot of sense, but don't need to make sense because they're really fun. And if you haven't played it yet, don't don't be like me and wait. You know, eight years till after it's out. It's so good. Should absolutely play it. I love it. It's it's hilarious. When I played it, it didn't make any sense, right? The, the story, so I didn't put a lot of attention to it. It's just the mechanics that I enjoyed a lot, and I played a lot of it. Yeah, it's a rhythm game, so you you don't really need to understand what's going on. But the the Oenden series makes a lot more sense because in in Japan, cheerleading is something that is considered really manly. <laughs> it's cool, right? It's something that yeah, cheerleading is do. so manly. <laughs> that's how it's considered. So in, in, in the story of Oendan, you have this this cheerings that, that have like of superhero powers or something like that. It's basically a bunch of stories about people struggling with something and this it depends on how how, how well you cheer, uh, that the characters will get to resolve yeah. their problems. So that makes when sense. I play the Oendan series, uh, the Japanese series, and then I play Elite Beat Agents, I appreciate it. And, and I realized how difficult it was oh, for, yeah, man. for the Western developer or for, for whoever did the that adaptation because it wouldn't make sense to bring just Yeah, it would have been really weird, even weirder. Yeah, for a bunch of different reasons. The stories are very Japanese. The music yep. is, is J-pop. And then you have these guys like in... <laughs> these weird uniforms doing like cheering it does it doesn't translate so well and and they did a completely new game and you have this these agents uh, and they, they do the same thing which is cheering but i, I don't think it, it, it's called like that in the game so it's a really weird concept really what what makes this game shine uh, apart from <laughs> from this wacky theme is really the yeah, the game mechanics are are solid and you you just you just can have uh, such a good time and and it's really accessible it's really easy in the beginning and then it's re it gets super hardcore Number 51 is Street Fighter 2. I would assume this would include like all of the Street Fighter 2. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start like just fucking easier 50. that way. <laughs> Street Fighter 2 Ultra Max Mega 64. Yeah, there's a couple. <laughs> Uh, so just Street Fighter 2 in general. Um, so it is number 42 on my list and number 52 on Seiji's list. Um, the, the thing with this game for me is that, you know, I felt like when I was a kid, there was people who liked Mortal Kombat and people who liked Street Fighter. It was almost like the <laughs> Sega-Nintendo fight, but just on the, a fighting game scale. Um, and I was firmly planted in the Street Fighter camp. Um, I used to love playing this game at arcades. It was like the thing to do at an arcade for me was just to go and play Street Fighter 2 for uh, an hour or two. Um, I absolutely loved it, and then whenever I eventually got it playing it on my Super Nintendo, uh, the, it was... I was expecting a horrible, like, oh, you know, this is going to be just a dumbed-down version, but even even the console version of Street Fighter 2 was a lot of fun, um, and I just thoroughly enjoyed playing this game. Um, it was just such a good arcade experience in general, though, um, but it was cool to have it translate so well I rented this Super a few times as a kid. Pretty sure I was in the Street Fighter camp at first, and then Mortal, camp, Mortal Kombat came out, and I switched over to Mortal Kombat quite firmly. I still like Street Fighter, but I'm sure if I was, as a kid, pressed, I would have been like, Mortal Kombat's adult and cool. There's blood, and the characters look like real people. That's what I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, but e even at the time, uh, I prefer just kind of, well, like, Street Fighter 2 kind of yeah. has this anime look to it, um, so I kind of like that a lot more. The Street Fighter 2 is yeah. it's a super historic game, very important. Uh, it, it, to me, it marks the return of the arcades 
after a while where, where their consoles were king. I remember everyone was into yeah. it. Every single kid that I knew was into Street Fighter 2. I don't know, it was, it was very, it's very you, you had to be there back in the day. Well, next up, number 50. Luigi's Mansion is number 20 in my list. And surprisingly, a little bit, I'm number 71 in Shelby's <laughs> list. I want to hear all about it. Um, you, well, Mansion. Shelby loves survival <laughs> horror games, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> This was not the launch game, the Mario launch game that people wanted or asked for at all. Like, this, this is not what people were looking for when they announced it. Just like Wind Waker wasn't what people wanted when they showed Zelda for the first time for the GameCube. But it wound up being good games. Yeah, I mean, looking back at it, Luigi's Mansion, the first one, is brilliant. It's a brilliant game. But at the time, yeah, it was kind of confusing for people. But now I enjoy it so very much. It's, it's a really good game. So <laughs> I like this game, and it's, and it's on my list for, like, I guess like really different reasons than other than like really liking it i am it's like probably the last game oh. i played before i moved when i was a kid i don't know if you guys remember it but before they had n64 set up at like mcdonald's and then later on they got the GameCubes set up and luigi's mansion was one of the games that they had set up there that you could play like while the parents were like ordering food and shit and all the kids like were actually distracted, not <laughs> screaming their faces off. So I played it there first, and then I got it at home. And then I just remember like being super happy whenever we did get to go back to McDonald's and play it, because then uh, my sister and I could just play it really, really fast and get through it really, really fast, uh, and be able to play it like a lot, I guess, because we could. I think it only played up to a certain part, and then it kind of reset again. Uh, but yeah, that's that's. We got to play a lot, and that's, I the guess, McDonald's why and Luigi's Mansion really like both have a special place in your heart. <laughs> All right, uh, number 49 is Heroes of the Storm. Uh, so that is number 29 on my list yeah. and number 60 on Rob's list. Uh, so this was like the only big MOBA on the list, right? Yeah. Um, so I absolutely f kind of fell in love with this game and I played it almost every day for like the past year. And it's only been somewhat recently that I've kind of stopped playing it. Um, but it's a great free game, especially. Um, I absolutely love playing it. I love playing it originally when I, when I was playing with Rob. And shout out to Amanda and Lauren <laughs> and Greg for playing it as well. And I had such a good time playing it with them. Uh, everyone has moved over to Overwatch, except for me, who's still kind of sticking around. I hope people come back to Heroes. Um, but I... I Someday. Um, I absolutely love this game. Uh, I played it so, so much. Um, there's a lot of new content that I actually want to get at. Um, they just announced two new heroes um, at BlizzCon, and I think I'm going to uh, Varian yep. Ruin, who's like the human cool. king in Ragnaros. Um, so they're, they're being added, and it's just so anyone who's not familiar with this game is it just Pretty a awesome. MOBA with Blizzard characters from StarCraft, Diablo, Overwatch, and, and Vikings, Lost Vikings. Um, so it's a it's a lot of yeah. fun. Uh, in the Lost Vikings, yeah, in the Lost Vikings, yeah, let's, let's not forget them. 
Um, Heroes of the Storm is basically just a very accessible MOBA for people. Um, the learning curve is not too terribly steep. Um, it's one of those games that it's it's easy to get in and play, but difficult to master kind of thing. Um, so I, I just find that it, they just it's just a typical Blizzard game where they kind of hit everything right. So. All this reflects, you know, everything you just said all applies. My favorite parts were when Greg, our friend Greg, would run ahead and then get angry that he died saying that no one was there, but he'd ran ahead, and we're like, we're not with you. And he's like, oh, I'm dead. Where were you guys? And like, Greg, you ran ahead again. And that would happen quite a bit. It was awesome. So number 48 is The Great Final Fantasy VI. Um, so this is number 7 overall on my list, and number 81 on what? Rob's list, which just It's on my sense. list! Um, Dude, you put it I was 80. only going to put a small handful of Final 81? Fantasy games, and I, I for... added that for you. I mean, I like the game, but I was like, it deserves to be on the list, and it'll make it easier for you. So I put it on the list. I, I like it, but I mean, it's not my favorite Final yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, that's, that's fair. It is my favorite Final Fantasy. Um, if I have not made that clear before it, I, I am now. Um, love this game. It does have probably the best cast of characters. Um, there's a huge list of characters, and they're all so great, with a few exceptions of kind of voiceless characters um i've played through this game um on a minimal runs i've done max runs i've i've beaten this game in as many ways i can possibly conceive um love it i've never i've only played the original super nintendo version i've never played any of the remakes um, so I guess I'm a purist for this game, <laughs> but I absolutely love it. The story is just amazing. The music is amazing. The sprite graphics are just extremely <laughs> charming, to quote my friend Rob, and uh, absolutely just love this game. Uh, it's definitely the best Final Fantasy, in my opinion, and uh, I'm great Final play Fantasy. One of the day. first games so I good. ever used a uh, in-game exploit with the the raft. I had a I played it for the actually my first version of this was probably the PlayStation yeah. one. Uh, because I, I I'd gotten into gaming, really got into it when I was in grade 9, and at that point I had a PlayStation and a job, and all my money went to PlayStation games. So I got the Final Fantasy 5-6 uh, version, and I remember taping up my uh, PS con Turbo controller and the joystick, and I just had it rotating that river so I could keep uh, power leveling early on in the game. I did beat this game, uh, surprisingly, and um, the I really liked the game a lot. It has a lot of really great characters. I liked uh, Locke the most, who is my favorite. I uh, didn't like Sabin when I was a kid, but I think he's better now. And uh, lots of really cool areas to explore. Really great Super Nintendo game. Really good Final Fantasy. Uh, I think I prefer the 3D ones a bit more, but eh, it's still good. Number 47, Undertale. number 46 in Rob's list and number 38 in my list. It shares a lot of characteristics that Cave Story also has, which is a game that was mostly done, as far as I'm concerned, by Toby Fox, which is the one guy. A game with a lot of charm, with a lot of soul, which is, which is what I like the most about this game. But also, it's a game that is really ambitious mechanically. It's a game that is really, really different. 
um, although it's an RPG, um, I really like the twist in mechanically what it does. And it's really related to the story and how the story branches depending on what you do in terms of, of, of the mechanics of the game. It, when I played it last year, uh, I was quite surprised with it. And I love it. And ever since I've been listening to the, to the soundtrack quite a lot because the, the music is great, it, it, to me is uh, a really important game, uh, a really big game, although it's a really small game, so... There you go. It was a, a very big surprise. I figured I would dislike it based on the uh, community's reaction to it during that whole game facts kerfuffle, if you want to call it that, last year. But the game is is great. It's very Earthbound-like in in terms of aesthetics and an overall representation. Music is superb, and I really, really, really found it quite the emotional game in a good way. Uh, at least if if you got the good ending, which I did. Number 46, The Walking Dead. So 16 on mine, 67 on Lefts. I played uh, the PC version and the PS4 version, and it's on pretty much every everything, except probably the Wii U or the 3DS, but on everything else. So it's a, um, I guess you call it an adventure game. Just basically make, it's a series of decisions and cutscenes, so it's basically the game. I mean, there is some walking around and some puzzle solving, but very little of that. Most of the time it's just making tough choices and and reacting, and, and the game has a, a bunch of different endings. Uh, one of, some of the strongest characters I've seen in a while, uh, Lee, who is the main character of Walking Dead, is so likable and relatable, and just the story is, is so solid, and you get just caught up with it. And if you like Walking Dead or post-apocalyptic or zombies, and you're, these are the, a game that you're, you're likely to enjoy. I really enjoyed playing the game. I was kind of... At first, I was really worried about whether or not I was going to like it because it's like you said it's really like a visual novel style kind of game yeah um so I was kind of curious what it was going to be like getting into it but I ended up absolutely loving the game and, and like you said Lee as as kind of the main character was really really awesome to just kind of watch his story this was like game recent memory maybe ever that at the end like I was almost in tears. It has a crazy ending and it was just very emotional. It was it was just a really really well put together game. and that is Final Fantasy Tactics. It is number 11 overall on my own list and number 72 on Rob's list. I definitely think that, you know, especially when you're looking at like the Final Fantasy series of games, the this is definitely the best one that's not within the kind of the normal, you know, one through 15 and coming soon. So I really like just the tactic style in, in this game and the, the PS1 era had a lot of really, really solid tactics games, um, but this one really stood out to me as the best one on that console that ever was, that kind of emerged. It could be just the best one in general, to be honest. Um, I absolutely loved it. It was cool because it did have main story characters like a traditional Final Fantasy game, but you could also recruit people. And, you know, as, as a kid, I loved recruiting people and naming them my friends and then, you know, try to make them survive because you, your characters would, would eventually, well, they could die. And it was always, and sometimes my own character would die and then I would have to restart because I can't die. Uh, 
I, I really enjoyed making my own team of friends, and I almost rarely used story characters the first time playing. A couple of stories of this one, I had a friend, one of my, my best friend when I was in high school, when he would stay over, he always had problems uh, sleeping as much. And so I know he, I would always wake up in the middle of the night and he'd be playing tactics, leveling. He would just take a monk and then level up characters in the first, like he doesn't even leave the first three levels, he just stays there and makes crazy teams. And I don't think he ever took them any further than that. But, I, <laughs> but it, he would do that all the time. I think this is the first strategy RPG I played and definitely my favorite. Getting Cloud in this game was awesome. Seeing Aerith, I mean at that point when I was playing I was such a FS7 fanboy that anything, even a hint of Final Fantasy 7 characters in it was enough for me. It's why I was so excited <laughs> for Kingdom Hearts, why I wanted to play Air Gaze, and uh, just <laughs> to have FF7 in it, I was, I was hooked. And so even though Cloud's not a very good character in this game, I still used him. One other thing I remember about this game is that the uh, it's notoriously difficult assassins boss fight on top of a roof. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah, right after you try to learn Ultima, and if you fuck that up, then you don't get Ultima either. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really hard fight, but I remember uh, winning, so that, was, that part was cool. But, but yeah, that was uh, the game had some hard areas. Punishing. Yeah, it's not not an easy game. Although if you use Orlando, then it's pretty much easy. It has amazing music too. Worth, worth noting. I really love the soundtrack. Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, uh, it's number 25 in my list, number 56 in lefts. And the first thing I need to, I, I, I think we need to address here is the Super Mario World 2 prefix that they put in the game. Because I don't quite agree that it's a Super Mario World 2, because it's completely different, but they still name it like that. Um, I guess just to piggyback on, on the fame of Super Mario World, but it came years later. At the time, uh, a lot of games were were moving towards 3D. I remember being uh, very into the Donkey Kong Country series uh, at this point, so when this game came out it was really strange because it looked quite different from any anything else that was in the market. It had a hand-drawn style, those thick outlines. It's just such a memorable game. I think nobody asked for a game about Yoshi, but it worked really, really well. The mechanics are fantastic. You know, I've never really considered this Super Mario World 2. It's kind of funny that it is, because to me, I've always just referred to it as Yoshi's Island. That's that's what this game has always been to me. Not Super Mario World 2, because it, it doesn't really bring you to Super Mario World 2 in any way. And, you know, to me, what, what what's the biggest game changer with this game is the egg-throwing mechanic. It can just completely changes the entire game and, and how it's played um, versus a traditional Mario game. So it's kind of weird that it is Super Mario World 2, because it's really just a Yoshi game to me and the the biggest thing that, that I really remember from playing this game as a kid was I loved the bosses I thought the bosses were all really really well done and it was cool how it was like comic would take a normal enemy from the levels and he would then cast his magic and they would just become giant versions of them so it was always exciting to be playing through a world and then you're wondering oh what's what enemy is going to get turned into the boss um so I, re I really like this game um it was really really fun and I think it was like the first introduction of like their their eight red coins, which kind of followed through to a lot of other games. The game's graphic style was a really good decision. I really like it. It aged extremely well. 
Also hated the way Mario cried whenever he was lost. <laughs> really obnoxious. Uh, 43. It's Assassin's Creed 2. So that's number 60 on Left's list and number 23 on mine. I put two points on it. Yeah. Two points. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a plan there at some point, uh, and then I forgot about it, but fine. The first Assassin's Creed, obviously everybody knows, or everybody's played it, it's super repetitive and stuff. I think a lot of people just kind of stuck around for like where the story was going. And it was popular enough to kind of like warrant a sequel, but then Assassin's Creed 2 I think is really what made like the whole series kind of explode with popularity. I remember when it came out and after I beat it, I went and bought like, I think there were a couple books that came out. So I went and bought those and read them and stuff and it, it really like, I liked the, the soundtrack a lot. I think it's probably like one of the first ones that I... I I listened to a lot, but yeah, it just kind of improved on the, on the first one with like gameplay and and I mean the story was awesome too, so I really liked it. <laughs> I really enjoyed that game as well. I couldn't even finish the first one; I thought it was so boring. the The story was good, but it was <laughs> it wasn't enough to to keep me going. But uh, what I love so much about this game is just how they. I really feel like they took a, a you know an unfortunately bad like a good idea, but a bad game. Uh, with the first one, and then they just kind of reinvented it for the sequel. And I played all three of, like, there's Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood, and Revelations, mm -hmm. um, and they're all good, and they just keep building off uh, what the, the the original Assassin's Creed 2 did so well. Um, so they're, all three of them are, are a great series of games. And I try, I tried getting into Assassin's Creed Three, but it never really captivated me like it did in Two. The the main character in Two is very, very uh, likable character. Um, he was a really, really cool guy to kind of see his whole story, especially because you play him from in the first game he's in his like early twenties, and then by the end of the third game he's like in his fifties. So you kind of get to see his whole life, which is a really cool way, which is big on on how the game is being presented. It's just such this crazy storytelling. So really, really good game. And historical. Okay, number 42 is Contra. Is number 28 in my list, number 52 in left's list. And the first thing that I think whenever somebody mentions Contra is the music. That music yeah. is it's just incredible. It's, it's the music that, that I've been listening for years. Every now and then I always put the, the first level track and the then the waterfall track and then the, the snow level track. There are not a lot of tracks in this game. And now that I think of it, the game is, is it's not very long. It, to me, it's such a classic staple game from, from that era. It immediately brings back this feeling of of nostalgia, of me being a, a kid, you know, just running and, and, and shooting, and I have uh, those levels very well uh, memorized. I can just do a mental playthrough of it right now. It's very simple, but it's really well executed. Thematically, it's, it's very memorable too. Those bosses are amazing, those big bosses, and everything is over the top. The variety in the in the weapons, something that I like, that I like a lot, although Objectively, the S weapon, the, the spread weapon, that's 
that's the best. Yeah, that that was that was yeah. kind of the problem is they gave you variety, but you're all you're doing is looking for the spread. Although sometimes uh, I, I would use the the laser one because of the of the sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does anyone remember the contra code? Well, up 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 down down left right left right B A start. This was one of the... I think this was like... This was probably one of the first games that I beat with a friend just because of the Contra code. Um, so it was just kind of funny because, you know, unfortunately you did cheat, but whenever you kind of figure that out, that was the first time in a game where I, there was a code and uh, where you would be able to actually like, oh man, like I'm cheating, but you didn't feel like you were cheating because you felt like you discovered something because there was no internet back then. Pretty sure I um, used the code too, although I've never beat it. <laughs> you haven't beaten it? No. It's not long or hard, but if you use the code. <laughs> I was as a kid, and then I don't even know if I owned it or if a friend owned it. I just, I remember playing it and never getting too, too far. Although I did like the game. I might go back to it someday. Yeah, it's it's a great multiplayer experience. Um, when I was a kid, that's kind of what I craved for was these good co-op games, and I, I found it in Contra. Number 41. Number uh, 21 on my list and 58 Joey's. I had it for PS3, which is the worst version. Despite being patched, it's still it's still a buggy game, from what I've been told. So I never really beat it. When the Wii U one came out, I, re I wanted to play the second one. So obviously I played the first one that was ported to the Wii U, which apparently is either the better version or on par with the Xbox 360 version. I think the game's great. It's stylish. It's very self-aware. It has extremely cool level design and, and enemies. The music is amazing. There's a lot of references to Sega titles, like uh, Space Harrier and Afterburner. Again, it's over-the-top and silly and nonsensical, uh, like I like in my games. There's probably some controversy with the character. Not everybody seems to think that she's a good character, but I, I think that she's a strong character, and I, I really like her, despite the uh, the, the obvious um, fan service that exists in the game. But yeah, the gameplay's solid, too. There's combos, different weapons, and I think we did an episode on Bayonetta, so, of course, there's a lot... You can hear a lot more about it there, but... I love I love the game a lot. Very cool over the top bosses too. Uh, I find it a little like mashy, but I don't you know. Can like I, you can mash your way through, yeah, if you want to, um, but you can play better than that too. It's true, it's true. but yeah, I just liked uh, getting like or doing the different techniques with her uh, with her magic and stuff, where yeah. she would like obviously lose all of her clothing, but then you get an awesome dragon murders <laughs> everything in exchange. So that's pretty great. Dragon murder? <laughs> if you're not played it at all, left. No. You really should. It's a good game. You She's probably, so I think you'd like it. She is fast. It's great. Number 40, uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee. Uh, so that is... We have three votes for this one. So it is uh, 73 on Seiji's list. 65 on mine and 70 on Shelby's list. Uh, so you know, I really enjoyed this game uh, as a, as a kid. I, I played it a lot. I was so into the Smash series. Um, well, I, st I still am. But uh, this one really is where it kind of took off for me. I played it a lot with my friends, and the addition of some of the additional characters was a lot of fun. 
super good game. The one thing I just want to say in a negative towards it is that I don't feel like it has aged too terribly well. I've played it like maybe six months ago and I was so lost. But I think I think new Smash has just kind of spoiled me. You're gonna um, trigger the the Smash Melee community. If you're not careful. <laughs> they're I know, a rough. They're a rough it's, bunch. And it's very popular um, for competitive play as well. I think it's like the most popular one, I believe. I have better memories of this game uh, than I do, and I, I don't mean better memories as in like I remember it a lot more, but I mean uh, the the quality of the memory. Because <laughs> um, anytime I play Brawl with anybody now, or like the in the newer one that came out everyone is so hardcore or whatever and that's totally fine there's nothing wrong with that but just like with this one uh you know when i played it with my friends and stuff it was nobody was that hardcore so everybody was still having fun and you know we got to pick like different stages versus everybody now wants to fucking go on like final destination with no items but like this one we just all went nuts and like always randomized and and had uh, all the items on so i just remember having a lot more fun with this there's interesting thing about Smash Melee is that um, people are still finding secrets and shit like ten years after the thing. Like uh, being able to play as Master Hand was a big was a big one, and, and the way the guy found it is ridiculous. You could look it up, but I think I like games that have a lot of depth and secrecy to them because uh, with data hacking and shit, there's a lot less of it nowadays. But I thought that was pretty cool. What this game has done for for the esports is also great. I mean, there's a whole uh, documentary series <laughs> in, on YouTube that. Uh, it just it's crazy how how popular it is and how people is really into it and how they are like analyzing every frame of animation in order to to exploit competitively it's it's really incredible i i personally put it on my list because um, i really like this match world series and i didn't realize until I, I was actually making the list but i remember that going from the fifth to the sixth generation you get this this crazy jumps in in quality especially graphically because the 64 version although i like it a lot um, it really hasn't aged really well graphically, but Melee was was great. I mean, you get all this fidelity um, in terms of, of graphics, and it plays really well. It's really fast. Yeah, I think it's the fastest of all this all these Smash Brothers, and that maybe that's why it's so popular competitively. But at the time, I mean, it was th there was nothing like it in in my opinion. So next up is number thirty nine. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, is number 27 in my list, number 44 in left list. Uh, this is just a great beat-em-up. It's probably the best beat-em-up that I can think of. Uh, this is a port of, of Turtles in Time in uh, the, the arcade version, and I just couldn't believe how well they got this game in for the Super Nintendo. Uh, it just plays super well, and it, 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 to me, is the game that has the best interpretation of of what the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle phenomena was at, at the time. The general spirit of, 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 of the whole thing is quite there uh, and everything is again very memorable to me and probably this is tainted by nostalgia uh, for me but I can I, I still go back once in a while to play this game and it's just such a joy to play. Yeah, the, the game itself still holds up really well today. Um, and, and like for me especially, like I was I was a kid when Ninja Turtles were just massive as well and I was huge in the Ninja Turtles. 
um, and this game did such a good job bringing them into a video game. Now, Ninja Turtle games have had success before this title. Um, but this, I feel like this was really, well, this was kind of the last of them as well, um, of the, the beat-em-up Turtles games, and it kind of just, like, pinnacled here, and then it just kind of stopped. Um, but it was a good place to end, because this one was definitely the best one they, they ever did, and it really just, they do such a good job just capturing the Turtles, you know, with their cowabungas and pizza time and stuff like that, so I absolutely love this game, uh, so much fun to play. And I love... Love the first boss whenever you are, just the, the animation in general where you have to throw the, the <laughs> Foot Clan guys and they come towards the screen. I thought that was so cool. I've never been able to beat the game, uh, sadly. Maybe How far did you get? BC, I think. No, that's not true. As a, as a kid, I got farther than that when I rented it. But as an adult, when I went back and tried it again on an emulator, <clears throat> I uh, wasn't. I couldn't get past BC. The rock guys killed me. And now I was like, well, I guess I'm done. Good game, though. Uh, next up, number 38 is Paper Mario, number 15 in my list, number 55 in Lab's list, my favorite RPG, what can I say, I just love this game so, so much. Um, I know that Super Mario RPG started this type of action-y kind of RPG, but Paper Mario just takes that whole idea and to me just makes it both simpler and, and deeper. The story I, I just find great. It is super funny. It's very memorable. Again, nostalgia. And I've heard that Paper Mario for the GameCube, the Thousand Year Door, that is the superior version of Paper Mario. But this is the one that I play. This is the one that I have. And I like how they manage the those transitions in the game with the books or chapters or whatever. And then every time you, you finish a section of the game, you go and uh, to a little gameplay. Uh, stage with Princess Peach and it was a, a really nice vehicle of uh, what, what is happening in both sides of the story and also uh, mechanically changes so the types of things that you do are different. I, I like it a lot when they use mechanics as a vehicle for, for narrative. Well, what I what I like a lot about Paper Mario is that, as you kind of mentioned, Mario RPG Legend of Seven Stars was very much so a precursor to Paper Mario, but that was very much so a Square game, and it was made in a very Square-like fashion with Nintendo characters, and then when you jump to Paper Mario, sure, they borrowed a lot of, you know, how the mechanics were in Mario RPG, but it, it was a distinctly Nintendo, um, so it was kind of cool to kind of see quite frankly, Nintendo kind of like getting into that because obviously they don't make a whole lot of RPGs. Um, so the, what, what really stood out to me is that this was like the, the Mario Nintendo RPG that people have been wanting rather than the Square one. Um, so it was just kind of cool to see that sort of transition. Okay, so 37 is Resident Evil 4, which is 73 on left's list. And number one on my list, it's probably my favorite game of all time. It's got five points. Just wanted to make sure it made it a little higher on the list. I don't even know where to start because it's so awesome. I have it like on so many platforms. I've played it on so many platforms and it just I go through it so like methodically now. Where I'll start out and it's like, okay, well I know what I have to do in order to get like all these guns upgraded at the beginning or whatever, so I can just kind of blast through all these levels. But the thing that I like about Resident Evil 4 is that it has like uh, the dynamic difficulty. So if you're doing really well in a place where you would have like played it before and it was super easy. If you're doing really well, it'll make that area a lot harder for you to get through. Because I was noticing like when I got it for 
the Xbox One or whatever. And one of the first, I guess, like real, real bosses or whatever, I guess, is the big cheese, is like the the dude with the giant beard or whatever. I can't remember. Chief Mendez, that's what his name is. Anyway, so I was having a really hard time with him, and I just remember like all the times previously, is like he was probably one of the easiest bosses, and I didn't know why I was having such a hard time with him. Anyway, dynamic difficulty just uh, it makes it, I guess, a kind of a, a newer experience to play. Like every time you do play, so it's not always the same. Super cheesy dialogue. I love the atmosphere and stuff too. It kind of sucks that it's not on Rob's list because it would have gotten a lot higher. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Um, was that is that dynamic difficulty? Was that in like the original GameCube version as well, or is that was yeah. that something new? Oh yeah. wow! I yeah, had no people idea. are still still like. There's a guy who did a video on it who saw like you know the the room with Ashley. I don't want to like, but you have to like lift her up and then she'll go to the cranks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you died that room, like, when you start at the beginning again, there are two dudes on the side who don't, like, who were usually there who had, like, crossbows and would shoot at you, but they're not there if you, like, die and do it again. Oh. So they'll, like, sometimes take people away and add people in depending on how you do. That's cool. I didn't, I didn't even know that. Um, yeah. so it was, it's, it was a challenging game for the most part. I remember I got really stuck on, I think it was, like, Salazar, when he was, like, that giant monster thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a tough one for me, but um, I really like this game. Um, so I just want to talk about it's number 73 on my spot, on my list. I, originally, I had it higher, and then when I saw that Shelby had it at number one, I was like, I, I can bump this down. It's going to make it. So it, it technically should be higher on my list, but uh, it was a victim to politics. <laughs> I beat this game like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, and so it was too late for me to add it to my list, but... I told Shelby that for sure it would it would have made my list probably in the 50s. The game's really good, and I'm sorry that I missed out on it. But I, anyway, I'm guessing glad because I got to play a really good version of it with the PS4 version. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was I see what the hype is about. It's a really great game, and it makes you want to play more Resident Evil games. So so I it would... was successful. <laughs> anyway. Thirty-six Super Mario 64. So this is number 75 on Seiji's list, number 51 on my list, and 75 on Shelby's list. I, I really like Super Mario 64. This this game is what really sold the N64 for me because a friend of mine got it and then we were over there playing and then it was quite frankly like I was sold so quickly. Once I saw him do a triple jump and a wall jump, I was like, I need I need this game. Um, just how you could approach, like, with all the different jumping you can do, you can find little nooks and crannies, and this is another game today where people are still playing it, and they're trying to find stuff, because one thing that this game did a lot of is they put coins in absolutely unreachable places, and there are still people playing this game trying to find ways to get these unreachable coins. Um, so I just, I find that really cool that people are still actively playing this game to, to look for these really, really, they're, they're visible. They're just really hard. No one knows how to get to them. So I think that's kind of cool. And talking about unreachable stuff, there's a community of, of people that exploit the game and they found that there are like dimensions within dimensions. And if you do certain things and if you can, uh, walk through walls and do this crazy hyper jumps, from, from one place of the map to another instantly <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really really funny uh, but what I want to say also about this game is that it, it showed how to do a 3D camera especially in a, in a third person view because really no, nobody had uh, pulled off such a 
uh, great camera work with this game and really is the prototypical uh, 3D camera paradigm. Fun games, cute little game. Admittedly, did not beat it, but definitely raced that fucking penguin like <laughs> so many times, so many freaking times. <laughs> All right, number 35. Tetris. 19 on my list, 46 on Seiji's. Specifically Tetris DX for me, that's the Game Boy Color version. Got, I even got that boxed recently because I really liked the game. Uh, I don't think it plays much different than the regular one, but I couldn't... I don't think I could find a link to the DX one when I was looking for it, so I just chose the regular Tetris. But again, they're almost identical. I went, went, went away to a work... Uh, event. It was like a, I don't know, a few provinces over, and I remember one of the, I brought a bunch of Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance games with me just for fun, and that was the one I think I played the most. But I also played as a kid, and I don't know, I find Tetris calms me down. I'm not very great at it, uh, but I still really enjoy it, and I mean, obviously it's historically significant. It really helped propel the Game Boy, I think, out, out of the gate. I mean, that was maybe the first time where a bunch of adults and, and casies were playing a lot of, uh, you know, kid kid games. Oh, the, the Game Boy is for normie? children's. In normie. Would, you, would you say normie? I would say normie, sure. <laughs> uh, the kids, I'm going to play this here Game Boy device for Tetris. That's what they all sounded like, I think. Uh, those people, to me, would have been 32, my age now. So, <laughs> But yeah, Tetris is great. What I mean, good game, lots of history. And I'm sure Sadie has more to say about it. Well, when I think of, of, of the Game Boy, especially the, the brick version of the Game Boy, this is absolutely the game that I think, you know, green background and those, uh, those really simple graphics, but they're really, really clear. Nowadays, they use colors most of the time, but uh, Game Boy doesn't have colors, so they use uh, these little cute textures. And that's the way I remember, uh, I remember Tetris. The music is great. Uh, I have those. Uh, those tunes in my mind all the time I can just remember that uh, I don't think there's there's a moment where I can you know when when you, you, you're trying to remember something and you can't and you're like oh I have it here but I just can't pull it out of my memory but Tetris it's just like ingrained in me I spent so many hours uh, playing this game I don't have an official count uh, for uh, for Tetris but it's probably up there if not the, the number one Puzzle games are my favorite games, and this is just, I don't know, so classic. It's, it's such a strange game also, but it just makes sense, and it's its classic gaming. Okay, next up, number 34. Super Punch-Out. Number 26 in my list, number 36 in Lep's list. I love the Punch-Out series, I think they're great. Specifically this one, Super Punch-Out, uh, compared to, to the other ones, to me it's just the way it feels. It feels really great when you punch someone, and like, it feels really, really punchy. Although it's super cartoony, it's the most cartoony thing in the world, but I don't know, it has this great feeling and in, in the, the mechanics are, are really polished, I find. It, and it's a really simple game, really that's all you do, is just punching game, but it has a lot of resemblance with boss fights. It's it's like all all of the characters are like like boss fights. You have to remember patterns, and then you have to 
do the thing. And there are different ways to beating the characters depending on which frame of animation. The timing is really important in this game because you can beat someone with, with just the one punch. And, and this is something that also is in the in Punch Out 2 for the NES, which is not the first one. It's the second one. The first one is in the original arcade version. The characters are, are, are amazing and really funny. And it's really memorable for me. Yeah, this game's so cartoony, it's it's borderline racist in a lot of ways that what? it kind of brings up its characters. Oh, it's just like, it's very it's very weird. Like, all Canadians are lumberjacks that live in the woods and That's stuff true. like that. So, it's not um, a stereotype. <laughs> uh, this is to, to me like this is this is the punch out game of, of my childhood I, I kind of never I played the uh, you know Mike Tyson's punch out in the future uh, when I was older but this was the game that I grew up playing and I absolutely love this game I memorized the patterns of pretty much every single fight um, I know I know when to do the the big punch to kill guys right away. Um, I cannot beat the final fight for the life of me, um, but I've, I've mastered every other fight except for the last one. Um, but it's just such a great game. Uh, it, it was the, the punch out of, of my childhood, so it, it, it's, it's just so much nostalgia for me. Number 33. Simpsons Arcade Game, number 37 on my list, 84 on Sage's, and 68 on Left's, no BB points. I think this is the best beat-em-up game, and uh, that's proven by the fact that it's higher on the list than Ninja Turtles, uh, Turtles in Time. I, I'm shocked that this <laughs> game is as high as it is, like, that's crazy. I think it's, yeah. it's the nostalgia of this game, I mean, I liked The Simpsons as a kid a lot, I, I guess you could say I grew up with The Simpsons, I started watching it when I was like five, and... Uh, I was always excited to go to the uh, to the arcade and see if I could play. I always liked playing as Bart because Bart was the cool one back in the day. And uh, <laughs> this game is awesome because it, it doesn't it captures the feeling of The Simpsons somehow, despite having everything wrong. I think I think Smithers <laughs> Smithers is black in the cutscenes, which is already not entirely accurate. What? And uh, so the <laughs> the game is this awesome 2D style. It was made by Konami, uh, who also did the Ninja Turtles, right? My, is that correct? Yeah. 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 So obviously they're very similar mechanically, except that they have combo moves, which is the best. Like that to me was one of the most fun parts. Was uh, you know Homer and um, Bart, Bart would get on his shoulders and and you could swing with his skateboard and <laughs> and uh, what's what's see Bart and Lisa would do their tag team I think like clothesline. They yeah, would run around. Red, red Rover kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and uh, Marge and Homer would make this weird spinning ball. And they would yeah, run over. they just roll, yeah. And they had weapons, too. Well, Homer punched. Marge had a vacuum cleaner. Bart had a skateboard. And Maggie had a skipping rope. I mean, what is this game? Lisa. You would never, Lisa, sorry. You would never have this game nowadays. Simpsons is way too much of an established big-time brand to do something this stupid with the <laughs> with the series. And, and I don't know. Like, it, the levels are... It's only kind of based off the Simpsons. I, I just well, that, that's I don't know. the thing. Like, so none good. of the enemies or bosses are really Simpsons characters, except for the end. Um, like the only thing is like Mr. Burns is the bad guy and Smithers yeah. is there as well. But everybody else is just random, <laughs> made up people. Simpsons looking yeah. things. Yeah, <laughs> I love the first boss you fight to the end of the level. The wrestler dude, as you hit him, guy. his his pants start to drop, and then yeah. he has to pull them back up. 
Uh, I used to lose at that all the time as a kid, too. I mean, the arcade games, so you're meant to lose. I, I've never beat it in the arcade. I may have beat it on emulator. I can't even remember at this point. I'm pretty sure I did because I wanted to see the end, but as a kid, I could only get to the undead zombie area, usually, uh, where, where you're going on that big elevator, if you recall. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I Actually, this is a game, I, the only game I ever beat in an arcade by pumping quarters into it. You did beat it in the arcade? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it was it was a triumph. What about you? Said? Yeah, as, as you guys said, this game, if you really think about it, and if you're a fan of the show, this is more of a Simpsons theme game than, than an actual <laughs> official thing that ties into the show. But again, what you said, Rob, they, they got the Simpsons really, really great at, at the very least at the time. Uh, the the art the artwork is is really something else and if you had if you've never seen this game just look it up just see a video or something it's 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 something else it's really something else really memorable really distinct uh, have you not played it Shelby um it was at the campground where my grandparents used to camp but it was always out of order so we never got to play it. oh that's too bad you know it's it's fun just to add there this arcade cabinet is in town i've seen it where we live but i don't if it's for sale it's so expensive but i wish that i wish i owned it that'd be so cool oh my goodness okay i hope nobody gets upset with how low this is on the on the list i don't even think it should be on the list <laughs> i agree it should not be on the list uh okay so number 32 is Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. So that's uh, number 42 on Seiji's list, and it's number 9 on uh, on my list. And it's a lot higher on, on my list than I think I wanted it originally, but then I just kind of thought of like its place in my life and why I liked it so much. <laughs> Because as a kid, not to be like a sob story or whatever, like we didn't have like a lot of like money and and stuff. So when we did get this system, like this was um, like I think Ocarina of Time was our first game for it, and we played it definitely played it the most, like played it as much as we possibly could. I don't know, like after like beating it so much, and then like we're trying to find different ways of how can we make this game fun again. So I didn't have an interest in Barbies. My sister did. So what we do is at the Garuda Fortress, you know how you get caught and you get thrown into that room or whatever, uh, and then you can just kind of hook shot your way out. But what we would do is like my sister and I, I would play like I would be playing as as Link or whatever. Uh, we get caught thrown into prison, and she would come in on the on the side of like the TV with her Barbie. It just kind of like acted out like she was the one saving saving Link from the prison. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever uh so just like trying to find little ways like that just to kind of extend you know you know finding new ways to make the make the game fun so we could kind of you know get get all that we could out of it could you give an example of the dialogue that might have went <laughs> oh i don't uh i don't remember you don't have my, to act my sister, it. <laughs> my sister was the barbie i was silent protagonist so oh you see what you i didn't talk? have to say anything oh so even in your world where the fantasy world where link is a character you still he still has no voice no, no. Oh, that's, I like it. Uh, you're consistent. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you're just taking gender roles and throwing them right out the window. Link's yeah. getting saved by Barbie. Well, that's, that's, that's amazing. Good. That's powerful. She would, she would, like, help Link, but at the same time she was helping him, I'd obviously have to, you know, take the hook shot or the long shot, get myself out, and be like, oh, Link, you saved me, whatever. So, you get annoyed so by Barbie a... would just shout encouragements? 
oh, well, no, she would be the one helping us, but it was, it was, I don't know how to describe it, like, <laughs> we would pretend she was the one, like, throwing down a rope, but it was actually me using the, the okay, shot in game. Okay. I like to yeah. imagine that you play the whole game with a stupid Barbie in front of the TV screen the entire time, and you're too, like, annoyed, but not, you're too nice to say anything to no, your sister, she... move the Barbie, I can't see. <laughs> I was, uh, like, because my sister and I, like, you know, typical sibling, uh, we'd fight a lot, but I think uh, any time we were... In, in front of the N64 playing at Green of Time, it was like we one of those times, one of the few times we we got along well. <laughs> and you didn't let her play. You just uh, you made no, her be Barbie. You made... <laughs> I just, if, if we would exchange, like I didn't like playing Barbie, so right. I just didn't play Barbie. I just watched. Like I don't have a problem watching people play video games either, so I would just kind of watch her play. I like makeshift yeah. player too. I think we should start doing that left for games we don't have two players for. You can just get like an action figure or something and just pretend that you're playing. That's just as bad as like giving like your your little brother a control that's not plugged in and telling him that he's playing. Hey, you have a Barbie, you know. You're you're you're, you're influencing the game with your Barbie. <laughs> well, is that any is it any worse than Mario Galaxy's stupid fucking star thing that they had in the game, where you just you just wag a Wiimote and shoot stars at bear and it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. <laughs> well, back in the day in 1998, when I first played this game, I remember being so so excited and. Put the cartridge in and turn it on. And I remember I just stared at the screen in the intro. Uh, not, not even pressing a button. You know how it has this great music and, mm -hmm. and, and Link is riding a Pona through this field. And I was just like being, I remember being so mind blown with, with, with the atmosphere and how immersed I was in the game. And I was, I hadn't even played the game. Uh, and you had to be there. Uh, back then to to really experience uh, those kinds of feelings because games were were something that weren't that immersive in that kind of way before and and this is really the first time when I got really into the story into the rather the the atmosphere you know experiencing Zelda Ocarina of Time at the time in 1998 or in the in the late 90s was really something else and I guess this is the time where games started to get really really big and start and start this trend towards being more as they say cinematic or being more immersive experiences and Ocarina of Time was really that for me and it was great for the longest time it was my favorite game of all time but it hasn't really aged well that's why it's as slow as it is in my list but I still respect it quite a lot because true greatness lies within this game. This game is was for the longest time almost always number one in every fan voted top any number. Yeah. Uh, on GameFAQs, it used to almost always win number one. Uh, you know, in different magazines, you'd always see it number one. So for the longest time, of course, I considered it one of the best games. Now, I never thought it was better than Final Fantasy VII or or a lot of other RPGs. But and and as a kid, I always used to convince myself that Zelda games were RPGs because I couldn't not play RPGs. That was the only thing I could play because that's something I would play. Uh, obviously, it's a problem. Not, it's yeah. Well, I did have a problem. I got over it. Now I play everything. But uh, <laughs> but back then I didn't. I just it's not on my list because I think it's a, a little bit of an overrated Zelda game, and I also think that uh, there's a lot of better Zelda games, which is why it's not on my personal list. But I'm going to be clear, the game is, is still revolutionary and a huge game, and it deserves to be in a list. And me and Left poop on it a little bit, and Left poops on all the Zelda 3D games for the most part. So I'm definitely not surprised it's not in your list, but, but uh, I don't know. I, I make some jabs at it, like, why is it even on here? But, I mean, it has not aged well, I don't think, but but it does deserve to be on here, and it is a, it is a good game. Good thing the remake came out. Yeah, I couldn't beat it. I mean, not like literally couldn't beat it, I just got, kind of got bored. 
But because I bought it for my 3DS, and there wasn't a lot of 3DS games when that came out, and I was just like, I don't really feel like playing it again. Because I had beaten it quite a few times as a kid. I played that game actually a lot, surprisingly, because I didn't have a lot of games when I was that age either. I I think I just started working at some shitty uh, fast food restaurant to buy games, and I had Zelda, and I played this one quite a bit. Up to this point in the list, which games would deserve a number one game to me personally? This is definitely one of those games that anyone tell me. This is the best game of all time. I wouldn't argue. Like I, I couldn't have like any arguments. Uh, another one is Super Mario Brothers. To me, th- those two games are just are, are perfect games. But you have to, again, you have to be in the mentality of of transporting yourself into that era and what they did to video games in the long run, uh, because those are super influential games. And at the time, they they were revolutionary. It's 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 hard to to say that hard to point out the flaws in in those kinds of games because in retrospective of course you can say they have an age well and then they they perfected the formula later but at the time they were there was something that had no precedent number 31 is phoenix wright ace attorney list and 31 on Shelby's. Uh, I've only played the first Phoenix Wright so far, so obviously I can't uh, compare it to the other ones, but... At least it's a Phoenix Wright, so good, good job. Yeah, oh, I fell, I fell in love with the series, and I, and I do plan to play more, it's just I have to balance all my games, but I, I bought the um, the trilogy one for the... I have, I have the physical games for the DS, and I also bought the trilogy for my 3DS, so I, whenever I'm away, I think... Or I'll start playing it when I don't when I don't have distractions. But I, I love the series. It was this year's Katamari for me in terms of uh, new franchises for me that I fell in love with. And I mean, we said a lot about Phoenix already in, in whatever whatever game Shelby, whatever one that was, the fifth one. The, what, Dual what, Destiny. There you go. Yeah, we said a lot about the character. He's, he's great. I mean, the music's perfect in this game. Uh, the cases are fun. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Oh, just a little, few other little side notes about it. So it came out for the Game Boy Advance in in uh, Japan, and we got it later with a with a tweaked version of uh, on the DS with an additional chapter. I think we get the DS version like like three games after it had come out in Japan. So that's kind of an interesting thing that they ported it to the DS, and I guess in a way that's almost a ballsy move because the DS was you know a, a leap above the, the Game Boy Advance in terms of hardware and stuff, but they still brought it over to us and. And I think it paid off well for them. Another couple of funny things is the translations in these games. Like, they try to pretend that they're not in Japan. <laughs> and they very clearly are. <laughs> bad localization. Bad. I think on purpose, too. Like, they never... Like, maybe not in the first game, but since then, haven't they just kind of kept going with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think oh, that's yeah. pretty great. <laughs> in, in Spirit of Justice, Apollo straight out calls everybody American. So it's just like, okay, so they're... Yep, they Yep. <laughs> I like that they're, they're sticking with their guns. It's, it's so obviously Japanese, and yet mm-hmm. they, they just keep, you know, pretending that he's uh, their America, which is awesome. You know, it's a great game. Hold it! Phoenix, Phoenix is amazing. That's such a good dude. Uh, you know, people never give him the benefit of the doubt and even when he's in the courtroom people are just constantly like shitting on him uh, all the time he's kind of and, like, doofus <laughs> and i love it yeah. <laughs> especially when you're if you're a doofus player and you make the wrong mistake and he's like yeah. <laughs> i love the expressions on him too that game is so have you i've either of you guys played it left for safety 
No. I played the first one. This is the first one in the series, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, oh yeah, CG. CG, you sent me that link with all like the text errors in the <laughs> in all the Phoenix Wright games because it is a super text heavy game. Uh, but yeah, and some of the errors that they made were, were quite funny. But uh, I like it. And all the characters, the their anime. names are pun. Yeah. So there's like, let's say this guy, his name is Red White, and he wears pink. <laughs> get it? Get it? Uh, <laughs> it's just oh god, it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's anyway. very ridiculous. Number 30 for our list is The Great World of Warcraft. So this is number 18 overall on my list and number 29 on Rob's list. Like, and this game is just has the most staying power of any game I've ever seen. It's actually celebrating its 12th anniversary right now, um, and it's it's hard to see a game that's been around for 12 years and so relevant to this day with just the amount of updates that it has. I I still actively play it. I've been playing this game pretty much for 12 years on and off anyways. Um, so it's it's always just been one of those games that's been steadfast by my side for a really, really long time. And uh, I really, really love playing World of Warcraft. I feel like you have a few things to say. World of Warcraft is only 29 on my list, which is sad. Because in some days, I feel like it's in my top 10 or even top 5. But but um, maybe maybe it doesn't have as much nostalgia as some of the other games on my list. Um, however, I, I do I do love this game. Prob definitely my favorite MMO by far. And I've played a fair amount of them. Uh, I've like met <laughs> lifelong friends... Uh, on on WoW, I, I still like I t hang out and talk with them every day, including like five minutes before the show because I've been playing Rust and we've been playing together. So I mean, if it wasn't for World of Warcraft, I wouldn't have made these friends like Sundary J and my friend BBQ Crew. They both listen to the show and and stuff. So you know, we used to do a lot of things in that game, which I'll, I'll, I'll touch on briefly. But I do think the World of Warcraft changed the MMO landscape. I mean, before then, there was the biggest one was probably EverQuest. Um, but I think WoW was so, like, I want to say like an entry-level uh, MMO in terms of, like, the jumping in. Like, there's a map. It was easy to get yeah. into, but hard to exactly. master. Exactly. There, there's definitely a mastery to this game, and, but, but it was so inviting for new players. I mean, this is one of the first games I think that I heard people who I know didn't play much games talking about. It, like... It was, you know, it, it's had a consistent over six million subscribers between its beginning to now, and usually much higher than that. But there's dips, of course, here and there. But, but I mean, like, there's been no other MMO that's been as successful and that can still rock a subscription model and, and still keep making money, because Blizzard just does. I mean, Blizzard makes amazing games, no matter what they do. Their games have a certain quality and and also timelessness. Like some some they just age so well. I think WoW, despite its minor upgrades, still holds up really well. And, you know, it has a beautiful art style, and it just, just doesn't age as badly as some of the other ones. 
And also, it broke the pop culture barrier. I mean, it, not only did it take in a bunch of pop culture, but it just became something, you know, like the South Park episode and comics and ads and people, you know, so many people know yeah, what WoW is. Like all- in like all the commercials, with like William Shatner, Mr. yeah, TV, yeah, like it, just, yeah, absolutely, it just it transcended. There a is whole a lot. movie that I never watched. Uh, they had some really cool action figures. I mean, no, Wow, Wow was great. So, just a few quick uh, stories that I uh, from World of Warcraft that I, that I really loved. Uh, there was one me and my friends called Crossroad Kitings. Once we brought a devil sore from Ungoro up to Crossroads, which is a really, really far distance and quite difficult to do. But that wasn't enough because it, it, we still couldn't grief our own faction. So we were we were a horde, and, and Crossroads is a horde area, so you can't attack within them. You can't attack your own faction. So then we went up to this other area, a little bit farther, and it had these uh, area of attack monsters that would just spam these roots. It was a There was a dragon boss, and it had these smaller side dragons that you could kite. So we basically brought them all the way back to our faction, and we were like typing in chat, like, help, help us, <laughs> like it was chasing us. And we were running around Crossroads, and all the AoEs was, was just... It, it was enough damage to kill anything under level 20 and it was like a level 5 to 10 area so we had them there for like an hour and we just kept yelling for help and when we got bored we killed it and then people thanked us because they thought that <laughs> they thought that we saved them oh my god <laughs> it was my my favorite wow. favorite world of warcraft story other than the other one we had where we used to go to this town and we would get on the roof and i was a paladin so i had no range but i got this little engineering trick called the rocket launcher so i would just fire them at lobies as they were running by and so we could antagonize the big guilds. The, the 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 goal wasn't to to be mean to lobies. It was to get the big guilds to come chase us. Because then we found a bottleneck by using engineering. We could get onto the roof. That was a really hard jump to make. And so we would just get, pick them off. Because every once in a while, one of them would make it onto the roof, and we would kill them. So we just had them. They were just on the edge of this mountain, and they were all just staring at us. I remember, and they were just so livid because they couldn't consistently get to us. And that was one of my favorite World of Warcraft stories. So good. Oh yeah. God. Also, my longest play session of a game was World of Warcraft. It was like either 40 or 48 hours. I remember I just took some days off of work and tried to power level through an expansion. Oh my yeah, God. That was fun too. I just wish that I could have played with you and Sundary J back in the it day. It was a lot of fun, man. Because you guys could have used a rogue in your trolling. So. Uh, tro- trolling? No, adventuring. We were, <laughs> we were adventuring. P- Look, it was a PvP server. Anything goes in a PvP server. If you don't want to oh, risk I, it. I did. I did. I did all the same stuff, but I was just I was a rogue, so I could just go invisible when I oh, wanted. Yeah. So it was a lot. It was easier. harder as a paladin and warlock combo, but we made it work. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I did what you guys did. I did by myself as a rogue, so it was much sneakier. Yeah, I you know don't feel bad. <laughs> That's just a play. Game. That's just play a game. on PVE if you don't want it to happen. It's completely reasonable. Up next. Okay, so number 29 is Half-Life 2. Uh, so it's 18 on Sage's list and it's number 27 on mine. Anyway, uh, I don't know, like this is probably, I think, the first game that I got on PC. La- I think I played it last year for the first time. Last year or the year before that, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, I guess the atmosphere in it is what I liked the most. Like, if you ask me about the the story, I have absolutely no idea. And I like, I know a lot of people really like Half-Life 2 for the story, and I'm told that episode 1 and 2 are really great as well. Yeah, I really like the enemies. I like the, the gravity gun because I would, I found myself always 
trying to find a saw blade and taking it with me everywhere I possibly could to kill people with. Because I didn't like much of the other weapons or anything in the game aside from like the crowbar and shit too. Because those were just... Anyway. That, uh, no, that's exactly I, how I play too. It's just <laughs> side blade plus gravity gun. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it's... This game, I consider it survival horror in some aspects. Just because sometimes hearing those freaking fast zombies like climbing up pipes and shit and you're just like oh where is he gonna come from and then scaring you every single time at least myself anyway and just you could hear like some of the head crabs and shit too when they're and you're like oh trying to figure out where they are that's all i have it's it's lower on my list i think seiji's probably got like a lot more to say about it than i do <laughs> well half-life 2 is just a great example of narrative by my standards it's a game that doesn't have pauses mm -hmm. in the gameplay so the story is, is happening as you are playing, so you're really experiencing the story, and the, the story is really rich, and as you said, the, the environments and the, the general atmosphere of the mm -hmm. game changes a lot, so you really feel, when you're escaping some uh, some place, you really feel the urge to, to escape, it's not that it's being driven by, by the game, but you're really into mm -hmm. what is going on, and the mechanics are just great, the, the gravity gun is, I mean, to me it was mind-blowing, and then, I don't want to spoil it, that's one of the most awesome moments mm. I've had in gaming. Shelby, you said something? You say, wait? What? Hmm? What? No. Number 28! Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger, guys, right? Number 12 in my list. 12. Number 33 in Left's list. So, I played Chrono Cross before Chrono Trigger, as you all know. Kind of blasphemy. I mean, that's, that's, that's okay. kind of... We've all made m multiple blasphemies in gaming, if that's the case. It's fair. Um, that's fair. I had a PlayStation as a person with money, i.e. I, I had a job at like, a fast food restaurant as a kid. Uh, so then I had money. So I was buying PlayStation games. I didn't have any money during the SNES era, so I didn't play any of those games. However, so... Which leads to the next point. Chrono Trigger was released as part of Final Fantasy Anthology, so FF4 and Chrono Trigger came together. As a testament to how good this game is, I suffered through the very, very inferior PlayStation port to play and beat this game. <laughs> as everybody may or may not know, the PlayStation port was su had such crazy load times uh, that made the game, to some, unplayable. But I, I didn't know any better because I had not played the earlier one. So that one, and also was enticed by that one because it had uh, cutscenes by, like, in the uh, anime-style cutscenes by Akira Toriyama Designs, and I remember really, just really getting into it. But the things about Chrono Trigger itself, I mean, is it's a incredible RPG for its time. I mean, it's still a good RPG. Amazing music, awesome setting. I don't, I can't think of many other time travel games that are so fun to play. And, you know, the way that you can do one thing in one era and it affects the other, and you can go back and forth, back and forth, it's just an incredible incredible game there's so much cool stuff to it to do like i like how you can go back to like ten thousand years before do something and then have it do things over the multiple time frames that you can go to and and you can unlock weapons and stuff uh, doing that and other than chrono who's you know a silent protagonist which i don't like all the other characters are really cool like frog and uh um, luca and, and characters like that and robo who has an awesome theme there's just, yeah, there's so much good to say about this game. And the graphics are beautiful. But left, please, jump in. Well, 
you know, this is really kind of like the gem of the Super Nintendo. Like graphic wise, like this game was really, really good because it 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 just had the the length of an RPG that you wanted. But unlike the like Final Fantasy VI is amazing, but it also kind of has this you know slightly lamer aesthetic versus the nice, really clean cut characters that you see in Chrono Trigger. And also just kind of the way it's much more fluid with the battles as yep. well. How it's there's no random Woo-hoo! battles in this. It's all you kind of walk around, you see the enemies get your guys kind of then disperse into a battle, and it and it really gets you into the battles. And um, it's you, you find yourself in a lot of RPGs. Eventually, you get to this point where you're just like, I don't want to do these. I'm just running yeah. away. Um, yeah, yeah. That never really happens so much in Chrono Trigger because just the way the bla- battles kind of flow, um, it you never want to get out of them because you you're getting so involved in they're them. fun um like the cross attacks oh and stuff. exactly right and it kind of leads to uh the cross attacks and like i just want to mirror what you said with just the characters have such a crazy rich backstory just because this game involves so much time traveling you you meet a character and then you travel to a, you know a time frame where you see them before they joined your team and then you learn all about them and and a lot of it was even optional side stuff and it, it was also one of only ways i think there's like four or five different ways in the end to defeat the last boss there's like a different couple different ways to do it so this game is just gives you so many different ways to play um it was so so much to do in just a, an old super nintendo game and it, I, I loved it. i never played any other version of the super nintendo one but it's just it's probably one of the biggest gems of the super nintendo so it's hard not to love this and game. the replay value is quite high there's a lot of different endings you can get for this game yeah which i usually don't absolutely. like but i do i did like in this game and uh, the DS version is is more affordable than the other versions, and also I, pe- I hear is just as good or not better. So maybe people want to check awesome. out that. So now we're on to number twenty seven. And that is Kirby Superstar. So that is number 19 on my list and number 24 on Seiji's list. Now, if you guys kind of really want to know how much Seiji and I love this game, we did an episode on Kirby, and it kind of turned into uh, Seiji and Left talk about Kirby Superstar episode. Just because, because that, that's that's what Kirby has been to. I think both of us is that you know this game is the apex of of Kirby games because I have played you know previous Kirby titles before this one. I mostly played the I think the very first one, which is like Dreamland and for Game Boy. Um, but this one, it, what, what I love so much about it is that now he has his copycat powers and he lets you, or the game lets you redo old. Kirby games with the copycat powers that it didn't previously have, so it was a really fun way to kind of revisit old levels with all the new mechanics afforded to you um, from Kirby Superstar. Uh, so I I greatly enjoy playing Kirby Superstar. It's just the amount of costumes uh, or power ups that it gives you is are plenty, and uh, it also has a great co-op um, to play, which is something when I was a kid, is all I wanted was a game with a co-op mode, and Kirby Superstar delivered on that, so love Kirby Superstar. Yeah, absolutely. When you see the, the history of several franchises, you see that they have like the one game that represents like, the best of all the series. 
And to me, Kirby Superstar is, is, is that for the Kirby series. How versatile is this game, right? You have low barrier, relaxing gameplay with, with Spring Breeze, but then they turn the, the difficulty and the epicness and the uh, over the top nest. How's it called? Meta Knight's Revenge. Meta Knight's Revenge, yeah. So, And then you have the mini games, and you, you, you can just turn this game and have completely different experiences, but within the same content with the same feel. It's just great. And it's from uh, Masahiro Sakurai. Uh, from uh, Smash Brothers, and he he did a really great job, and you can see how he was doing certain things that they he did in, in Smash Brothers in this game, like the variety of gameplay options. I don't know, it's I like it's the... a really great game. Okay, number twenty six. The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Number six in my list, and 37 in Sages. My favorite Legend of Zelda game, despite it not being most people's favorites. Certainly not the objectively best Zelda, but for its time frame, and on its initial hardware, which is for the Game Boy, I, I have played the DX version first, which is a color version. But I mean, when you think about the Game Boy, and this is like in the early 90s, and this, this comes out, this full Zelda adventure. Like, it's amazing. Did it come out before or after A Link to the Past? I can't remember. I think after. after. It's just as good to me. And um, just the fact that they, they plop this on the, the Game Boy is incredible. Great music, fun characters. It's a, it's a really good spinoff because it doesn't seem... It's not beholden to the to the themes and stuff that gets repeated in most Zelda games. It's a, it's a side-off thing. Link wakes up. Uh, with amnesia on this island and he and there's like some heavier themes with the game because you realize that spoiler alert once you uh awaken the windfish everybody in that world is, is gone they, they disappear they're dead well they never if they ever truly existed it's like it's a zelda game that made you think and uh i really like that about the game i don't know about you guys This is the first Zelda game that I played because I didn't play uh, Link to the Past when I was a kid. I played a little bit, but not as much as this one. Like I, I beat this one like several times because I loved that so much. It made me fell in love with with the series, and this is probably the only reason why I kept playing Zelda games. And it is so approachable. Definitely not as complicated as the first two Zelda games. Uh, Link to the Past is is also a good option for a first Zelda, but I would recommend this if if you haven't played a Zelda game. To start with this one because it's it's really like bare bones like like all the elements it is and you can get it on the 3ds uh, eShop the dx version so color obviously uh and i recommend people play too there's a lot of fun little cameos from like nintendo from like mario and uh there's even like goombas in the game and you get the rock's feather rook's feather that lets you jump and then there's some levels that are side scroller like mario games they just they were just having a lot of fun with with the with it and i really just i love that game and i think people should definitely check it out Wow, this game, I'm so glad it got so high up in the list. And, and remember when I was telling you about how painful it was for me that Cave Story was so low? Well, to me, this compensates for it. This is number 25. It's uh, Carol Blaster. Is number 100 in Rob's list, number 34th in mine, and surprisingly, it's only 39th in. Left, 39th. come on. I am the one who's. 
this game is the latest game from Studio Pixel. They are the same guys, although I, in, in this case there, there is, it's two persons, but in the case of Cave Story it's just uh, Daisuke Amaya. And he, he made this game and initially it was going to be a much larger <laughs> game called Ghetto Blaster. <laughs> that got scrapped and there's a uh, really cool uh, footage about it. And it looks like this really epic like love yeah. story, like you, you go in and like damsel in distress story. We ended up with with Carol Blaster, which is you, you could say it's a PC game also, but yeah. to me it's really a, a mobile game. It's it's really small. It's it's made for like small screen to you, you don't get to see a lot of the stage. Like it's very different from, from Cave Story in that sense, because Cave Story is more Metroidvania. At the very least in the beginning is most is, is more focused on exploration rather than than shooting and Carol Blaster is pretty much a run and gun game in a very definite cave story style. I don't know, it's... This is the weird thing about Carol Blaster. It seems like Carol Blaster w would be like the first game and then he expanded and made cave story. But... I know you guys played it on mobile, but this this is a... It's a running gun platformer. I don't know how you guys could say that it's preferable to PC with a controller. Like, I'd rather have as much control as I possibly can and you're never going to get as much from a touchscreen. So I don't know. I don't know if I can agree with, with that statement entirely. So I thought exactly the same, mm. the same as you. So run and gun, so you need to have a controller. And you yeah. play with a controller and it's just a joy to play. But when you play it in mobile, you realize that it's not a port for mobile. Like, you see that the, the level design and, and the controls and the way things are positioned in, in the screen and stuff really matches mobile. Because in PC, you, you could do a lot of things. Like Carol Blaster, if, if it was meant for PC, maybe right, right. they just could have been like much larger, right? You could have seen that your game view would have been uh, a lot better, but because it is how it is, it plays really well on mobile. It doesn't diminish your, okay. your experience. That's what I'm saying. It, it kind of like it fits. Episode twenty is our Carol Blaster episode. We actually did talk about this game. It like and it wasn't in our first like non-damaged game. Yeah. There you go, guys. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it remained like that for a while, I think. What left? Oh, Carol Come on, Blaster. buddy. Tell the people why they should play Carol Blaster. Well, there's, Seiji kind of already hit the nail on the head for me for what Carol Blaster is. And Carol Blaster is the hope of side-scrolling <laughs> games are going to be decent on mobile. Because, absolutely, this game was 100% designed for mobile and more or less feel like it was probably ported to PC. Because the controls were definitely for mobile and yeah there was a little bit of a learning curve um it was so long ago for me at this point that i barely remember it but i know it was there and seiji kind of mentioned himself when he first started playing on mobile the touchscreen controls were a little took a little getting used to but once you get there um the gameplay just takes off and it's it's so much fun uh, I'm still playing it. I'm still I I as as mentioned, I have done every achievement in this game and I am now doing other achievements that I'm just making up for myself um which is currently trying to beat the game with no weapon upgrades. I am at the last boss um of that achievement, so I'm going to try to keep keep that up. I wonder when it came out first on actually. Did it come out on, on the same time with the same time release? Does anybody know? And by anybody I mean you two? I th I think so. I think they came out at the same time. And... I'm glad I played it on PC, though, personally. I, I would have been annoyed by the controls, I'm sure. But maybe someday I'll try it on, on phone and have my mind changed. Maybe Shelby will try a game that doesn't look like a Halo game or something on the 360. And maybe she'll play Carol Blaster someday. You're really fucking funny, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Shelby. <laughs> uh, anyway, 24. <laughs> 
Portal 2, number 21 on Seiji's list, and it's number 8 on mine. It's a great game. <laughs> it's hilarious. I think I haven't laughed at a game that much, like, in a while. Um, GLaDOS is great. The Cave Johnson character, guy who, like, started Aperture Science and stuff, he's awesome. I love all of his, like, monologues and stuff that he's talking about, and they're just great. He's voiced by J.K. Simmons, who, for those of you who don't know... Get me Tenzin pictures of Spider-Man! Yeah, there. Yeah, J. Jonah Jameson, and uh, also um, Tenzin in, in Legend of Korra. I didn't know that actually. It's the same dude. Yep. I never read. Yes, so, yes. so this is this is a little uh, BB trivia for everybody. Shelby is okay. I watch a lot of shows <laughs> with Shelby, and this, she is like a walking encyclopedia for voice actors. It's almost a little obnoxious, and in, in as much as it is also endearing. I just, it's, it's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, I gotta look this character up, and she's always always on top of it. It's insane. So. So throw a tweet at her, a uh, character from a show, and see if she can get it without looking, and maybe she'll—I I bet you she'll know who it is. Please continue, Shelby. You freak. <laughs> anyway, so I played uh, all through the single-player campaign, which was amazing. I love Wheatley, probably my favorite character, uh, and also I love the last boss battle. But anyway, yeah, I love Wheatley. What else was that? his Machiavelli? What is it? His—he made a, 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 a track of his own that I can't remember what he called it, but it was just a mashup of like all these classical artists and stuff. I used to listen to that like all the time, like after beating that one part, it was like, super amazing. Like, after you beat the campaign, you can play multiplayer with somebody else or you're just playing as the as the two robots. Anyway, it's just all together, like super great game. Uh, yeah, so stagey if you wanna talk about it too. <laughs> <laughs> just the one thing, because mm -hmm. I know that, that uh... And this is for you, Rob. You played uh, the first Portal, and yeah. I know I know that, that you liked it, but I did. Not wasn't like it didn't mind blow you. No, so, oh, this one's way better. <laughs> and I know why, right? Because there there are certain elements that that they are missing that you like in games. Portal Two is like your game, man. I heard Portal that. 2, I want to I mean, play it. As Half Life Two, which I admire the way they they tell a story. They let you experience the story. Portal 2 is like that. It's a really great example of that. The story is rich, the environments and all that. And th well, this is the one thing that they focused on in Portal 2. And I, I really think that you should play it. I have a question. So so is, does the second one have uh, like some characters and interactions and stuff? Like the main character in, in Portal 1 obviously is a, a silent protagonist, which is completely fine. Mm -hmm. You don't really need... Well, you didn't like the companion cube ally in the first one? <laughs> I don't remember it, so I guess not. I remember uh, GLaDOS and, and that... I mean, I remember her. She was very distinctive. I don't remember mm -hmm. any... Was there another character? Is companion cube like an actual character with you? I can't remember. Not All really, right, I no. It's, was, just, it's literally a cube so. that you just... Oh, okay. Well, you gotta, you just gotta play it, man. All right, yeah. really. That's fair. I'll add it to my medium list. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay. Oh my god, yes. Okay. Woo! Uh, number, number 23. Holy shit, I love this game. Uh, it's number 28 on Rob's list, and it's number 3 on mine. And I gave it 5 points, and it's Brothers. <laughs> Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Holy, yeah! Oh my god, I love this game so much. I so played good. it, and I beat it in one sitting. It's a, sh it's a short game. I think it's like 8 to 10 hours No, 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 it's like 3, three to, 3 to 4 hours. Are you sure? Yeah, oh. it's, it's really short. It felt like a lot longer, but that's I enjoyed it, so that's probably why I didn't want it to end. But anyway, this game is great. The art's awesome. Nobody talks. There's like no voice acting, but the characters, like the acting, is really good. The animation's really Isn't good. Isn't there like like uh, Sim style voices voices in the game? There's like uh, like no, Muppet speak. So. I, I there's grunts. there's like grunts and stuff, but yeah. there's not like there's no words. Not like Sim speak, but 
Anyway, I, th I think this game came out in 2013. It's easily my favorite game of that year. Oh my god. I, at one point, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, for we anybody, can't spoil it because we and we are so going to do. Good. We're going to do an episode with people on this next month or so. Yeah, so, or I. Uh, I think anyway. At one point, in the game, I just cried nonstop for like two hours. It was. It's just so good. It is like my emotions. Anyway. Yeah, but Shelby once uh, dropped ice cream and cried for four hours. So you can't really I, that, use that as that a didn't happen. <laughs> that didn't. That didn't happen. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Also, the controls I thought were really interesting because I think you control the brothers. You've got one trigger and one stick yeah. for one brother, and one trigger and one stick for the other brother, and you're controlling them at the same time. It's weird at first, but you get used to it real fast. Oh, it's I don't, so as good. a matter of fact, I don't think you need any other buttons in the game. If I'm not mistaken, it's nope. just the controller. Don't need anything yeah. else. So it's kind of like a puzzle adventure game as opposed to an action mm -hmm. game, and uh, it's the music's great, the graphics are awesome, the story is. Uh, we don't want to spoil anything. It's it's mm -mm. it's so Phenomenal. emotional and good and. Because the game, mm -hmm. the game definitely deserves an episode, and it's going to get one, and it's so good. I, I played it on PS4 personally because I just like physical stuff, but you can play it on on anything really, right? It's like everywhere. Mm -hmm. I think I got like game indie game of the year or something. I can't remember. I think so. It's so good yeah, though. I mean, I I only played it this year, so I I was I was just a game that was on my radar, but never played it. So I did, but I heard it was short, so I was like, well, I'll give it a try, and really glad I did because it was, I don't know, to this point probably still the most. Um, I was gonna say the most emotional game I played this year, but then again, Walking Dead 2 also touched me, so I guess. Mm -hmm. But they're both they're such a good game. All right, uh, number twenty-two. Donkey Kong Country. Alright, so Donkey Kong Country is number 20 on my list, 45 on Seiji's list, and 93 on Shelby's list. Um, so Donkey Kong Country for me, it's... It, it was one of the very first games that I ever had any real hype for. I remember when this game was coming out, and I was seeing like interviews of them, like some of the artists, like, and they were like, you know, uh, hey, they went to the zoo to draw pictures of gorillas and apes and stuff like that. And I, I, I actually had one. You know, you have one of those. You have that Aladdin VHS. Yeah, I do. Uh, for the game, I had a Donkey Kong Country That's one so cool. that was given to me, and I watched it all the time. And I was getting so hyped for this game, and. And the thing about this game is that it delivered um, on honest promises because it was it was being hyped a lot, and I got it, and like I just immediately fell in love with uh, how the game was played. I I, I, I couldn't couldn't stop playing it uh, whenever whenever I got it on that faithful Christmas morning <laughs> when I was a child. <laughs> Did you lose uh, it? Yeah, unfortunately, what? I don't know where where that went. I know that would be a great thing to have today, be. but that's 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 lost the time.
I don't know what else more you can say with this game. It was just such a huge game at the time, and it ages so well. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't think I'm, I would be a huge fan of the the kind of the art style that they go with, um, but it, it's it's super nice. It's super charming, it's worth, and uh, I really like it. It's worth noting that we have some amazing gameplay on our channel from one of our run-throughs uh, of, of the Rob first, so good of the first world, and, world and a half, uh, half of the second world. Yeah. Some really pro play style so please people is that the one where you died like 30 times so you guys should definitely check that out on our youtube channel (laughs) (laughs) number 21 Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal, number three in my list, and 16 in lefts. No BB points. Doesn't need any, because it's so high on our list, and in our hearts. Pokemon Gold and Silver, to me, is the best example of what a sequel should be. It improved on every aspect of the first game, and, and, and just blew it out of the water. I mean, to this day, I don't know if any Pokemon sequel has really done such a huge thing so what people may or should know at this point is when you beat the first game when you beat when you beat uh, pokemon gold you think you're done you go through the elite four you get your credits then you get back out and you realize you get to go to the entire land of the first game and like that's never been done since which i think is is a crime because i every time i'm playing a pokemon game i'm always like i really hope i get to go back and check out the previous gen <laughs> and i never get to because they have their weird rules about their games where you can't do the same thing twice uh but man and all the new all the new pokemon i liked most of them and i liked that it went to color i liked the whole cell phone system uh and one real quick story about it is pokemon go i was so into pokemon when this came out i, I was in like grade eight or nine uh, I remember that I got the emulator for, for or the ROM for this when it was still in Japan. It was only, I think there was like 1% of it was was translated. Just just enough to get through the menus. And I still played and beat the game twice on that ROM before it came out through the Japanese, which I did not have any idea what was going on. And and then when I, I bought it when it came out too and played through it a few times in English. I, I think it's one of my most played non-MMO games. It's so good. Uh, probably my favorite Pokemon game of all time, uh, Pokemon Gold. And exactly for the reason that Rob stated, where basically you can go back and you do red, blue all over again. And when I was a kid, and whenever I, I beat the Elite Four, and I thought I beat the game, and then it was like, oh no, you can do all this now. Like, blew your head off. My mind was fucking blown <laughs> that I was going to be able to do this. Um, and I, I absolutely loved everything about it. Um, you, the, the calling system yes. where you could register names of trainers and they would call you for a rematch and then you would see, you know, their Pokemon level up and eventually evolve and such, um, was just one of the small features that, um, really kept me coming back to Pokemon Gold and, uh, yeah, yeah d- just the best Pokemon game I've I've played, and a lot of Pokemon games are really good, but it they've never quite hit gold like they did. <laughs> <laughs> there has been a few surprises during this unveiling of the list, but to me, this one is the most surprising of all because this game has been described as being weird and as being, you know, inferior. By who? By us or by communities? Uh, Sometimes by us. 
most of all, I mean, people are always wanting like a new game in this series that is that is like this other game that is bigger game that is a real game in this series. And and I don't agree, but I always have like unpopular opinions. But anyway, number twenty. Is Super Mario 3D World? Yeah. It's number 47 in Rob's list, number 11 in my list, and number uh, 94 in Left's list. And and I'm surprised because you guys put this game on your list when you didn't put other like very super classic games uh, from this franchise. But I think it's deserving this place completely because to me, and again, I, I wrote a complete post about what I think a real Mario should be. And to me, this is a real sequel. You know, it's not like its own spin-off of the series like Galaxy is. To me, like uh, Galaxy, as great as it is, uh, it to me, it's, it's kind of like its own spin-off. It's, it's the Mario Galaxy game. There could be a Mario Galaxy 3 or 4 or 5, and you can keep exploring uh, that story and that world and those mechanics, but 3D World goes back to basics and is a really good interpretation of a 2D Mario into a 3D world. To me, it's super nostalgic, this game. It has things from, from all my favorite Marios, and it just focuses on what's good about Mario, and and that's what I like about it because I'm I, I'm really partial to mechanics, and this has the best uh, of all for me. So this is right up there, as as you can see, number eleven in my list. My praise for the game comes mostly from the fact that almost no two stages feel alike. There's so much gameplay elements being given to you as you go through the game that just keeps the game fresh the entire time. I've, I know we've talked about it before and my problem with it is that there's nothing about it that feels cohesive to me. Nothing, no one theme that pulls it all together for me to make it feel like a distinct Mario, like a galaxy for example, or a world. But I still really, really enjoy my time playing it. Also, anytime I can play Princess Peach is a bonus. When she can actually use power-ups, even bigger bonus. And Tanuki Peach is the most uh, adorable thing I've seen in games. I also just like games where you can play as Peach. Peach is the best. We like Peach. That's I, yeah, I like definitely. Toadstool too. Either I'm cool either way. <laughs> <laughs> Number nineteen. Number 10 on my list, number 57 on Rob's list, and 82 on Seiji's list. So, probably out of, you know, original Mega Man games, this is probably the most well-known. I'm, I'm sure everyone at least, you know, would have played Mega Man 2 if they have played a Mega Man game. Chances are you played this one. 
Um, because it's probably just the better ones to play. Um, it's just such a classic game. Um, it it's it's it it really kind of set the trend on those types of games, you know, for the the NES. You know, Mega Man 2 wasn't so hard that it was impossible, but it was the appropriate amount of challenge uh, that you would want in a game at that time. And I think that's why this game is so popular, because it was hard, but it was was fair, and you were able to overcome those challenges, usually with enough determination. It's the the Um, only game I can think of that you can listen to a song and have a walkthrough for it. That is certainly <laughs> accurate. There's a Dwayne um, Brando but, cover for this. I recommend people check it out if you like fun game music. Yeah, and it also kind of leads to the point that this music has, this game has really great music. It's so I good love, music. The Mega Man Two, the Mega Man Two soundtrack is very iconic. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know if I've ever actually fully beat the game. It's very high on my list. I don't know if I actually went through and beat Wily. I mean, I know how it ends and stuff. But I don't know if I actually sealed the deal. As, as, as some people say, you should I be should. That's not that I mean, I long. Or... I, I should. I might. I might get. I might do. I'm sure, you have multiple I copies. Yeah. I, I can do it in that Mega Man Legacy uh, thing I got for 3DS that I've I've tried once. There you go. With that really cool gold amiibo. This game is just so pervasive in gaming culture that this is probably the game that I know the most without having it playing that much. I don't remember ever playing too much of it. I think it has the best soundtrack of all games in, in all time. It's just so memorable. And and again, I, I, I haven't played this, this game that much. That's why it's so low on my list. But it is in my list probably just on the strength of its identity. You know, it's so strong. You just hear a fragment of a tune and, and you know, oh, that's Mega Man 2. Uh, when I went to see Video Games Live a few years ago and they played their Mega Man cover, man, I had like chills all over. It's, such, it's so good. And hearing right? it perform yeah. live, so awesome. That's such a good. Everybody knows Doctor Wily's Castle game, and it's. Oh, it's everyone I mean, does. There's so Shelby many covers and everything. Do you know the theme, Shelby? I probably don't know it by name, but if you played it, I'd probably be able to recognize okay, it. We'll I listen to a lot of like video games live. Like I have a lot of. Their- oh, you've heard it then. If you heard Mega Man, yeah. at least, yeah, it's so it's so good. Yeah, and if you listen to any like cover band of video games, like mini bosses or Neskimos or yeah, uh, Advantage, pick any. I mean, probably their their best or the or one of the, their best songs or, or covers is gonna be one from Mega Man Two because it's just so good. Absolutely. Number eighteen. Mega Man X. It's number three in my list and number four in left list. So it's super high in both our lists. And yeah. We, we said a lot of good things about Mega Man 2. I mean, Mega Man X is the Mega Man formula uh, brought to perfection. It, yeah, it, absolutely. Everything that they learned, because they, they made like six on the NES and they did some other games for other platforms too I think but Mega Man X is they just rethought everything they put things in the, in the right order they updated to to the themes that were popular in that time and they just did this which is a, a complete masterpiece it's, it's a product of its own time absolutely but it's just so perfect 
to me the best game in all the series. I, I cannot think of, of any flaw that this game has. Probably that doesn't save your progress, but I'm just... Uh, I think this game is perfect, so I cannot save much, much more. Oh, Mega Man X. Um, def definitely uh, like one of my favorite games of all time for nostalgia reasons and just straight up amazing game reasons. I still play it um, today. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll kind of throw it on and... You know, I I agree. The the only downside this game has is you know it has a password to continue system, which is extremely annoying. But you don't need it. Like, it's I don't need it now. I can beat it in an hour. I don't I don't need to stop and save. It is just it, it like 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 Seiji said. This is just the it, if Mega Man was a formula, this is just the perfected formula of playing Mega Man X. Um, and a lot of the other Mega Man game X games are also very good, and were on, some some of them were somewhere on my list, but didn't make it to the overall list. But I do want to point out that I believe number one hundred and one was Mega Man X two. Yeah. So um, just want to point that out, by the way, because so Mega Man X games are amazing. Um, X and X two in particular. Um, are probably the better ones. They kind of go off in a different direction when you get to the X4, X5, X6 for PlayStation. And I, I've actually never played X7, but I hear it's really, really bad. So it kind of it kind of teeters off eventually. But um, I can only say that X through X6 are all very playable um, and mostly really good games. They're exactly what you'd want to do. Oh, uh, real quick, uh, BB Trivia. That is a, our first technically a streamed game with Mega Man X because you tried it out a few days ago <laughs> on, on our, yeah. our well, BB Twitter we'll, that we we'll, almost never use. Yeah, well, if you that, that that's going to be a plan soon. Um, I'm going to do a full playthrough of Mega Man X on our Twitch one one evening. Like I said, it doesn't take me very long, um, so I figure that's gonna kind of a big so. deal. Oh, so I hope oh, you're oh, all so excited for it. Yeah, so people can see that I'm not just talk when I say I'm really good at this game. Excellent. Um, okay, so moving on to number 17, and man, we're just hitting all the good Super Nintendo games right now. Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. So this is number 15 on my list, 59 on Rob's list, and 62 on Seiji's list. So uh, obviously, um, I like this game more than you guys do, and they're just like like you guys mentioned when, with Link's Awakening, you're kind of saying, you know, this is what got me into the series. You know, the, Link to the Past is what got me into the series. Um, I played Link to the Past for Super Nintendo when I was a kid, and just absolutely fell in love with this game. Uh, down, it was one of those games that. It seemed impossible when I was a kid, and you know, I remember having to save up. I think you need to save up like 500 rupees or whatever to buy the the flippers from the Zora, and like that seemed like it took me three days of constant grinding when I was a kid, just because this game felt so huge to me. Um, and whenever I beat the first three, and you get the Master Sword, and then you kind of move to the Dark World, that to me that was just like monumentous moment in my life where I was like, oh my god, like I can't believe I actually made it to the Dark World and Link to the Past. Um, and uh, this, like once again, like this game is just like it has a formula, and it just it gets so perfected in in this game. 
game that, especially when you look at the original Zelda game and then you look at this one and just how much better and how much more concrete that this game kind of feels in compared to the other original. I uh, first played this game, I think I was in college. No, not the first time I played this game, the first time I owned this game. Uh, I had seen friends play it growing up, and I always thought it looked cool, so I'd try it here and there. But I actually got Four Swords, uh, which linked to the Passport with Four Swords attached onto it. And I remember getting it. So I played it originally on Game Boy Advance and beat it on Game Boy Advance. And uh, I thought the game was awesome. I, and I, I didn't understand the hype before then because I would played Ocarina before this. But uh, this is a much, much better game than Ocarina of Time. And I really, really enjoyed it. Great game. I think a lot of people are going to think that this game is, is lower than expected in, <laughs> in the list. Everybody complains. <laughs> I hope they're not too. But there's a reason. We'll talk about it that, uh, about that later. But... Um, this is just a, a, one of those games that when I was a kid, I, I, I played it a little bit, but it was quite complex to me, so I didn't get it. Like, I, I played through it and you know, I was entertained, but I really didn't get to appreciate it for what it is, which is a masterpiece, until I was older. And the older I get and, and the more I play it, because I, I keep com coming back to it, because there, there are certain elements about it that like I like to feel about the game. That just the whole intro and, and sometimes when you play a game a lot like the, the intro for Mega Man X for example is is really good it's really but I want to get to specific stages but the intro in Zelda A Link to the Past I, I don't know it's just like I like to play it again and again and again it's so it's a good intro I mean, it has it has this feel um, it's really hard to get that level of immersion in in games that don't have uh, high fidelity uh, but this one to me is one, one of those ones that, that does as good, if not a better job, than even modern games in terms of, of how, how it makes you feel, but maybe that's, that's just the nostalgia. It's a game that just get, gets better the more you play it, I think. It's worth noting, too, that, I mean, we all love every one of the games, for, for the most part, that's on these lists, and there are some days where these games might be a little higher in our minds than others, so, you know, just uh, deal with it, I guess. <laughs> Lots of people will probably be happy that it's higher than Ocarina of Time, at least. That's true. Yeah. What's next? Alright, yay! Uh, number 16 um, is Final Fantasy X. on Rob's list, and it's 84 on Left's list, and it's number 18 on my list. It has, I think, my favorite music out of all the, uh, the Final Fantasies that I've played. It's, it's, I listen to the soundtrack often. I get Fight with Seymour stuck in my head several times a week, uh, just because it's so catchy and stuff. Do you think that might be partially because you've only played 10 on? Like, if you'd listened to some of the older Final Fantasies, maybe you would like their music better? You know that I always talk about 4, right? You, you know that? Do you listen ever? So I, I like this game also because like the love story and stuff between uh, t I I call him Titus. I don't like Titus. I just find it sounds stupid. <laughs> Your name sounds <laughs> dumb. Your name's uh, dumb. Uh, same 
No, I, I actually call him Titus as well. Yeah, so um, same voice actor as Ratchet, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I just I love the bosses. A lot of people hate the sphere grid. Great. Yeah, I like. Uh, I think probably just it's on the edge of being complex, but not really. It's not that I guess. Bad. It's pretty great. So it gets a lot more flack than than what I think it should. Uh, Oren's the best character though. Love Oren. He's so good. I mean, no one. So amazing. When, people shit on a junction system when, more. Sorry, go ahead, left. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, like when it comes to the sphere system, like when I first saw this game and I saw how they didn't have like the conventional leveling up, they had the spheres thing, and I was I was completely turned off what? initially. Um, but then once I actually started playing it and then started kind of using it, it was almost like a mini game inside mm-hmm. the game. It was fun. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I'm almost sad that it only lives and dies with Final Fantasy There's 10. like, there's a lot of good things to say about this game. Uh, despite the fact that 13 gets a lot of shit for being linear, I think 10 was pretty linear too, but it gave you so much other stuff to do that it never really mm-hmm. felt that way, and the adventure felt oh, bigger. Time. Yeah, well, Blitzball is a thing that I skipped a lot through my first time. I, I thought Aww. I wasn't interested. But I, um, but back in those days, I played games multiple times, and I, I, my second or third playthrough, uh, I loved Blitzball. It's it's a, it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. The game just has this awesome... I, I love the story. I like the voice acting, despite it being spotty here and there, because it was the first <laughs> Final Fantasy with voice acting. With, and it was with a voices, huge jump for me. Yeah. Uh, I like Titus is one of my favorite characters. I don't care. I, I love. Mm-hmm. I like him. I like Aaron. I like all the characters. I didn't like Waka my first playthrough, but over time I've grew to love Waka. Je- uh, John DiMaggio. There you go. Right, guys. Bender. <laughs> I actually did not know that. He. I don't know why. That's not surprising. I don't know any voice actor. But uh, <laughs> I, I like. I didn't I actually really. You really shocked me there with that. I did not know. Anyways, he's Jake the dog. That that's that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the spear grid's fun. The the adventure's great. I like the whole. There's the whole father son thing with Jack, which is really cool. Uh, so I remember the day it came out. It was about, this came out in I think 2000 or 2001, and I was working at that same fast food restaurant. And I remember I was going to the mall to buy it. And I, and I, the day it came out, I got it from uh, Electronics Boutique, and they called me to come in for a shift because someone had called in sick. And I really did not. I didn't want to go. I wanted to play Final Fantasy. So I think I managed to weasel my way out of it because I I remember playing that very soon. And I, man, that game, I, I put a lot of time into that game and I've replayed it on, again, I broke my not replay much rule when it came out on the Vita like two, three years ago, I played through it again. And one thing that didn't change was how hard it was to get the Sun Sigil because I can't stand that chocobo racing. It took me about four hours to finally get the, I think you need to have zero, zero, zero time at the end of it, something stupid like that. And, or under 10 seconds, I don't remember, but, but yeah, that game was is great in so many ways. And I also like 10 too. I like its sequel. I don't care. Whatever. Judge me. I thought it was fun. Um, <laughs> like, this... I, I've always enjoyed this game. Uh, when, it, when it first came, like I said, the sphere system was a turnoff, but I ended up really, really liking it. To, to me right now, this is one of these games... I have a list of games that, that quote-unquote haunt me, <laughs> which are games that I got really far in but never beat, oh. and Final Fantasy X is probably at the top oh, of the no. list. Um, because I, I think I actually told you guys this the other day, but I basically got to the last fight with Seymour when you were, you were talking with the music. I know that music really <laughs> well because I fought him so many times. And I just, I didn't have a good party set up. I was using Kim Hari and I don't think he's very Kimari good. Kim also and... John DiMaggio. Just oh, he like, talks? Sorry. I know. Yeah, he's he's a a I don't like Kim <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So I didn't like him either, but I was just trying to rotate my, my, uh, class members a little bit and I kind of got stuck in a bad spot and then I ended up not finishing the game because of that so I this is one of the ones I've been wanting and wanting to get back at so I'm hopefully going to re-tackle uh, Final Fantasy X I hope you do future. too man because like yeah I want to be like there. you there's a game that I also need to finish that's on my list and that's number 15 15 <laughs> 
Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars, which is number 36 on my list, 38 in lefts, and 61 in Sages. I am currently through my fourth time trying to play this game, and it's not for lack of not liking the game, because I'm actually loving it. It's just... A, you must be pretty far by now. I know we probably haven't played it much too much. Other lately, games but... keep popping up in, in between. Like I knew I, I knew starting this before Pokemon came out was a big mistake, and I've been also having a lot of time, a lot of fun playing a multiplayer game with friends. So it's been been put me back, but I'm still I'm farther than I ever got, and I'm really liking the game, and I'm I'm going to finish it. Uh, but but not just the game itself, which is a lot of fun. The music's great. I like its history. You know, Nintendo teaming up with Square, Nintendo lending out their beloved characters like Mario to be developed by a second party or third party, I guess in this case. Um, is, is historical, and it, it branched off and spun off two amazing series, the Paper Mario series and the Mario Luigi series, and it just, the time from this came out, Super Mario RPG, I think it was one of the, the latest uh, SNES games that came out, I don't know, it's just, uh, it just captures the essence of the Super Nintendo RPG era so well, but blends it with Mario in such a great way, and it's funny, it, it's fun to play, the battle system is awesome, because the art, unlike a lot of turn-based RPG games, you actually get some interactivity, just like Legend of Dragoon, it's always more fun for me when I have to do you know, time button presses to guard and to attack. And no, well, kind of like you said though, this this kind of really turned into like one of like the top RPGs for the Super Nintendo in the RPGs that they were making, just because you know it it mixed Square, which made all the good RPGs in the first place, and then Mario, which was Nintendo's franchise. So it kind of took all of that and then just threw it together into this amazing RPG for the Super Nintendo. Um, I absolutely love it. The only shame that this game has is that whenever I was super, when I was young and, and I saw Smash Bros. coming out, <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, why don't we have... Because the the biggest unfortunate thing with this game is the death of Gino and Mal. Not, not that they <laughs> die, but that they're characters that never, ever have reappeared in Square anything. Owns them. Um, and it would be really cool. Yeah. And because of that. Um, to see them reappear. But but we have Cloud and Smash now. And so. The Gino costume for the so, Smash. There we go, right? So it was it was one of those things that like it's too late now to revive those characters. It's not too but, late. I think they'd um, be cool if they brought them back. Uh, I agree with you, but the it's it, it was a missed opportunity with those two characters. But there's still so much stuff with this game that just really, really. Is. But it, but part of that makes this unique because if you want to see those two unique characters, you need to experience my RPG. Uh, this is the first the first RPG that I played, and if not, it's the first one that I loved. Me not being a fan of the genre, I mean, I love this game, like absolutely love this game. So that's all. Heavy praise. So, number 14, we have moved on to Super Smash Bros. for the Wii U. So Super Smash Bros. 4, I guess it was also known as. Uh, so this is number 37 on my list, 40 on Seiji's, and 52 on Rob's. So this the, this game is, I love it. I still play, I still log in and play Smash Bros. every once in a while. I don't have all the characters. I'm still, I didn't get Lucas, Bayonetta, and uh, Fire Emblem character. Corrin? Corrin? Corrin whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I missed those. I haven't, I haven't chance to try those yet, but every other character is amazing. There's so many things you can have fun with in this game. I think it's the best Smash games. I know a lot of people will argue that like melee and stuff like that is better, but 
Uh, j just for pure, I guess, casual, I think this is the best Smash Bros. To just kind of log in and play a little bit. I love it. I mean, I lost my shit when Cloud was announced for this game. Like, <laughs> I think the whole world kind of did. Yeah, I almost pooped my pants. It. I was so pumped for for. He's a lot of fun is, to play. Uh, I, I love it. I, I just the fact. I mean, that's a, that's a huge bear. No one, no one saw that coming. And what a what an awesome addition. I just I just had to jump in with that. Although I do have another thing to say about it. I'll just say it now. Uh, the only reason this is the highest smash my list. If I if I, maybe brawl was higher, I'm not sure. But the only reason I would put brawl on par with this is just for the the subspace uh, missionary that whole story the single player story mode with all those fucking awesome story cutscenes that was something i really wish they could have continued with with the with brawl or the, the wii u version because i just i love the story mode and seeing all those characters interact and uh, that's the only thing i think that was missed from this otherwise this game is the best smash bros in my opinion if i have to say something about this game is that i think that it expands or even transcends uh, the category of a video game because of I mean you see this game and you see all those years of experience the esports scene and you see that they made really this game to be much more than than just a game I mean it's made for a certain community it's it's balanced in such a way that I mean every like number like people knows like everything you know, how, how long each frame of animation and when you have to tap the button I mean all, all those things it's, it's a huge undertaking for a game developer and and they nailed it because it, it could have been a disaster. I mean, Brawl was kind of like what, what they were trying to do with that game is, is to make it more like a game. And the community didn't really like it, I don't think. And they really hit a, a nice balance with this one. And I think it's going to be the gold standard for, for Smash Brothers. Not, not Melee anymore, but this one, I think. In terms, in, and not only for, for the controls, because I, I know that the people like Melee for the controls, but... But this one, it's it's not just the controls; it's, it's all the other stuff. I mean, how how it's how it's done, how it's expanded, and everything. So, yeah. Oh my God! Yes. Okay. Uh, number thirteen. Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. This is my favorite Zelda game. Uh, it's number two on Seiji's list. Oh, this is tied for both of us. It's number two on both of our lists. So this is a very high-ranked high -ranked Zelda game. I have ten points on it. I wanted to make sure it got... High enough. Yes. <laughs> um, I think it really deserves this spot. Uh, the music's great. I love the aesthetic of this game, and I think that's probably why I like it the most. There are just so many good things to say, but we don't have enough time to say them, but oh my god. Um, I watch speed runs for this game on the regular. Um, there's that. Uh, another thing, too, is when I was younger, I had uh, borrowed this from somebody who had it uh, for the GameCube. Another one of my friends saw that I had it and wanted to borrow it for me, but I don't want to lend somebody a game that belongs to somebody else because that's just it's not cool. Anxiety. Anyway, it's, bad. it's not cool. Uh, so I didn't. That friend got mad at me, and now we're not <laughs> friends anymore. You should just forgive yep. Jordan already. She's 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 sorry. What? It's not Jordan. What? <laughs> I didn't even know Jordan. <laughs>
yeah, I like the Dragon Roost Island sound. Like the music is amazing. I love that track. I love the the boat, the red line. I can't remember what his name is specifically because it's been a while. I want to play the HD version so bad because it's been so well, long you since I've played, played this game. The HD version? No. You haven't played the HD? Oh, I know. I, I haven't know, either. I know. Don't, don't you take are going to love it. Uh, I've Man, seen. I tried. Like it, it's it probably going to turn that two into a one. That's how much you're going to Anyway, uh, Sage, if you have anything to say about it, uh, I, have I a could rant for hours, but... very deeply sentimental uh, relationship with this game. For a number of years, ever since I played for the first time, I said, this is my, my favorite game of all time. And depending mm -hmm. on, on what day you ask me, I'm going to say Wind Waker or, or Cave Story. <laughs> uh, they're very different games, so if I like to categorize those as... Uh, Cave Story is my favorite indie game, and, and Wind Waker is my favorite like mainstream game. I, I don't know, it, to me it's perfect, it, it's just, it, it's more than just a, a game critique, it's more than my opinion, it, it's just that I am like truly enamored with, with this game, like I mm -hmm. think it's just perfect, uh, I think this is the game for me, this is the game that was made for me, it's <laughs> <laughs> the way that I, that I think, and I, I, I love the aesthetics, I love mm -hmm. the humor, the yes, story, the humor is great, <laughs> I love uh, uh, everything that goes on in, in that game, I mean this is to me, uh, Tetra is the best Zelda, um, oh, she's great. I don't know the 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 world is uh, it's so alive, and I know a mm -hmm. lot of people didn't like the 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 sailing, but I I do, and I mm -hmm. I love it even more in in the HD version. I don't know. I think we, we should have a talk about just this game, but mm -hmm. I feel that way about every game on this list. <laughs> <laughs> I think though for Wind Waker, like the the scene where it was like, oh my god, this game is gonna be hilarious, was just when. Link gets launched out of the cannon for the first time, and he's just kind of like they—you don't see him get in. It just kind of cuts to him in the cannon, and he's like, "What am I doing here?" And then they just fire him across, and he gets into that fortress or whatever. But holy shit, <laughs> it was so funny. Number twelve. This was a triumph. It's hard to overstate my satisfaction Aperture science We do what we must because we can For the good of all of us Except the ones who are dead But there's no Portal is number 6 in my list Number 100 in Left's list And number 21 in Shelby's list we talked a little bit about Portal when we were talking about Portal 2. And to me, Portal is the version that I like the best, even though a lot of people will like Portal 2 because of the story elements and the size and the general scale and how ambitious that game is. But with all of Portal 2's greatness, I think there are some flaws in, in that game because of the size and the ambition, and that and that's fine. Flawed games can be great games, and it's probably better than, than Portal in many ways. But to me, Portal 2 exists because of Portal, and Portal it's just this super tight, super consistent experience. It, it has no flaws. Everything about it, it was just done in a way that makes sense. And, and you play that game and you get into the story of that game, into the mechanics of that game, and everything is so well thought. I mean, people analyze this game from the moment you get dropped into like the, the, the containment cell that they have you. And every element of it, And because this game can be uh, very confusing if, if you don't know the mechanics, but the when you see yourself in the portal and you know that it, it's the same way that happens with Mega Man X when, when 
every element gets analyzed and you see that has a design reason to it, Portal has. It's mind-blowing from a developer point of view. This is my masterclass in design. Like if you want to be a designer, you should just play and analyze this game because it's, it really is uh, something something superior in, in, in terms of design. It felt really like rewarding to solve levels and stuff in, in both portals too. That's what I liked about it. And this this was another game too that kind of became like a really big like social phenomenon with the whole like the cake is a lie <laughs> quote. Like I've I've oh, seen that yeah. quote so many different places and to me that, that the most memorable part of this entire game is the song at the end. <laughs> Um, so, but I agree with Seiji completely that about this whole game being, you know, just like, uh, the one-on-one video game design, um, that, that's probably why I remember it so fondly is just because whenever you figured out how to use a new mechanic in the game, you felt very fulfilled, um, kind of like you were saying, and the, the whole game is just, it's a treat from start to finish. Number 11. Kingdom Hearts. Number 13 on my list. 45 in the Shelby's. And 69 in Lefts. <laughs> I, um... This might have been one of the, my most hyped games I've ever experienced. Especially back then. Uh, also... Yeah. I, yeah, you understand, right? Oh, I was big time, following big time. this closely before it came out. I mean, the internet was now becoming more of a reliable source of information around this time and also magazines and whatnot. Before crossovers became the kind of norm that it is nowadays, this was a huge deal. And just like Super Mario RPG, Square Enix once again teams up with a franchise that is beloved by so many. You would never yeah, expect exactly. them to team up with was, was the thing, right? That That's what blew my mind so much is just like, you're mixing Final Fantasy and Disney yeah. characters? This is not going to be a good game. That was that was what I was expecting. Exactly. And I was taking animation around this time. So my, my love for Disney was at probably at its highest except for when I was a young child. So I was excited to see this. I wanted to see this crossover and, and but really to be honest that's only a part of it the biggest thing for me the very first thing that got me pumped was this shitty little video that i i must have downloaded because there's no youtube of just cloud walking through the olympus coliseum and <laughs> that was enough for me to be as hyped as i possibly could get and then seeing squall after that i mean i, I just i i was i i don't know i was pretty ex pretty excited to say the least and and the game paid off honestly action rpg Really big story. Yeah, so. It's become increasingly more convoluted, but I don't care. I'm still going to play three. <laughs> I played two, which is not, I mean, it's not, I don't think two was very high on my list, if at all, but it was a great game. But no, number one had the, has the nostalgia, the hype, and, and just paying, it just paid off. Everything about that game was paid off. I remember renting it. I, I was in college, so I, I remember not doing much work that weekend. Pretty sure I just sat on a chair in front of a TV and played until the weekend was over. It was just so man, such a good game, and and uh, I think it's it's quite a popular franchise too. I think people still really like Kingdom Hearts, and mm -hmm. I don't think anybody believes three is coming out, but at least we've seen some footage, so <laughs> it seems like it might might come out. One of my friends is his favorite his favorite franchise too, and he's very excited for it. Um, but uh, have you so have you guys played any of the uh, any ones besides number one? Curiously, yep. 
I played the one in the middle, mm -hmm. the one, one and a half or whatever the fuck it was called. <laughs> right. um, and the second one. And I can say that the first one was probably the best out of, out of all of those. I'm... It's just a charming. I don't know, like the second one kind of lacks like that yeah. charm, I guess. Starts to take itself seriously um, at a point. Yeah. But uh, the one for PSP, which I can't remember the name off, off the top of my head, was also very good. The reason why I asked, though, is because uh, there's the 1.5 and the 2.8, which are already confusing names. But those are basically yep. remake, or no, um, HD compilations of some of them. And uh, yeah. I, I just haven't tried much of them, and I was curious if any of you guys have, because I, I really wanted to replay some of those. Well, the 1.5... Uh, what's his face that does the voice for Sora? Um, he's still like <laughs> Haley, the little Joel kid. Haley Joel Osment or whatever. Yeah, uh, he's still like kid, like the younger Sora, but his voice is like the old because he had a. I mean, his voice dropped. And he's shit, an adult. So he's an adult man. He just yeah. sounds. It just sounds so he puberty weird. Puberty, like everybody does. Um, you think? But yeah, it's just the transition. Just it was odd because he's still right. Still a deep voice. Yeah. Do you think you could do a better job? No. Okay. Because I we <laughs> um, run some lines. On, on no, the show. hell no. <laughs> we had a, an animation instructor for this, uh, like, when I went to school who used to work at Disney, we thought, holy shit, we're going to show him this game and he's going to think it's the best thing ever. <laughs> and we showed it to him and he's like, this is wrong. Like, there are so many things wrong with this game. We're like, what are you talking about? It's the best. That's hilarious. Uh, is that is that Rick? Yep. Oh. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Fun fact, we went to the same college. Very different times. Yeah, different. Shelby wasn't even born when I went to college, so. That's. Mm. <laughs> well, you you mentioned that you rented this when you were in in college and you didn't do your. I remember I was in I was in school. I wasn't in college. I was I was still in like high school, junior high school, when this came out, and I rented it. And then I subsequently got sick in quotations and stayed home for three days so I could beat Kingdom Hearts in a rental. You always have these stories where you're sick or you break your leg and you you skin half your body off, you you lose an arm, but you, you, you want to play these games, so you just mutilate yourself. People... Yeah, I have dedication. I mean, people who haven't seen Laugh, this guy is like a walking mess. This guy looks like he's been through like six wars. It's, it's insane. But it's all for video games. He just wants to play video games. All for video games. Um, but no, I, I got hooked. That's why. Uh, it just got me... It dragged me in so quickly. Um, wanting to see all the different Disney worlds and, you know, what ones were included and stuff like that. It was, it became just a very, my curiosity immediately was just so peaked right, right from the start from the, with this game. All right. Number 10. <laughs> Proud to present Dragon Ball Advanced Adventure. That's wow. number six. Seven on my list, twenty-nine on Sagey's, ninety on left. No points even necessary for me. I no didn't have to points, jack man. it up. So this is a lost episode <laughs> that we never put out. We recorded it. This is pre-Shelby era. Spoiler, because I don't know if it's ever gonna come out. This game received no damage from us, but we did do an episode on it. But Dragon Ball Advance Adventure for the Game Boy Advance is a side-scrolling Dragon Ball, just original Dragon Ball series game that came out in like the mid two thousands. What do we say about this game? I know what I'll start with. I'll start with this. This game is deceptively expensive and rare. I saw this. <laughs> at, <laughs> I saw this game complete in box in mint condition at a just a, a used game store, at just sitting there for like forty bucks. And and I, I hummed and hawed for like two weeks. Like, do I buy it? So I, I picked it up because I want to get every Dragon Ball game. And uh, then I only found out thereafter that the card alone goes between sixty and eighty dollars, and the complete in box is like one fifty to two hundred. 
and it's insanely expensive. I think it must have had a low print run, and no one talked about it because it's a great game. They had a someone came into this place and dropped off like five or six complete and box Dragon Ball games, and I think I bought most of them. It was like the Dragon Ball Super Sonic Warriors and the uh, Legend of Goku games, and I, I bought the Dragon Ball Advance Adventure one, and I, I think it was I think it was even sitting on my shelf for a while before I played it, and we wanted to do an episode on it, so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna play this thing, and it's it's great. It's a great game. This game, I played it when I was in the time in my life where I didn't have enough money to spend on games. So I, I kind of, not ashamed, but it's not something that, I, that I'm proud of, but I played this game originally on, on an emulator. Oh my god, Seiji. But this game was part of a big batch of games that I played on emulator that I got to know in emulator form back when I was still in school. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, this is such a great game. How come nobody has mentioned this game ever? Never, never seen it like recommended by anyone or in magazines or anything like that. And I remember just having a blast playing this game. It feels incredible. And please uh, keep in mind that I played this on a keyboard probably. Oh God, yeah. It has this quality, the, the animation, everything feels very, very, very good. It's about Dragon Ball. It's not Dragon Ball Z. It goes right to the end of, of Dragon Ball, right? Right past the Piccolo arc to the, to the last tournament. I think it goes all the way past that, doesn't it? I think the last boss is uh, King Piccolo. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't, doesn't do the last arc of Dragon Ball, but right up to the last arc. And another thing that I want to mention about this game is that d during the unveiling of the list, we never mentioned the score. Because it's not really relevant, but I think it, it at this point is relevant because like number 11 has 242 points mm -hmm. and Dragon Ball Advanced Adventures has 243 points. <laughs> so it's just, just like squeaked by. The one point. So if any 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 of us would have changed the score, or put some point here and there, this this game would have, wouldn't have made it to the, to the top 10. But I'm so was... happy that this game is here. Me because, too, man. Because sure, it's not a game that you will see in a lot of lists. But it's a game that really deserves the attention because it's like the biggest hidden gem ever. It's so, an upset. Yeah. And, and I think it, it's, it was held back by the fact that it's a licensed game. And at this time, the most popular Dragon Ball games coming out were the RPG series, the action RPG, like The Legend of Goku 2 and, and Booth Fury and all that stuff. And I don't think people were expecting this. And also, Dragon Ball Z is much more popular than Dragon Ball. I, I personally love both series. I mean, you guys know I'm a massive Dragon Ball fan. Uh, but I think the fact that this is Dragon Ball, it was... It, it was somewhat late in the Game Boy. I mean, the Game Boy, the DS came out in 2006, so it's kind of late-ish. I don't know. Uh, it, it's Metacritic score is about 75. It's not super high. The user score is an 8.6, so people, players seem to like it. It's just, it like you said, it's like the perfect hidden gem. If you don't like Dragon Ball, it doesn't matter. The game is still really, really fun and pretty. I definitely agree with, with all that. And the, it's kind of funny how this game is number 10 on the list. Like, it's such a crazy thing to have made it this far. And it was a little political as well because it wasn't even on my list. And then Rob, like, messaged me one day and was just like, come on, why aren't you including Dragon Ball Advance <laughs> Adventure? And I was like, okay, that, that could, that's why I put it at 90 because, you know, this is a great game. And yeah, it is. For, for me, the Game Boy Advanced is um, a handheld that I, I never really got to experience at the time. Um, but ever since meeting Rob, 
Bob, he's been actually showing me a lot of Game Boy Advance games that are just so many really, ones, really good. And this may be one of the best ones I've played for Game Boy Advance so far, anyways. Um, so I really, really enjoyed this game. It was just, and like, like Sage said, like this is Dragon Ball, not Dragon Ball Z, which even kind of, to me, is even more endearing. And it just, it, it brings Dragon Ball together. And this is like probably the best Dragon Ball game ever, whether it's Z or GT or just Dragon Ball. You know, in oh, my is, opinion, yeah. this is definitely the best one. And, you know, it shows on the list, obviously. Dragon Ball Z, it lends itself really well to fighting games and maybe over-the-top action games. But not so well to, th- like, beat-em-ups and stuff. It's like, you can't buy that Goku who can destroy a planet is fighting a bunch of fucking thugs. It doesn't make any sense. However, Dragon Ball, I've always felt is ripe for that stuff because the power levels weren't at a point where it was too unreal to imagine threats yeah. existing Very in this fair, world. Yeah. So the fact this is an action or action adventure game is perfect. I mean, or platformer, I should say. Like, it fits well. The enemy's coming. Goku, yeah, he's tearing them apart, but, you know, he's getting shot. And we know Goku could take a bullet, but it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. He's, he's still vulnerable at this point, even if he's superhuman, which is what I think is why I wish we could see more Dragon Ball RPGs and stuff. Because it just, you know, when you're when you're playing Dragon, like I see a Goku too, and you're fighting snakes, <laughs> when you're grinding <laughs> on snakes and bears in the forest as Goku, who's a Super Saiyan, I just I, I was able to suspend my disbelief, but it never I never stopped thinking about the fact that that's ridiculous. Yeah, in terms of mechanics, to me, it's really unique. Uh, I cannot think of another game that is like this one. It has elements of different games, like Turtles in Time uh, has some elements. They use the beat-em-up mechanics to, for like a fighting game that they have in Turtles in Time, but in this one, they don't have like like a three-dimensional space in 2D. You know how you have different planes in, in 2D? It's a little bit like Kirby too, like floaty jumps and things like that. Yeah. But imagine Kirby, but he doesn't do the flying thing, right? It feels kind of like that. The fighting style is is very beat em up Yeah, little combos and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the power-ups are great. You just have to play. You have to experience this game. It really is like that perfect hidden gem, as you as you guys mentioned. So that is why I'm really, really happy that it's number 10. And there's also, there is guns in the game, Shelby, so you can probably enjoy it. But you don't <laughs> shoot anything yourself, so I don't know. Hopefully you could find a way to like this game, though. All right, well, I have nothing more to say about Dragon Ball. I think it's the biggest upset on this list. People are going to be angry and shocked. But, uh, you know, before you get too mad and start typing angry tweets play at it. us, play the game. And, and and then if you're still angry, then feel free to message left receipt. This list is going to upset a lot of people, like the yeah. top 10. I think it's going to divide a lot of people. And, Which yeah. leads us to the next one, number nine. Final Fantasy 7. Before we get into this game, uh, I have some things to say about this game. Because it's my number one on the list, and Left's 27, has 37 BB points, all from me. And the reason that I have more to say about this than probably anything else is because the game means way more to me than I realized. I wasn't really a gamer until I played two games in my life, Pokemon Red and Blue and Final Fantasy VII. Now, I had played games before, and I loved them. I loved Super Mario World and stuff, but I didn't have money to buy them at that age. I, I bought comics and stuff because they were more affordable, and I really loved Spider-Man. So at the time, I, I had games around. I liked games, but I wasn't a gamer. I, I just really wasn't able to. Now, I received this game when I was in high school, and at that time, I, I had a job. So I got this game, and I was playing it, and I had never played an RPG before. Nothing intense, at least. So it felt really weird to me. Uh, I wasn't used to them at all. So I stopped for a bit. I got to the Scorpion boss, and then I stopped playing the game. 
I was like, this is weird. It's dark. I don't understand what's going on. Where's Mario? So then I was at school and someone let me Pokemon. Pokemon Blue, of course, or Red. That was like the first RPG that I, I got sucked in. So it was like the perfect entry RPG for me. You know, I got hooked in the Pokemon. I was like, man, I really like the mechanics of this game. This is fun. Definitely did not say those words because I never even thought about game mechanics at that age. But that's that's what really happened. So then I booted Final Fantasy VII back up. And then I, at that point, I got hooked on RPGs like nothing else. And and honestly, well, as I go on, it's more than just the fact that I got hooked to RPGs. I, I think it's a pivot in my life where things change entirely. Like I might not be here like talking to you guys right now if I hadn't have played those two games because I don't think that maybe I would never have gotten into gaming if that was the case. So when I think about Final Fantasy VII and how much it means to me, uh, the stories, the setting, the atmosphere, they all sucked me in and it just, like, my imagination exploded. Like, the cast of characters, the music. It's the first OST I ever listened to over and over and over, and I still own the physical copy of it. There's just something that about this game that really latched onto me as a kid. You know, I would rush home to play it, and, and I did play it. I played it many, many times over. It's one of, probably one of my most beat games. I, I uncovered as many secrets as I can. I, I still have my original guidebook. It's beat up. It's like kind of falling apart, but I still have the same one that I had back then because I would play it over and, and I just wanted to unlock everything. The first time that a, a pivotal character died, and I won't say who because everybody knows except Seiji, and I'm still holding out hope that he might play the game or, or the remake or something. How has he not been spoiled? That's what my fucking question is. Like, how do you not, have you not seen? We'll get back to that. I know, it's amazing. So the first time that that character died, I was like actually heartbroken. I really love that character. And right after that scene, I died to the boss. I died. So I had to watch it again. And I was just like, I can't watch this again. So the person who originally owned the game, I just had them play and beat that boss because I just, I was like, I can't, I don't want to lose again and have to watch it all over again. <laughs> you know, if I didn't get to play this game, if I didn't get sucked into RPGs, I wonder like what would have happened. Maybe I would have kept trying comics or, or who knows. It sounds like a stretch, but when I, when I, when I was thinking about this earlier, if I didn't get hooked on FF7, if it didn't lead me into RPGs and the fantasy genre, and it just, it changed everything I was into and made me obsessed with games. And as I guys told you before, I I'd only played RPGs at that age, but as, as you clearly see, my, my tastes expanded and now I play almost every genre. If I hadn't have done that, like, would I have pursued gaming as a career and creating games and be doing art for games, which is, you know, is my career. So, you know, everybody, I think a lot of artists out there are inspired by like a masterpiece or another amazing artist or animation like Disney. Something in them clicks and they're like, I want to be an artist. I want to do that. And to me, I think Final Fantasy VII was one of those things, one of those inspirational pieces that I look to inspires me to create art. For that, Final Fantasy VII is definitely one of my all-time favorite games. This game was huge for me when I was a kid because I had played Final Fantasy III as I knew it as at the time, and then all of a sudden Final Fantasy VII was coming out, and I didn't understand the numerology at the time, um, <laughs> but I was still really excited for a new Final Fantasy game because I had only played three slash six, and then I saw seven was coming out, so I was getting really, really excited for this new experience. I never, I didn't have a PlayStation at the time, but a neighbor kid who I knew, who I did play games with, did have it, so I went over to his place and I played it, and this game right from the beginning just blew my mind. Such a good game. I, I love the graphics at first. Yeah, they're great. Um, they're still good. 
See, but the thing with this game is that over time, I have become more disillusioned with this game. You know, I don't, I still think it's an amazing game, and it's definitely worth playing, but I don't, I don't think it's the best Final Fantasy, and I've said that many times, but it could probably be the second best Final Fantasy. I still think it's the best, clearly. But, but like, that's, that's fine. It's not, it's not, like, far from being the best. Change the landscape, though. Like, there's Yo, no definitely. denying its influence. I'll, I'll, it's, I'll agree. I'll agree. Yeah. I'll agree to all of that. And just so much about this game just means a lot to me. The the stories and the characters in particular are just things that, that I really have reached out to. And, and I'm sure the same goes with Rob. Like, whenever I saw Cloud uh, in another game, like in Kingdom Hearts oh, yeah. or in Urgiz or whatever, I was, like, really pumped just to play these games just because they had Cloud in them. And I kind of, like, pretend I hate this game just to antagonize <laughs> Rob a lot. Yeah. But I really I do, I do the same with six. I love six. No, I, I just, know, I know. Yeah. But I actually love this game, and and I love Cloud as a character as well. I, I agree with Rob. Like this game is 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 really has been it was important to me as a child, and I, it will forever hold a very warm place in my heart. This game, like I said earlier, changed the landscape. It made it became the first mainstream RPG. RPGs were just a niche until this point, and people started playing this. It kind of exploded. I remember seeing it in comic book magazines. My two worlds started to collide. The story is kind of a convoluted mess, but it's still a really fun story, enjoyable to dive into. But there's definitely some translation issues and stuff, which I can't wait for them to see them what they do with the new game. I'm hoping that they fix a lot of those issues. But but this game is packed with so many secrets. There's entire hidden characters that you don't even need to to beat the game with, but you can still find them. And some of them are just one of them is just so random. Like you just encounter that character in the woods, and you have to kind of like. Pick the, pick right, the right options, yeah, yeah to, to even get that character. And and it just, this game feels like a massive adventure. Like I said, I was new to games at that point. I thought I was going to spend the entire game in Midgar. And when I left, I was confused. <laughs> I was like, why did I leave? I was in there for five or six hours. This is not the game. I thought I, I, thought I was going to be blowing up macro reactors the entire <laughs> game. And, and then that's like not even, that's barely anything about it. I had no idea. I had no idea the games could be that long or that in-depth because I was just a noob to gaming at that point, unfortunately. And, and just, there's so much to that game. The Materia system is still one of my favorite RPG gameplay uh, game systems. Like, just, I love equipping Materias to your weapons and stuff. And the, the, the designs and the heart's still there. And, and you can, and there's so many cool looking creatures in this game. And, and the game is, there's so many, like, spells and attacks and stuff. And I know that, another thing, I, I guess, the music left. The music oh. in this game. How good is the music in this thing? I like the like I listen to the Black Mages a lot and yeah, obviously it's a lot all Final Fantasy music but um the the tracks of Final Fantasy 7 usually stand out to me as the the best things to listen to from the Black Mages and one thing that I I kind of shared with in our our chat the other day is that I used to run uh, a D&D campaign and I loved it I loved using Final Fantasy 7 music <laughs> to set the mood uh in the D&D campaign and I would always play the boss music whenever there was a particularly tough enemy in, in cuz the boss music is badass cuz the game. boss music is the best You know CG you played a little bit of this game with the show. Uh, you've heard my spiel. You've heard Lef. What are you thinking right now? Well, what I'm thinking is that you, your opinions are, are pretty much in line with what I've heard from other people in general. Like the consensus in the gaming communities that this game is like true greatness and such and such. My experience playing the game, I felt that I wasn't getting something. But I have a problem in general with the fifth generation very specifically with PlayStation because I didn't grow up with a PlayStation. I have a problem getting the aesthetic of, of the PlayStation game. So starting from there, I, I wasn't like hooked 
with the, the general aesthetic of the game. And then the game is really the kind of things that I don't particularly like about gaming, which is a really paused experience, a game that, that is trying very hard to tell a story instead of letting you experience a story. But very obviously I have the unpopular opinion here because games really did change towards that kind of experience and we see that in modern gaming. Modern games are more like like Final Fantasy VII than games that I tend to like, right? So Which are more mechani- mechanically uh, invested in. I want to ask you, you, you play Mario RPG and you really love the game. I think we talked about that last episode. <clears> and <throat> obviously you know that the same developer made made this do you think that maybe it is like largely like you kind of said in this aesthetics thing you didn't play the fifth generation because the games although different are also very similar i mean square enix was make has been making rpgs for 30 years and and there wasn't that much there's only a couple years between mario rpg and ff7 you know if it's just a gameplay that i mean mario rpg is a more simplified version of final fantasy and and more user-friendly but the guts are still there in both games, I think, and and I wonder if if it's largely just a theme and an aesthetic thing that's turned that turns you off to to Final Fantasy and maybe in general. I really would like to see you play six or something to see your opinion on it then. But there are elements of that, uh, most definitely, uh, because I really don't like how it looks. <laughs> I really don't like what what it's appealing to. It has this feeling and this aesthetic. It doesn't resonate with me. Yes, so that is not the main cause, but comparing. Mario RPG and Super Nintendo 2, Final Fantasy 7, most definitely there is there is a complete change in focus. Like yeah. they, they were trying to to do a really immersive experience in terms of content, right? And of Here- course, you cannot put that in a cartridge. Right. And you can see that in Paper Mario, for example. Paper Mario, it's, it's a game that is, while it does have all this narrative, it's done with a different kind of pace and, and yep. with a different kind of focus. So I don't know, it's, it's, it's more about uh, the feel of it and I don't I don't particularly like the feel of of this game but there's something about you need to grow up with this kind of game I, I probably it helps I think people that that didn't grow up with with this game might, might share some feelings with me mm-hmm. I'm not saying that this game is bad by any by any mean right I'm saying that I don't get it I, I, I understand what you mean like obviously left and I have a lot of nostalgia it was part of our childhood and and I do think the game mechanically still holds up, but it, it is not easy to look at if you're not used to that. But so what, what I wanted to ask you, Seiji, is if a miracle happens and you finally buy a PlayStation Four, when this game comes out remade, do you think you'll give it a chance with a more modern uh, touch to the game? That's a lot of ifs, but <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I, I'm willing to give a chance to to any game, and even more so if it is for bonus barrel. So. Well, all right. I, oh, Shelby, do you have anything you want to say about Final Fantasy VII? I know you. I don't think you've played much of it, but you know the game and the characters. Yeah. You There's say... a thing. There's a thing about Final Fantasy VII. What's the thing? Um, the thing is, uh, <laughs> you know the habit that I have of, of researching voice actors and stuff whenever oh. I remember. <laughs> okay, and I was thinking about it before yeah. we started recording, and I think it may have all began with the movie with Advent Children. Advent Children, that's right. And I think, and I got to know Final Fantasy VII more through that. And I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I actually I loved really it. enjoyed the movie. Like Great I have, movie. like the the box set and stuff came with a bunch of postcards, yeah, me too. And a little yeah. mini novel and stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really cool. But a while ago, when I was, I want to say middle school and high school, like kind of transitioning there, I used to watch a soap opera called General Hospital. Okay. <laughs> 
which you is are, about you are a grandma <laughs> no because it's like my mom used to watch it so i just right. kind of carried on but anyway there was a dude in it okay. named jason he was a gangster okay jason. okay which this show became more about the mob than anything than in the actual fucking hospital but anyway so i was watching general hospital and then when advent children came out it was like oh my god this is the you know the best thing this is like the height of the the weep jesus like yes. movement whatever um <laughs> Movement. Anyway, so started, we watched this, I thought, oh my god, this is awesome. I was like, but I know that voice. I know Cloud's voice. I was like, where have I heard that before? So I'm just like kind of thinking about it or whatever. And then after school, watching General Hospital again, I'm like, wait, that kind of sounds like Cloud. And it's this Jason dude who's the gangster or whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> I go look it up, the credit for Advent Children, and it turns out it is him. It's uh, a guy named Steve Burton. <laughs> I had no idea, actually. That's <laughs> who really does funny. the voice for Cloud in Advent Children, and that just, like, blew my mind. I was like, holy shit. You know, I don't this like... This is a thing. I love Advent Children. Uh, you're right. It was, like, the weaviest thing. I, I now see it less so of the movie though. and more of the ending cutscene to Final Fantasy VII. Like, you can yeah. just play F7 and throw that at the end, and I'll yep. just watch it as a continuation of the game. But uh, I didn't. I didn't like. Uh, I didn't like Cloud's voice actor because he was too whiny. Uh, and mm-hmm. also, the whole the only thing that scares me with the remake of Seven is if they keep this character path for Cloud. Cloud was, as I said before, I've ranted before. He's a confident, strong character with growth mm-hmm. in Seven. But everything after, he's beginning, becoming increasingly more emo. Oh, more whiny. More that's like more popular broken. though. That's why. That's I, why people like it. And it's weird. God, I hate <laughs> it. I like strong Cloud. I like funny Cloud. Cloud being kind of the prick. <laughs> for like the most of the game he's yeah. selfish i don't know I, I, that's that's my downside but we should probably move on all right number eight pokemon x and y Number two in Rob's list and 14 in left with 28 BB points from Rob. So as you guys can see, I took most of my points and threw them into my favorite games to make sure they hit the top 10. And that is why the BB points saved the day as far as I'm concerned. But I know Lef will be glad for this because he, like me, loves Pokemon X and Y. Isn't that right, Lef? Oh man, uh, it was, uh, especially this game. This game was so good to me in particular. So good. I absolutely loved it because my, my history with Pokemon 2 is that I played blue and red, gold and silver, and then I didn't play anything until really? X. Yeah. Oh man, what a nub. What a so, casual. But but no, 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 but the great thing about Pokemon X for me is that yeah. since I missed out on like three generations of Pokemon games, there were so many new Pokemon for me to explore. So, there really is. So that, I, that's why this game to me is even better than what it is. As you know, I've played every Pokemon, some some longer than others, like played through Diamond and uh Ruby and Sapphire, but just to the Elite Four. I never got into them. Black and White was when I got into it again. But X and Y, as I've said in the show, is one of my most, like, as far as a play file of a non-MMO game is so long. Because the thing they did with this game is they made it super accessible. Training Pokemon and making them competitive in this game is actually reasonable and not buried under hidden mechanics. Like, you can super train your Pokemon. You can see their stats. And, and you had trainer customization, a thing that I've wanted. Which uh, was always. huge. Huge, yeah. Yeah, and it was a big jump to 3D. I mean, there was pseudo 3D in black and white with some areas, but it was, like, not really 3D. 
but this was full on 3D. The settings were awesome. I, I really like your group of friends you travel with. So the story yeah. was a little, little more, I don't know, a little more close to home. Like I thought, I think the story in Sun and Moon is, is a nice step above that even. Yeah, it introduced new Pokemon, uh, made. So another thing that Sun and Moon is missing that X and Y had is uh, the, the feeling of always being connected. Uh, I like playing MMOs without <laughs> without actually directly playing with people, unless it's friends. But I like the the community. Ex- I like the existence of knowing other people are playing too. And when you're playing X and Y, you have that bottom screen. I, I would always keep it to that screen and just see the list of stupid messages that would come up from other trainers. But it was kind of cool knowing that that thousands and maybe hundreds of thousands of people were playing it at the same time as as, as we were. You know, it was a really cool thing to see that lit up. You you know what I mean, Left. Oh, oh, definitely. I agree no, with I you mean. completely on that. I always had the I think PPS or PPPSS, whatever it was called, yeah. something player search. Um, always had that open myself as well because you know that was your connection. That that's what made Pokemon X and Y at least feel huge. It made it feel global. How and they introduced things like wonder trading, so you can just yeah. put in any random Pokemon and you'll get a random Pokemon. And you know it it made you feel connected to everyone else who was playing Pokemon, whether they were you know a, a friend or a stranger you know you were really well connected by just playing this game and it was such a really cool experience to to kind of see it all come together like that and one thing that i also really like is that you know one thing that that they you know i said i played the first two gens and then kind of broke off from it for a little bit but they also one thing they haven't really been doing is introducing new types of pokemon they introduced oh, yeah. two new types in gold and silver That's and then right. they, i don't think they introduced anything until x and y where they threw in fairy types um so that Which was just cool. a really cool thing to, for them yeah. to do and uh, you know i was kind of in once again sun and moon is falling short on that there's no new typing uh, there's variance which is cool but you know, they X and Y just really brought a whole lot to the table and just kind of made this whole game feel very global and cohesive like that. And I really, really liked it. Yeah. Like you said, there, there's other things in X and Y that's so great. Like when you uh, fight Mewtwo and you get that remix version of yeah. the Pokemon theme from the original game. That's another thing. Pokemon X and Y had one of my favorite Pokemon soundtracks. I still listen to it. The Rival Battle, which is like this, this spunky, upbeat tune. And, and I love it so much. Yes, the music in this game and all the different areas, and it was inspired by what? Yeah, France. Kalos was in France. Yeah, and uh, it has that kind of weird side story with that giant dude and his fairy Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But oh, and also another thing it introduced was Mega Evolution, which is a big gameplay mechanic in the last two games where. You know, you basically go Digimon for a little bit where your Pokemon transform into a more powerful one. And I, I like Mega Evolutions. It was a pretty cool dynamic because you, you would have teams set up. You never know if the Pokemon has Mega Evolution because Tyranitar is good with Assault Vest, but it's also good with its Mega Evolution. You never know what's going to happen in the uh, the real tough Pokemon battles. And it was really cool adding in the Mega Evolutions for the original three, Blastoise, Charizard, and uh, Venusaur, because, you know, those are obviously fan favorites. So it was really cool to kind of see them have a sort of resurgence into the Pokemon series with their Mega Evolutions, because they were really, Venusaur especially was a really, really potent Pokemon when he Mega Evolved. Um, So it was really cool just to kind of see them revitalized. Well, Charizard, both Charizards are quite competitive. Yes, yeah, Uh, absolutely. So despite this year being... I believe this year is the 20th anniversary of Pokemon. Despite the fact that that is the case, X and Y really had a lot of, of homages to the older one, to to the original one. Like you said, getting the starters, their Mega Evolutions, Mewtwo with the, with the, uh, the remix from that era, and uh, I'm sure there's other like, little nods to the original games and stuff too. Yeah, so I mean, that, that game is great. I mean, what, I, I love Pokemon X and Y. It's my favorite after Gold and Silver, which is funny. I know, I, I was thinking about this, and I'm like, why didn't I pump Gold and Silver higher? 
I don't know, X and Y is a little fresher. I think objectively with, you know, the the player search and easy to trade and things like that is really, it makes Pokemon X and Y better than Gold and Silver. Just in terms of, you know, the technology that it has versus, you know, old school link cables, which are very inconvenient and hard to do. Um, so with, with X and Y, I think it's just like, it's more modern. So we're, it's easier for us to kind of get into it and like it for that reason. Yeah. I've always said to me that, uh, X and Y was the next big jump, like gold and silver was a big jump from, from red and blue. And I, I still stand by that uh, to this point. I think that it was the big leap. So at this point, I want to do a little bit of a pause because okay. there's something interesting that happens with the numbers right now. Because up to this point, the largest gap between two games was like 10 points in, in the previous, like, what is mm-hmm. it? 92 games, right? But at this point, we see a difference of 28 points, right? Between oh, yeah. number yeah. eight and number seven, it's a very large gap of points. And, and another thing that happens is that after number eight, all of the, the games up to number one have at least three votes. That's so, right. So th- that, that is one of, of the reasons why um, there's this really large gap in the points. I just wanted to mention that because I think it's really interesting. The reason so, uh, eight and nine are, are so high is because of BB points. Yeah, if we didn't exactly. have that system, they would not have been in, in the top top 10 and that's that's why i like the bb points because it, there was that extra edge some games wouldn't have been in the list at all if there wasn't for bb points so you know that's that's but like you said from this point on three or more in each one yeah and none of them have bb points so this is like as as pure as it gets right? yeah you're right number seven This is number 13 in my list, number 66 in Left's list, and number 15 in Shelby's list, which I think is pretty high in both uh, Shelby's and Anna in my list. Also considering that we also put uh, Left 4 Dead 1 in, in our list, and to me, Left 4 Dead 2 is just that refinement that Left 4 Dead 1 needed, where Portal was this really super tight package, perfect game, no flaws. Left 4 Dead 1 was kind of a flawed game because it, it was trying to do something a lot more ambitious than, than, than Portal in many ways, which is to have this really new co-op experience, four versus like a huge army of, of zombies, but you could take the, the other side. Like all those elements are in Left 4 Dead 1, yes, but all of them are a little bit broken. Not, not a lot of, of course, Left 4 Dead 1 is also a masterpiece, but Left 4 Dead 2 really nailed everything, every aspect of that new game aesthetic which is this new form of, of cooperative gameplay uh, the introduction of what was it the charger the spitter and the jockey really complemented yep. the special infected because there was no way for the infected to separate the, the survivors so all of the the new classes have some sort of way to prevent that situation so that was a really big thing and and also i mean Using the jockey, the spitter, the charger, I mean, those, those are uh, some of the most fun and most useful when playing the infected side because you can plan new strategies or, or new tactics that weren't possible in the, in the first game. And the general aesthetic of Left 4 Dead 2 is also really novel, where Left 4 Dead 1 had more or less generic 
level design or or, mm-hmm. or or inspiration this one with the whole new orleans kind of vibe it's it's really interesting i i spent a lot of hours and this is one of the games that i played because a lot of my friends were playing it and it's, it's a really cool game to tell your friends hey you, you want to play a really cool game you you bring them to the game and it's not one of those games that is every man for himself right it, it's really one of those games that you 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 have to take into consideration the other people all of the mechanics are are geared towards co-op I don't know, it was really novel at the time, never played something like that, and I just enjoy it a lot, and I think it, it, it has aged very, very well. The other day that I was playing with Lev, I was, I don't know, really into it. I wasn't thinking like, oh, this game has aged, or, or there's there's other games that have done this better by this point. Left 4 Dead 2 still uh, holds up perfectly, I think. It's a great game. I think like one of the things that I enjoyed the most about it was the the level design and just how intense it gets compared to the first one. Like the level where you're underneath like uh, an overpass or a bridge and it's just all cars with car alarm and oh, <laughs> the, that's the really passing. I love that. Um, I also think there's uh, the level where there's just it's like an abandoned factory and it's just like witches the whole way and they're all walking around too. Like they're not sitting still; they're just all kind of walking around and stuff. And that to me anyway, like I don't know. Were you guys familiar with like how you could? headshot a witch with a shotgun if you just walked up behind her and shot her in the back of the head yeah anyway that made it really difficult to do that because that was like kind of the the strategy like whenever i played with my friends it's oh there's a witch that's just fucking kill it or whatever (laughs) get that over with but then you're there and you're just like okay well i can't do this anymore and they're everywhere so what the fuck do i do (laughs) yeah i like the addition of like the oh my god why can't i melee weapons that was awesome uh it was great running around with like a chainsaw and just chopping up infected awesome whatever seiji says he's absolutely right i agree with him 110 percent. so instead what i'm gonna do about left for dead is i'm gonna share a little story seiji and i have actually played left for dead recently because whenever we did i think it was our first episode we talked about left for dead one a little bit um and then i was bugging seiji play left for dead two with me play left for dead two with me <laughs> and then and then we did so we played our first match and but i haven't played this game in a few years and i'm sure seiji's in the same boat so we played my particular favorite level which is swamp fever and oh, funny mud men Right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, those exactly guys are right. scary. <laughs> so, but it was also hilarious because right at the beginning, I'm pretty sure we both died within five minutes because we were both just <laughs> oh not used to playing this game anymore. So we would literally die in the first five minutes and we're like, okay, we need to slow down and coordinate a little bit. Um, this is our first playthrough of Swamp Fever and then we made it to the plantation, which is the final stage. And we w- we're doing our best to try to set it up. But every time, I think like two or three tanks show up at once and they would always yep. kill us. So I think we tried to like three four times it, it was it was like four o'clock in the morning for me and i'm like you know what let's just end it here we'll try this again some other night fast forward a week later i did not want to do swamp fever again but seiji was like let's do it we gotta beat it and i'm like okay fine so we we jump into it we were doing really well we were like right on the money with most of it um i think at one point one of us died like at the third last third level or whatever but we made it through yeah no i i finished level without seiji once 
So, but he was dead. I couldn't do anything for him. <laughs> so fast forward to the plantation, and we set this up perfectly. We had gas canisters. We knew exactly where to go for when the tears. There's a certain area where you can kind of kite the tank around. So we were we had it all planned out. And so here's what happened in the end of this level. Now, Seiji said that, you know, you work as a cooperative and that, you know, you don't play every man for themselves. <laughs> so here's, here's, here's how the game ended. Uh-oh. We basically knew we were screwed and that we were that our rescue was going to be arriving momentarily so we both broke out of the plantation house and just ran towards the gate unfortunately i had one health left and i was limping um <laughs> so what happened is we could see the boat seiji was there i got knocked down by the tank and then our two computer guys taunted the tank away from me and then seiji just left on the boat by himself <laughs> So, a game where, you know, it's supposed to be cooperative, I was left completely by myself by my buddy. Sagey, Sagey. Not cool, man. No, I just want to share the story because that's what this game is to me. It's these these fun little stories where you can be like, oh, man, remember that time you completely abandoned me and left for dead? So... Yeah, well, and I want to touch about the, the, the narrative of the game because that's a perfect <laughs> example of a narrative that I like, right? You are in the story. But what is going on is happening to you. So you can tell these kinds of stories that happen within the context of this game. What, what is the story about the plantation? Well, what just happened right now? And, and there, are, there are many combinations. It just sets the environment so perfectly so that these kinds of things can happen. It creates a, a really strong bond uh, with me because I like the, the world and I, I like the kinds of things that happen in it. Did you guys well know that I played this game? I know you do. I was trying to get everyone to play it, but only Seiji would answer my call. Yeah, I'm playing Rust right now as my multiplayer game. But uh, I, I'm interested, after, especially after hearing us talk, maybe trying it again. I'd like to, to beat it at some point. I, I like the game. I, yeah, we, we should. should. Four, four people. It's, it's the perfect game for us to play, quite literally. It's yeah. a four-player co-op game. So. No, I, I think I'd be down for it sometime in the near future. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've, I love, first of all, I love zombie setting. So that's already a win. And I like, I like Valve a lot. And uh, when I did play it, I enjoyed it. I don't remember what I played it on. It might have been. Might have been Xbox, actually. I'm pretty sure I played in the 360. Because I actually, there was a time in my life where I only owned a 360 and, and no, and, and a Wii, and a Wii, and no PlayStation. That's a sad story. But yeah, I, I liked it. I think I'd like to give it another chance. I have it for Steam, so, so we'll have to play sometime. I like um, also like the DLC that came out where it kind of tied like the characters from the first game to the second game. Yeah. Well, what um, was what was masterfully done with Left 4 Dead 2 is that Left 4 Dead 2 is basically just has all the Left 4 Dead 1 content and, and, yeah. and they yeah. added all the the new mo- the new uh, special zombies and melee weapons are in Left 4 Dead 1. They're, it's mm-hmm. kind of just like Left 4 Dead and it's just kind of a, a compilation of both games. That's how I at look some at point. It. You go back to I can't remember which map it was, and well, spoilers. It doesn't. You don't really see it in the game, but you can oh find God. Bill's dead body. Yeah, well, no, yeah, I'm not playing now. Yeah. Thanks, you ruined the game don't for get me. Get over it. I'm not playing this <laughs> fucking game now. But yeah, like I thought that was kind of cool because even though like people get attached to Bill, he's I mean it's Bill for Christ's sake, but um, he was the grizzled veteran. Of yeah, the I don't know. Who yeah, Bill is great. <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, it's just like. You know something happened between one and two that he's dead now, but it never explains it. But you can imagine it was probably really shitty for the other three, you know, to have to have seen it happen or whatever. Or maybe it was just, anyway. Yeah. Sad just thinking about it. Uh, it's it's a great game, and I hope we can all play it. We can. Mm-hmm. We have the power and the. Uh, the you can power. get a special a special gun from his dead body. <laughs> Fuck. Cool. <laughs>
All right, let's do the next one. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so number six. Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> oh, okay, this game is amazing. Okay, it's uh, number 50 on Rob's list, it's 34 on Left's, and it's number 6 on mine. It's got no, no BB point. Doesn't need it. No, does definitely not, doesn't not need, it. need it. I think before I played this game, my sister and my cousin and I, we we played, I, I think, Eco, Ico, whatever. Eco, Eco's yeah. awesome. Uh, we loved that game, and mm -hmm. then upon like, and then after finding out that you know this other game exists, Shadow of the Colossus and stuff, we're really eager to to try it. But yeah, it's awesome. Like the world is huge. It's it, and you know, it, you're just just this one guy in this giant map. There's nothing else there. Like I mean, there's like the lizards that you find every once in a while, and you shoot them and you get health and whatever. But and I think that was like it served its purpose as like being like a conscious like you have nothing in this world. But then when you see your first Colossus, it's like holy shit! Like this game is amazing. And I don't know. I just like the the scale of it and like how epic it is, and the soundtrack is, is amazing. And it doesn't hold up super well because it was kind of like one of the earlier releases and stuff but it's have you played the uh, ps3 port no i haven't it i haven't i haven't, I haven't I either actually... but I, I, yeah i hear it probably fixes some of that issue yeah this but, game is uh, very anyway. artistic yeah it's really easy to get lost too i find <laughs> <laughs> uh and that last colossus like fuck that last colossus this game has like a massive following i don't know if you guys know this but there's a, a entire website dedicated to data hacking this game yeah. going through oh, really? all the concept i can't remember the name of the website you could find it really easy like, this site is massive, and it just break, digs into everything. There, used, there was planned to be, like, what, three times the amount of Colossi in the game? Yeah, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. And there's there's early concept for them. There's, there's some textures in the game from them. Uh, so you that's... can get the, uh, the sword from Eco in this game, I think. Can't you? I can't remember, but it sounds like you can. I remember reading about it, and then you can get some, like, crazy mask that also belonged to, like, the queen from... I can't remember exactly how. It I don't goes, know if the games are connected or not. Like, they probably are. I think it's just, a like, bit, a, but... like, an extra, like, oh, you can get this yeah. kind of... The, the, yeah. ga the game, it, it was super ambitious and super, mm -hmm. uh, you could almost say risky, because this is an open adventure game uh, in the same vein as a Zelda game, but there's no dungeons, really. There's no uh, random enemies. There's no leveling up. You're just a dude with a bow and arrow, a sword, and maybe a few other things here and there. And fighting in a horse, of course. And, with, uh, uh, his name was Egg Roll. <laughs> was it really Egg Roll? <laughs> it's Aggro. It's Aggro. Okay, the Agro, way he yeah. says it is Egg Roll. I cannot see the character calling it Egg Roll. You know, it's a bit, keep in mind, I have not played this fully since since it came out. So I'm, I, oh. I want to play it on the PS3, actually. And I'm really hyped for Last Guardian. But um, mm -hmm. and the reason why so many people are, are hyped for Last Guardian is, is how good and unique this game is. Like I was saying, this game was super risky, and it, it is an artsy game because it's just not—it's not, not going to appeal to your mass crowd at a glance. It takes some investment, and I think it pays off. You guys know me; my game triggers in a positive light is over-the-top, epic mm -hmm. scale, uh, atmosphere, and this game has pretty much all those things. I'll say over-the-top only in the sense of how big the colossi are. But uh, mm -hmm. it's more of a scale thing. But I think my favorite boss in this entire game was the sandworm. 
I, I just think sand yeah, are the, cool. Yeah, in the desert. Yeah, he I just flew too. I think he did. Yeah, and that's another thing about the boss fights evolve. Like maybe not the first one, but most of the, as you get through the game, the boss fights become bigger and more evolved, and there's different phases to them. Well, like, it's a game of boss fights. Not every colossi. Well, is that's huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's another thing. There's like some like the bull is not very. Not yeah, very big. I hate that one too. Yeah, I do. I didn't like him either. <laughs> the timing was ridiculous. Ugh. Anyway, this game is is just a masterpiece from start to finish. Like when I first started playing it, I didn't really know too. Much I was getting myself into because I was like this is like you said not your traditional game in any kind of sense because you know I knew that oh I'm going to be fighting these giant monsters the Colossus or the Colossi you know I expected that I would encounter some sort of resistance to the the Colossus but that doesn't exist in this game but the challenge is very real with how you're combating the the Colossus and you know for the most part you're like with the exception of the smaller ones but for most of them it's a climbing thing you're climbing all Mm -hmm. over them you're finding the sweet spots and then you're bringing them down from there and it was an adventure in itself to figure out how to down these gigantic monsters and it was kind of this like David and Goliath kind of story where you're just you know how am I how am I supposed to even begin to overcome the challenge of taking down this gigantic creature so it really kind of puts you in this kind of like very overwhelmed kind of sense where you're like I don't even know what I'm supposed to do against this thing like what am I supposed to do so the challenge was very real and overcoming it was such a good feeling especially whenever you would like you know pound your head against the wall being like I don't know what I'm doing wrong it's not quite working (laughs) Um, and then once you overcome that it it feels so good Um, it doesn't feel good though killing them because it's sad (laughs) I didn't think it was sad sad. at first but it's kind of a little sad there's it is a little bit now, what sealed this game to me as something that I'm going to remember for a really long time is I'm not going to spoil what the ending is because I want so Seiji to play it. Yeah. Um, but the ending to this game uh. is so friggin' good. I was oh, amazed by it. I was of too. The ramifications of it. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> it was, it was so crazy. We got to revisit this ending specifically once Seiji finally plays it. Because I got a rant about that ending. As We've been fact, talking about this for a year, to be if honest. If Seiji will play it, I'll, I'll replay it for the show. Maybe we can do a full episode on it. There's some complaints about this game. And by complaints, I mean only because the story is well enough Story-wise, that yeah. I care. It's not like a complaint like, oh, this is bad. It's like, I felt sad, and I don't like that. And then it opened up too many questions. But it's just imagine a Zelda game where you just fight bosses and ride a pony. <laughs> That's pretty much what this game is. <laughs> Seiji, any words on uh, this game? I've heard it's great. <laughs> I've tried to play it. But you see, I am a player that gives up really easily, right? <laughs> I... At least he admits it. I know, I know. It's just funny this, this is to hear you like flatly say, I just give up easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have limited time for gaming, right? So right. when I feel like I want to play, I almost always play the same game. I just keep returning to the same game. So whenever I have to try a new game, I have to try really, really, really hard. And... I've started this game twice, actually. I beat the first Colossus, like, twice. And both times, I had some problems hooking up the PS2 and the television. And there was a lot of friction in my experience playing this game. And then once I played it, I always got the feeling that, okay, this dude is trying to save his girlfriend. So he's gonna go and kill these innocent monsters that don't have anything to do with... They're not evil or anything, that they're not doing anything to anyone else. Or at least they don't explain it. So it sounds like the story of a villain, like a story of a. <laughs> oh yeah, villain, he's right? doing it for completely selfish reasons. <laughs> so I was like, uh, I don't feel really good doing this kind of thing. But that is not the reason I stopped. I'm honestly very interested in playing this game. It's just that it didn't hook me, right? So mm-hmm. and, and because I tend to give up really easily, 
that's why I haven't taken the time to play this game. And also, I don't have an easy way to play this game. All that friction is preventing me from, from actually uh, you know, playing this game. You probably can download it on the but I uh, play PS4, it. maybe. I, I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not positive. You can, you can for PS3. I'm not sure if you can. Uh, I don't think so, because I think I got it in a Humble Bundle like a while ago. And really? I only had the key for PS3. Yeah. Maybe you should get a PS3, Seiji. And a PS4. Yeah. I'm not sure, though. <laughs> I completely disagree with you on on him being a selfish villain character, though. I think he's a tragic hero. You know, he's trying to do what he needs to do. You know what I mean? Like, sure, it's not the greatest thing, but I don't look at him as a villain in any way. He's the tragic hero. Well, let's put it in, in a real world like example. I mean, Seiji, you love your wife probably more than anything. And if you could save her by killing, let's say, 12 special lions, there's probably a part of you that's going to want to kill those lions to save her, right? Yeah, Does that make you a villain? In, in well, things are very complicated because from my perspective, I'm just doing the things that I have to do in order to keep the things that I yeah, love. Yeah, exactly. Right? But, but I wouldn't... from other people's perspective, what if those lions do something, right? Exactly. Part yeah. of, a, of a magical balance that if you... <laughs> but if, if you, you knew that, them, would you still hunt the lions? Babies die or something, so. I don't know. <laughs> That's what makes well... it a good thing, though. You have that confliction. But also, you're right, though, because there is still a confliction there. It's like, mm -hmm. he's so... I, don't, I disagree that he's evil. I'm with Lef. But I don't think he's evil, but I he's think not he's good. very self. Yeah, absolutely. What he's doing. I don't. 100%. You don't think he's selfish? Well, no, no. He's, he's trying to save someone else's life, not even his own. At the expense of others, though. So there's still a selfish motive there. Even if In he's trying way, to save his, like... his wife, it's still a selfish thing for him to do to sacrifice others. I think yeah. she's already dead, but he's trying to bring her back from the dead, right? I can't remember. remember. Yeah, I don't that or a coma. recall. She's she either yeah. asleep or she's dead. Yeah. She saw something tragic and stricken into a coma. She's been brain dead for like four years and he's sick. Basically a vegetable. <laughs> yeah, she's basically a vegetable. <laughs> this is an inside joke. The thing is that there are consequences, right? So if mm -hmm. in this mm -hmm. world, in order to bring someone from the death, you have to go and kill this thing, then you would expect that there's a high demand for for that kind of magic, right? There but is. Did some... you speak to the dude in this guy yet when you played? When I played, I just like saw the intro and then I went and okay. killed the first one and that's it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, people, I think, could make the argument, and I'm sure you could agree from if you're watching a movie or something like that, that heroes with conflicting uh, motives and stuff makes for a more in-depth story or character. So I, I think that... Sometimes games have to be very black and white. You know, Mario saving the princess is pretty standard. But when a game causes you to pause and think and, and have you kind of ponder these things, I think makes for a good special experience too. And and I think that's, that's another reason why Shadow of the Colossus is so high on people's lists, I think. It's more humanizing in a sense, you know, because no one's perfect like Mario. And me. So. <laughs> Rami. Well, what I mean is that if you're going to take the action of defeating an enemy, it's probably because the enemy did already something wrong to you somehow. Mm -hmm. Even revenge has something that is noble about it. But in this game, it's like something bad happened to you you the character mm -hmm. and then someone tells you well here's the solution and then you go and start the violence right so it's, that it's, makes it's good you the yeah villain. it does it's, there's layers to it and i think and i I'm don't disagree sure with are, you yeah. and i like that about because i think there's room for everything i like I like the standard stories i like i don't really play the villain paths in games very often but i do like that there's the option but this one is a lot of shades of gray and you make some great points and left makes some great points and, i mean i make great points all the time <laughs> so and it shall be make some points and so you know I, I think that's what makes this game so good <laughs>
No, I have an incomplete picture here, guys. Like, mm. I don't know much about the game, like the first like half an hour or something. So no, but, but I'm quite interested frankly, in the story. Quite frankly, Sage, you do have a good understanding. You know, once if you see the ending, you would understand a little more fully. But you're completely on the right track with how you're thinking of the game and the storyline within it. And it's probably part of the narrative, like to find out more about these creatures and yeah. about this world and what's going on. So that's why I'm interested. I'm just saying that that's one of the things that caused me friction. Like I feel like I this is kind of wrong so <laughs> immediately when you turn off your console or whatever there's an amount of friction to get back into the game right it's like sitting down finding the time hooking up some tv or whatever so to <laughs> me that was like another layer of friction on, on top of all the other stuff but <laughs> it, someday it, it, it was, i'm sorry it's just like it was oh, i hate hooking up my console it's such a chore well, it's because it was an old ps2 that didn't have connected on um, like, the only reason why i kept ps2 in a box in a closet was to play shadow of the closet so one day i did it but it created such a mess that i put it back in the box and i put it back in, in the closet right it so, scared you and uh, you never really so it's a it. very particular situation here but let's let's move on <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll come back to this game someday enough enough of the morality behind shadow of the colossus let's, let's go to the morality of the next game <laughs> oh lots of lots of morality actually you rob might have things to say about i do now the, the animal death in this you don't oh kill it you don't no, kill so animals sick of let's, rob let's announce it let's announce it animals okay, in no, video no. Games. let's okay, announce okay, it before okay. we get into it <laughs> okay Number five is Minecraft. <laughs> so. <laughs> I didn't kill. Okay, I played this game. I did not kill a single animal while playing because I don't want to kill an innocent animal. So I just grew vegetables. I had an amazing I know, farm. I remember. <laughs> I remember t like you were just like, how do I survive? How what kind of food can I eat so I don't have to kill animals? And I had to list off like all the ways. Like oh, you can make bread this yeah. way. You can make this this way. You can make. I just made whatever. bread all the time. Yeah. And potatoes. Um, that's so funny. It's sad, man. I can't. <laughs> I just look. If I'm in a real world situation, oh, morality's back. Uh, and I have to kill an animal to eat. Like. I have to do it. I'm not a vegetarian. Mm. Uh, I'm a hypocrite. But I don't Big think time. I can kill an animal until I'm at the point of starvation. Otherwise, I would just try to eat vegetables. Yeah, and you were pretty much at half a heart the whole time you were building your house. So. I got eventually. I got good, though. I, mean, this, <laughs> I explored a lot of this world. I'm, I shat on Minecraft for a really long time, but I've played about 25 hours of it in like like a week. So yep. now I can say things about Minecraft. But please, Shelby, this is your game. I'll shut up now. It's okay. Um, yeah, so it's uh, number 10 on Sagey's list, uh, 28 on Left's, and it's 39 on mine. Anyway, uh, yeah, this game is... It's very friendly. I mean, lots of kids play it. Jesus. Tons and tons of kids play it. It's good for, like, casual gamers who just want to pop in and just kind of build whatever. Like, it's really, like, a game that's suited for do whatever the fuck you want and have fun doing whatever the hell you want to do. I don't really have, like, a whole lot to say on it. It's just awesome. I could And never... I love the music. The music's great. <laughs> I loved, I always loved getting the jukebox and, like, collecting the, <laughs> the, the records. They're hard um, to find. They are. So sometimes I'll just like be down like in a cave and there will just be like one randomly like floating down water and I'll just like, okay, and then just pick it up and not question it. I have no idea how anybody can play this game alone. It's so depressingly empty if you're by yourself. I, I just don't get it. Like it's, it's so, it's too open. 
And then why build stuff if no one else is ever going to appreciate Like, So these are the things I don't get about this game. At the same time, if you're playing with a group of friends, or maybe on a multiplayer server, it's, it's quite a bit of fun, actually. The thing with Minecraft, too, is that the way I've always looked at it is there's two distinct ways to play this game. There is survival and then creative mode. So there's two absolutely separate modes. So obviously creative mode is just for the builders. You know, you just want to – you don't need to worry about your resources and supplies and stuff like that. You just really want to just build structures in Minecraft. And, you know, that, that's a fun way to play the game. But that's not, in my opinion, how you should play the game. You know, to actually experience the game because, you know, there's no challenge. You're more or less playing, you know, some sort of building simulator or if you're just playing creative mode. Um, but survival mode is really, I feel, the bread and butter of this game. That is, you know, that's when you have to eat food and you need to, you know, search for the proper materials and, you know, look for diamonds and then eventually build your portal to hell and do all this crazy <laughs> stuff like that. So, um, portal I'm, and then I'm, another portal. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a firm that. survival player. And mm -hmm. what's really fun about this is, is Sage and I kind of, get into a lot of Minecraft discussions and because we like to see how other people like to play Minecraft. Sage and I have a very similar way that we play Minecraft where we kind of have these preset goals we need to hit until we're kind of content to where we are. To, to, to me, it's just it's really fun to see how other people play Minecraft because when I was playing with Rob and he was really new at the time and pretty much I was pretty much just farming for you guys. That's all I was doing is I was just <laughs> getting food ready and Rob would go out and die and then complain and then he would go back oh, out and the die adventures. and complain. I got wolf friends. Remember, yeah, you got your wolf friends remember that and you body? were stealing my carrots all the time. The first – okay, real funny story. The first night I played this thing, I was not gung-ho to play Minecraft. I don't even know why I played Minecraft. I, I had to – I convinced Sundary J to play. Right. And then everything kind of fell in after that. Too many friends were forcing me to play at that point. And I, and I was itching for a multiplayer game because I was kind of kind of burned out on Overwatch. So, like, the first night I was playing it, I was angry. I was like, I don't get this game. I hate this game. Why am I even playing it? And I remember it was, like, 2 a.m. And I'm like <laughs> – I was out in the middle of nowhere. And I was just – I just wanted to get back to our base, uh, back to my shitty home that I built. My first home that got better. I'm running over the mountains. It's nighttime. I'm scared. I'm, I'm hungry. And skeletons are after me. And I had a whole bunch of stuff. And at this point, you know, you <laughs> die, you lose all your shit. And I am not, I don't like to lose my stuff. And so I kept dying. And like, I got to go back for my stuff. And you guys are like, Rob, don't go back for your stuff. It's, there's no point. Just farm new stuff. And, and right. You I, kept getting attached to your stuff. And yeah. Like, and I, new stuff. And I know at now, because I, I played for like a week, and I played a lot in that time frame, that yeah, it's really easy to get the shit that I was getting. I, had, I <laughs> After that night, or maybe a night after that, I started getting to the point where it didn't matter anymore, because I knew how to play. But that night, I did not, I don't like that. So I would keep going back, and then I would die again. And, and I remember I'm like overvoiced, and I'm <laughs> cursing and, and stuff. And eventually I get to the point where I just kind of broke a little bit, and I started becoming loopy. And I went to your farm, and you had just carrots, and I stole... All of your carrots, and I'm like giggling, like I'm a carrot thief, left, and I, and you're like, don't take my carrots, and I'm like, I took all your carrots, and I'm eating the carrots, running in the wilderness, and eventually, I found these fucking wolves, and I had bones on me, and I fed them, and I had, and then I was running with my wolf friends, I'm like, sweet, I have wolf friends now, and we, then I go back and I find my body, I'm like, yes, victory, and then I, I died was shocked again. when you told me you found your stuff, I know, and then I died, <sighs> but I went back, and keep in mind, I was really far from the base with no real idea of how to navigate in this game, but I still managed to find my way back to my body three times. I managed to get two of the wolves back. One of them Stealing my died. carrots every time. Yeah, and I would, and I would, and once left told me not to the first time, it was hilarious to me to keep stealing the carrots. So I would like, left, I died, taking your carrots. And I would grab his carrots and run off and to die again and waste carrots. <laughs> 
Anyways, that was my favorite part of Minecraft. If somebody kills an animal and cooks the the stuff like from it, will you eat it yeah, then? Yeah, absolutely. Just like in real life. But you you can't do it yourself. Wait, could you kill an animal to feed yourself in real life? If it was a survival situation, yes. What if it was just a casual situation where you could eat like you do now, but you'd had to either farm or eat? Or farm <laughs> a casual animal. butchering situation. Yeah, you like, know what I mean? Like I couldn't just casually eat an animal. I eat an animal because I live in the real world and I'm lazy. No, what I'm talking about, like, in Minecraft is somebody did because you oh, have yeah, of problems with killing it I yourself. I just can't kill them. I feel guilty killing them, but I can eat no, them. No, I'm pretty, sure, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure you ate meat that I cooked oh, for I you did. a few Oh, I did. Absolutely. And, and if I didn't have food, I'd eat other people's or take it from their chests and stuff. But but I just didn't want to kill them because it's sad. I don't like killing. I don't know. They're inno- anything is, if it's innocent, I don't like to kill them. Except for, All right. except for hookers in Grand Theft Auto 3. <laughs> but I was <laughs> in high school. Rob said something really interesting about Minecraft, which is there's no reason why anyone would play alone. I agree. I think the thing that fuels Minecraft the most, it's the social aspect of it. Even if you're playing creative by yourself, at some point, you want to share what you do, what you constructed, right? And if you're playing survival mode and you're building all this stuff, to me, it feels a lot more meaningful if you have something to share it with. I can spend hours playing by myself, like hours, hours, but I need to, to feel like at some point, I'm going to bring someone and I'm going to show off everything that I did in Minecraft or, or I'm going to share the resources. So it doesn't make much sense without that aspect. And Minecraft came to the world at the perfect moment when the internet made a lot of social interplay possible. And in that sense, Minecraft is the perfect game for these times. I got into Minecraft in a similar way that Rob got into Minecraft, which is my friends at the time were talking a lot about Minecraft. And, and you get interested in these stories because they are creating this narrative there is something that is going on in the world and and the longer you you play minecraft and the more people play in the same server it becomes more alive and there's a story in it and you can ask like who did that castle over there that is uh, i think what fuels minecraft and that is what is bringing me back into the game even if it's just one person to share it with but this is this is a sharing experience most of all i'm just so grateful that minecraft exists because it's such a weird game to to pitch in this day and age where you need to have a very strong idea so that you can convince the people that have the monies to <laughs> to green light this this game like how, how do you pitch this game it's a game that you do whatever you want it's the it's seinfeld about, of video games <laughs> yeah and, and with the looks that it has i mean it wouldn't compel anyone to to invest any money in it's it it's gross i played with skins but to me it's it's one of the greatest not only games of all time but one of the greatest game related events it transcends that category of games again to me it's is the last thing that happened to the gaming world that was as big as this I'm, I'm talking about the crash of 83 the the nes and super mario brothers the development of 3d graphics the wii minecraft things that mark the history of video games in in a huge way and minecraft share a lot of the other elements which is that they sort of happen accidentally and they are product of their time. Next one is number four. Mario Kart 8. 
is number 17 in Rob's list, number 5 in my list, number 54. 54 left? Come on. She's left. Come on, man. Get your act together. I strategize. Come on, that's all. Hey, did you also notice that I voted for every game in the top 10? So, mm. Yeah, of, of course, course man. <laughs> the top 12 actually left. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mario Kart 8 is very near and dear to my heart. I love the Mario Kart series in general, but when I saw Mario Kart 8, because I, I like Mario Kart DS a lot, but when I saw Mario Kart 8, I was like, oh, this is the future <laughs> it was <laughs> so mind-blowing to me that it looked the way it looked that it felt the way it felt i i don't want to brag but I, I consider myself a good mario kart player come on so <laughs> 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 is that erica <laughs> <laughs> oh that was the best sound bite ever oh god And back to the reason why we play games, when we were talking about Final Fantasy VII. Like, I play games because I want to feel certain things. I, I don't want to put a game and be told a story. You know, I want to be part of that story. I want to be an active part of that. And if a game doesn't have a story, but allows me to experience some, some types of experiences that I, I want to experience, doing something, getting better at that activity, that is what gives me the most satisfaction playing games. In Mario Kart 8, when I played it, was like the midnight when it when it got released, and I just played it and played it and played it, and everybody was talking about it, and everybody was playing it for like the next two months which they were playing online. Hell yeah. So I got all the content really quickly, and I got the configuration that I liked, which is Ludwig with the uh, Mr. Scooty and the button wheel. Yeah, same. <laughs> same. Like I, I would see that character and I would hate him, no matter who was playing him. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so we are in this world where uh, the social aspect of games uh, makes it even more memorable, more enjoyable. So that Luigi stare thing. Uh, I mean, <laughs> nobody had a Wii U. Even so, I mean, everybody liked the idea of Mario Kart being in the media. Our friends uh, actually got the game and got Wii U in order to, to play Mario Kart 8 because it was so pervasive in that specific moment. So I enjoyed it so, so much. This is one of the main reasons why the, the Wii U is uh, my favorite console. And I just like the way it feels. It's both competitive, but it's it's more approachable because th they removed some of the convoluted mechanics or controls that, for example, Mario Kart DS have. Maybe I like it very so much because I'm, I consider myself good at it, but yeah, I don't know, I, I love this game. Um, first of all, safety hacks. There's no way that that anybody uh, consistently is that good. <laughs> However, the times where I beat Seiji, it's like I've beat the machine. So that always <laughs> felt good to me. So whenever I could beat Seiji, which would happen every once in a while, I mean, you know, I, I, sometimes you were beat, and it was, and when I did it, I felt really good. Uh, but I also hated playing against you because you just you're you're a machine or something. I don't know what you're doing with the game. Sometimes you, your character because of lag. For my on my side it would look like he's teleporting ahead. I know you're not really cheating, but I suspect some <laughs> wizardry in there somewhere, some some sort of shenanigans. And uh, Megan, of course, would hear me playing against you, and I would constantly be like, "Oh shit, there's Seiji. Well, there goes my place. I'm I'm not going to be in, in first anymore, or even second at this rate, because he'll knock me back." And you would be like miles ahead of people somehow, because once you get ahead of Mario Kart, if you don't get a blue shell, nothing happens. Just stay ahead. You just got to get that one lead, and it's super rare to get out of that lead. I love this game, even though I'm, I'm kind of half ranting about it. It's frustrating in as, as much as it is fun. It's the best Mario Kart game. 
the best racing game by far and is the most visually appealing racing game because the Wii U is not as powerful as the other systems, not even close, but they were able to craft it in this their timeless Nintendo style. There's, there's, it's obviously very stylized. It's cartoony. It's bright. Because of that, it's going to age really well. And because of that, because they're condensed courses, they they stand up with other games of this era because it doesn't need all the crazy effects and stuff that make games look realistic or whatever. Because it doesn't need to look realistic. It's a beautiful game. Uh, it's that's one of my favorite things about it. It's just packed full of of like Mario lore and Zelda lore and Animal Crossing and 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 F Zero and the music is so good. Like the the Hyrule stage is one of my favorites and it's and it's only a DLC. And I hope that the Nintendo Switch version of this adds more tracks. I can't wait. I'm gonna play it again once it comes out. I'll, I'll probably get hooked again. Great They'll game. They'll just add Cloud. They'll add Cloud yeah, just yeah. For you. <laughs> add Cloud and and like the Midgar stage. And oh man, now you're making me dream, Shelby. So I used to love playing this game online in particular, and I, I never consider myself amazing at it, but when I would play online, I would do fairly well, usually first, second, third place. I was actually riding really high on that for a long time, and then when I when I kind of met uh, Seiji and Rob, and we talked about Mario Kart and everything, and then I said, you know what, I can probably beat you, because I'm so good at playing online, <laughs> and lo and behold, I couldn't even come close to competing with Seiji. That's why I, I beat that's you why too. You could. Like, you and I are pretty even whenever we played. I remember um, you but... came on and there was, like, lag or something. Because I remember, because you were, like, talking a big game. And I think the very first time you played, there was something wrong. Because you were, like, not doing nearly as good as I thought you would. But uh, <laughs> either way, I thought I was good at this. And then I saw Seiji play. And then you're like, oh, so this is what someone who's actually good at this game is like. So it's just, he's actually, like, crazy good at, at Mario Kart 8. Um, it, and he, he actually, just watching him play, I, I saw shortcuts I didn't know existed. So I got better just by watching him. You know, um, um, but anyways, what, my favorite thing about Mario Kart 8 that I want to talk about is I think this is the best DLC for a game I've ever seen. Almost doubled the amount of courses that were in the game. They Obviously, they were revisiting old ones and putting in new ones adding link and the hyrule level was really cool uh the animal crossing level that changes every time you play it is really cool as well the the dlc in this game is the most worth it dlc i've ever seen and it really makes this game kind of complete with the dlc it's still a great game without it but with it it's just so so complete um and i just i really really enjoyed playing mario kart 8 i still i still play every once in a while Great game. Oh, and one thing that, that Seiji was kind of talking about, how he has his, um, you know, he always plays his Ludwig, and what was your, your setup? He is Mr. Scooty and Button Wheel. <laughs> Button Wheel. See, I would always use Pink Old Peach, uh, I would use the Flame Rider, and I would typically use uh, Crimson Red, I think the wheels are called. That was always yeah. the setup I would go See, for. See, I, I mean, just like you two, I, had, I would play Link every once in a while, but he was not my main. Rosalina on one of the motorcycles i can't remember which body with the and I, I don't know the names but there was the red wheels uh was the ones i had the most success with and i and i, I just think rosalina's the it's best probably the crimson character. slims probably is it's one of the one of the earlier wheels to be honest but uh that was always my setup for the most part i would play link here once well because it's link speaking of oh, link geez speaking <laughs> of link oh so so yeah maybe so number three is i guess a zelda game as rob has alluded oh, yeah. to um it is also the best zelda game in this humble person's opinion legend of zelda link between worlds
though. There you go, um, P1. Yeah, P1 there is very happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> we actually got a tweet this episode uh, while we were talking from P1 saying, uh, I better get some love for A Link Between Worlds. Yeah, so, number three. It is number 45 on Rob's list, 16 on Seiji's list, and 12th on my list giving it a grand total of 296 points uh, for our third top spot. And this game is so well-deserved. Definitely deserves to be within the top 10. It's shocking, uh, def- actually. It, even in the top three. I'm kind of surprised that, you know, our list is so fucking weird and crazy <laughs> that I'm glad that something so strong made it so high up. Let's just um, be real. The original game, A Link to the Past, would be in almost everybody else's number three slot if you oh, had to have d- a Zelda there. And, and that's the thing. Like, Link, Link to the Past is an amazing game, and it has such an nostalgia for me in particular i'm sure for a lot of people as well but it's hard to acknowledge the fact that objectively that game's better than link between worlds because it's kind of not link between worlds is just such a great game from start to finish and this the change of mechanics that they put into this game is why it's so good so why i love this game so much is just the way you acquire items is just so perfectly done every zelda game you know you go through a dungeon there's a chest where you get a bow or a boomerang or your typical zelda arsenal but what they've done differently in this as i'm sure a lot of people who've played this know is that you're pretty much given all these weapons from the beginning of the game so you have a shop where you rent your weapons from so all of your typical zelda weapons that you're all familiar with like bow boomerang all that stuff hookshot you know i'm talking about they're all for rent from colorful character. Rovio, I, what's his name? I can't yeah. remember his name. Yeah, Rovio. something like that. What a twist um, with that character. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, and then you can eventually purchase them. So you rent them, and then when you die, his little bird comes and takes them from you. And then you can, you can purchase them so you can permanently keep them in your inventory. So, because as someone who has played a lot of Zelda games, especially the 2D Zelda games, you know, I don't, it's not very exciting for me to play through a dungeon and get the bow. Like, I don't give a flying fuck about the bow. I've, <laughs> I've used the bow in so many games that I don't see the need to go through all this trial and tribulations just to get a weapon I've already used countless times before. So they have instead kind of mixed it up where they allow you to just purchase the weapons and for most season zelda games this game is not hard personally i didn't die once when i played this on on my first playthrough so i never once actually had to you know rent a weapon twice so it was never a problem for me um but it's still a mechanic that i really appreciate that even if it was a more difficult game or if i was newer to the series um i think it's still a solid way to do it and then instead of giving you your typical zelda arsenal throughout the dungeons instead they were giving you significant upgrades to your weapons or your armor and and things like that so it made things better like just the way you received items in this game just it took the zelda formula that we're all familiar with and then it just perfected it that's kind of a thing that we talked about with a lot of these games how you know with portal and Mega Man x and left for dead how they've all kind of started with the base game and then they had something to kind of perfect their formula and i'm kind of thinking into me that link between worlds is that for the 2d legend of zelda series i really wanted to just add to what you're saying a, a few seconds ago about the items and what they replaced it with because so when i found out that you could rent those items my first thought and also you get to upgrade them later as well which is another yes, really yes, cool absolutely. thing absolutely and yeah. there's lots of yeah, side quests yeah, and all stuff it's, it's it's amazing game is uh i was worried that the dungeon would be less exciting because for me an exciting part of a dungeon maybe unlike you is getting the bow. I, yeah, the bow is not exciting, but getting a new tool is exciting. No, no, I, I agree with yeah. you that it's exciting. It's just getting the same stuff over and over again is right, right. where we're lacking. You, you get excited for the new stuff, but that's not my point. My point is what they replaced it with is just as good. Like you said, like I like going in and getting armor. The you fact is the that they replaced it with something just as good. 
that made if they didn't have those extra things in there then i think you would be missing something from the dungeons because it would be yeah i'm going to fight the boss that's cool but you know getting a treasure chest isn't quite as exciting but because they put these things in there that it made them just as fun it not even more fun because you never knew what you're going to get like a box of chocolates right left no no oh I, absolutely i agree with you i agree with you <laughs> Love this game. Oh, and you know we've talked about this before, but the mechanics. The, 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 oh yeah, the right. thing you that I hated. About I hate that. the. I hate the look of, uh, of hieroglyphic stuff. But man, it sucked me in fast because I love being able to jump onto the walls and stuff. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you on like kind of the art style for the hieroglyphics was kind of weird. And it, I, personally, I still don't think that particular like hieroglyphic link really fit well with the story. Like, I don't really know why they went with that art style for Should that. Have stained glass window link. Yeah, I'm not yeah, even being exactly. sarcastic. Like that fits the Zelda. That would have fit more. better. I agree with you completely. But d- despite the art style choice, the mechanic is just sound oh it's so um, good it's, it's so good and, and it kind of allowed you to do cool things too because you know one thing that you kind of have to end up doing a lot of is you know you go along the wall then you pop out and yeah. you'll either scare like someone st- or knock something off the wall by popping out it was it was a great mechanic like a stealth element to a zelda game which Just i never about, thought of it before yeah. really it kind of does have that element one last thing i want to add is something i've said before is i that fight with the shield boss one of my favorites jumping onto the shield and, and yeah. you can't find you anymore oh man it's so good so good When we were talking about A Link to the Past, and I think I mentioned that the reason why A Link to the Past wasn't higher in the list was because of something that we were going to talk about later. Well, now is the moment. (laughs) And it's because of this game, of A Link Between Worlds. To me, the Zelda history, uh, in terms of game development, has a very clear path of perfecting the formula, right? So you start with, with the first Zelda, which is very different from all the other Zeldas in terms of progression. Because that game lets you go to wherever you want to go. So you can you can tackle dungeons uh, freely. Now, granted, the, the original Zelda is deemed to be uh, too hard. And then the second one is deemed to be kind of weird. When they got to the third one, I think they tried to fix this thing about the game being kind of difficult. So they linearized the progression of the game. And they got a link to the past. Link's Awakening is kind of like the same the same thing. They put gates in the progression in, in, in the form of the items that you're getting in, in the dungeon. So there is a clear way to tackle the dungeon. So you go to the first one, you get an item, the item that allows you to progress, and then you get to the next one and so on. Pokemon does a very similar thing. Green of Time is very similar and Wind Waker is very similar too. But I think the formula was really perfected around Ocarina of Time and Wind Waker, the, the progression aspect. But then when they got to this game, I think they said, okay, we have the formula perfect. We have a lot of the elements already in place. How can we do things better? And I think that what they did was thinking about the first Zelda. The first Zelda is the most, is one of the most ambitious games of all time because there was nothing like it. And they have this really weird progression. It's really ahead of everything. It's ahead of time. So I admire Nintendo so much because they were able to go back to something that they already fixed and went back and said, okay, maybe we didn't fix it. Maybe we just changed it too much. And maybe there are lessons that we learned in, in, in all of these years of making Zelda games. And they came up with this thing, which is really the best of both worlds. And it's really difficult. It's really difficult and also was unnecessary. A lot of other companies wouldn't have done this kind of thing. And I think this, this is the same thing that they're doing with Breath of the Wild. And they're going to take the best of all the other Zelda games and they're going to make this new thing. And that's going to be probably the definitive version of a 3D Zelda game. But in terms of a 2D Zelda game, yes, A Link to the Past is a great classic. But this one, 
it's just it's just better because if you say that a game is better than a link to the past which is in the minds of a lot of people the best game of all time if you say that just it's just better it's saying a lot and it is. that's yeah and that's what i what i have to say about a link between worlds all right all right good oh boy Number two. Number two. So one thing I just want to call out quickly is that number two is a unique on this list. Yep. For the only reason that this is the only game that is on all four of our lists. <laughs> and so vastly th- different spots, too. Like, yeah, look, yeah, look at the layout of it's, this. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting just to see how we, we all ordered it, too. Um, so this game obviously is transcends everybody. <laughs> um, and that is Super Mario Bros. 3. Yeah. Um, so it is number 5 on Rob's list, number 23 on Seiji's list, 62 on my own list, and then 97 on Shelby's list. Actually, you know you know something? You, you were kind of bragging about um, your placements of things list. You have a, a number in every one of this. I was just look, taking a look at the list right now, and most of my top games are in this list. My number 5 game, my number... Uh, four game, my number two, my number one, my number seven are all in the in the top list. Because I have the best taste in games. Because you agree with people, that's why. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, man, um, Mario 3. Mar- so Mario um, 3, yeah, absolutely. But isn't this the game that P2 predicted was on all of our lists? Uh, I think said- it is, actually. I remember when we or when he had tweeted that he thought <laughs> it was that. And then I think Seiju was like, holy shit, he knows this. Yes, that's it. right. Yes, and we know yeah. ourselves. <laughs> gotta throw, I gotta throw PT, P2 a bone. It's just, it's, it holds such a strong place in my memory yeah. because I played it a lot on NES, and then I also played it quite a bit on Super Mario All Stars. My Super, yeah, Nintendo. yeah, same here. So I, I literally played this game for for both NES and Super Nintendo quite a bit, and I'm pretty sure I beat both of those games like two to three times each. Uh, so I, I've played this game so much and like, there's so many little secrets and, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes you would do speed runs and then other yep. times I'd be like, well, I, I, I haven't done I so do many every levels stage. cause I, so I, I kept speed running. So then yep. I went through and then I played every single level and yep. then, uh, so you kind of go through it in, in multiple different ways. And I have a funny story I want to share about this game, but I want you guys to talk about it first. One real thing about quick thing about this game. So this is one of the first NES box games I bought while collecting. I got two versions of it, one really shitty one that has, like, a not-for-resale label on it, and then I got a, a nicer box. Uh, anyways, but the reason why I bring that up is because on the back of that box is something that was always perplexing for people for a long time. It was because there's a screenshot of a level that's not in that game. But in the uh, Super Mario Advanced Mario 3 version of the game, you, they actually you could get those levels at the e-card reader, uh, which is a f- an episode someday, maybe. Not that I have one. But, um, so it was kind of fun, even, even back in the early days, like, oh, where is this level? It's not in this game at all. Uh, we can mention the fact that the wizard was basically a commercial for this game. A, the wizard being oh, yeah, a, a, yeah, a full on theatrical movie with, with at the time biggish stars. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, every, if you didn't have this game, you knew someone who had this game. So, you know, in, in the late 80s, early 90s. And, Super Mario All-Stars was kind of the same vein, but this game is like one, if you if you look at the actual progression of Mario, everybody knows that Mario 2, which isn't on any of our lists, although maybe it should be, the game's great. Anyways, Mario 2 is not quote-unquote a real Mario game. I, I think it is a real Mario game, but it's not in the right order. You go Mario, and then Mario 2 uh, from Japan, which is a lot like Mario 1, just a harder version of Mario 1. With the Lost and Levels then, or whatever Yeah, it is, we or... got it as Lost Levels. But then you jump yeah. to Mario 3, 
And you look at Mario 3 from 1 and 2, and that's a huge leap. Artistically, thematically, mechanically, uh, it perfects everything Mario everything Mario 1 and 2 did and added so much more to it and, and just made the game a lot bigger. And it's, it's such a great example, much like Pokemon to Pokemon Gold, of what a sequel can do uh, when they really expand on what makes the first game so great. And that's why I like Mario. That's one of the reasons why I like Mario 3. Hey, Shelby, please tell us anything you can about Mario 3. It's very vague because it was like what we played before we got like the N64 and Ocarina of Time. Um, but there are little tricks, like a few things that if I go back and play it now, I'll remember specifically like, oh, if I do this, then like, you know, or if I go here, I can get to this. And if I can get the flute here and warp to another blah, 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 like, you know, just little things like that that I still have kind of stored in memory. It's just little things that you don't ever like forget. Yep. Some 15, 20 years later, no matter what. It's true. And, and I think it'd be really fun for us to, to play this again sometime, multiplayer-wise or mm-hmm. whatever. Because cause just like you, I haven't played in a few years. And, and I didn't even beat it until I was an adult, to be honest. I, I just had never finished it as a kid. And I think I mm-hmm. finished it on an emulator. And I've since finished it again multiple times. We could but... never get past World 7, I think it was. The Pipeland. Yes. That, that's another Fuck thing. That fucking oh my god! It is hard. That game. That's another thing. <laughs> no, it's it definitely challenging. Harder and harder. Yeah. Iceland. The music in Iceland is so chilly. I love. Yeah, it's good. It is good. <laughs> Hammer Bros suit. I always loved the Hammer Bros. Like that's yeah. another thing about these games is is it has the most distinctive like uh, cohesion. Like you know, I complained about Mario 3D Land doesn't have the cohesion. This one, the power ups and the worlds. I just you know you yeah. they're so absolutely they're, they're so connected even though they're they're themed. But they feel connected, you know. Everybody, I think most people's favorite was Big Land, to be honest. But uh, I, I was always partial to Cloudland, uh, where you mm-hmm. start in the ground, and then you go into the tower in the sky. Despite the fact that it was always hard for me as a kid, I, I, I get such anxiety when I play games where you can fall to your death. It doesn't matter what the game is yep. or how good I am at it. That I was just... the, the fourth, the fourth level on the in the first world where it's like. Oh, the, yeah. the camera is going and you have to jump on these platforms and some of them fall like Less underneath favorite you and you're just stage. like fuck this the scrolling yeah. stages yeah <laughs> yeah man and this and that's the nice thing about mario 3 is the branch the, the branching paths that's still that's 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 a thing that's missing from so many mario games is that world map mm-hmm. setup uh the new super mario bros kind of dropped that for a while and since they've since kind of brought it back but i just don't besides mario world i just don't feel like they didn't quite bring it back in the not the right sense, way right? It, it, so. there's even though it's not an exploration game i mean yeah the levels you can explore because there's a lot of secrets in these levels but mm-hmm. th- that aside the game itself feels a little bit like it has an exploration element because you can take different paths you can unlock shortcuts things like the ghost ships will spawn on the map and you have to race mm-hmm. to get it or the hammer bros or the or the, the yeah. uh, card game there's there's so many fun little mini games that are integrated so well into this game just... I, I have a question. I have yeah, a question. Yeah, yeah. Real quick before I fucking forget. Okay, so you know, in the, is the second world is the desert, right? Yep. Okay, yep. so towards the end, I remember somewhere off the right, there was always like a pyramid or something or like a space where it looked like you could go there. And I'm not yep. sure if you could. And me and my sister were always trying to figure out, like, how the fuck do we get there? And we never figured it out. So is that a thing? Uh, if you're talking about... <laughs> yes. I, yeah, it was somewhere off. I remember it was towards the end. Yep. It, I think it was like before or after you the break it big with, pyramid level. You get the hammer, you break it. You get the hammer, I believe. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. you go to a, a side area with some mushroom houses, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And That's World cool. 3 had an awesome one like that, too, where you took a canoe across two islands where you would get... I remember the canoe. Yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> big Fish in, uh, I think it's level 7 or 8 of World 3, is still a bane of my existence. That's the stage where the... Where the level's going up and down in the water, and the giant fish, and no matter if you kill me, comes back and just will eat you. I think it's called Big Bertha. Mm-hmm. Actually, is the name of that yeah, is the yeah. fish name of that. 
Big Bertha. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the actual name of, of the oh, enemy. Boy. Oh man, there's so many memories of this game, and and just mm-hmm. uh, I just I've played it so many times as a kid. Like I said to you guys when I was talking about Seven, is I didn't have a lot of money, but I had Mario Three, and I, and so because of that, I I played this game so much, and it's like just burned in my memory as one of my favorite games of all time. My fifth favorite, apparently, according to my list. It's a beautiful Left, game. you said you had a story. Okay, so this kind of it, it's so it's so reminiscent. So there, there, there's a big reason why this game is just never gonna leave my memory. And so, as a child, as I have mentioned on on numerous occasions, I was sick a lot. Um, sometimes there was self-imposed. Sometimes I was just <laughs> sick. Um, so I was actually in and out of the hospital a lot as a kid. Um, I sometimes had to spend up to a month at a time in the hospital. Jesus. Then I'd go home for about two, three weeks and have to go back. Um, so I, I, I had a lot of medical issues as a child. Um, now, don't, don't worry, that, that's not paramount to the story. But what is paramount is that the hospital I went to, obviously I was in the pediatric ward. They had a Super Nintendo. They had Super Mario All-Stars. Um, no other kid there really seemed to be interested in playing video games. So I kind of had it all to myself. Um, oh shit! <laughs> so, <laughs> so the nurses typically would roll the TV and the Super Nintendo into my room, so I wouldn't even need to go into the little game room to play it because no, yeah, no other kid was really interested. So, anyway, so I was like I said, I was in and out a lot. I knew the nurses, I knew the doctors. I was, I was uh, <laughs> uh, 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 a big shot when I was there. You're the cool kid. Um, <laughs> I was the cool pediatric kid, ward. Yeah. <laughs> the pediatric ward. Anyways, so, um, anyways, so I had I had the game set in my room, and then the nurses came up to me and they said, "We there's this new kid." who's who's here and they're like well to be honest with you he's he's very uncooperative with the nurses we're one, like do you because they had the super nintendo in my room they're like can we take the super nintendo put it in the game room so he can go and play games and i'm like that's that's absolutely fine by me i'm like i'll even do you one better i'll go and play games with the kid nice. so he was like a few years younger than i was at the time um and he was just like he did not want to be in the hospital he was like yelling screaming blah, all this kind of stuff um so i showed him super mario bros 3 and we were playing it together um and and then so once so he he was really agitated when I first met him and then we played Mario Bros three for a few hours and then he he calmed down and then at that point I was like I'm gonna go back to my room because I'm gonna sleep or read or do whatever it is I, I did at the time um, and so that that was all fine so I went back to my room and then the nurses came up and they're like oh he seems really good now I'm like yeah I showed him a game he's just having a good time um, move on to a few days later I hear like noises in the hallway like like almost like a siren type thing and i was like what's going on so basically what happened is that the kid was so the nurses were like talking to him and then he was just like so what's so like like how are you you doing better now like you're not having all these like you know crazy aggressive um outbursts and stuff like that and then so he told the kid the the kid told the nurses that basically he's like no 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 everything's fine now if i feel like i'm going to die i will go get jeff and then he will save me Jesus so that's Christ. what they, that's what they told the nurses now he was talking about the context of the video game oh they did not oh. realize this. <laughs> Holy so crap. So basically, they oh. were freaking out because they thought I was like resuscitating him or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, so then I had a bunch of nurses and doctors come into my room being like, what are you doing to him? And I'm like, he dies in a video game. And then I come and then I show him how to get past it. <laughs> and then that's when they realized how fucking stupid they were acting. Oh my God. And then Thank they God realized that he was just like talking this. about a video game. So That was going to be so heartbreaking. And <laughs> 
Thank God. Oh, man. I thought that the kid was like, you were saving his life. Like, not no, like emotionally the, saving his life. That, that was the funny thing, though, is that everyone thought I was saving his life when in reality I was just showing you how to be a level shit all. Mario Bros. Playing Mario. Yeah, exactly. That's so, fucking just, awesome. So th- that story just, it's ingrained into my memory. Um, basically, some, some kid. Nurses thought he was dying, and I was saving his life. I was almost uh, you're a hero. superhero. You're, yeah. you're, I would say you're like Batman, but Batman sucks. You're like Spider-Man. There, there we go. There we go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Super Mario Bros. 3. Uh, it's it, it's so iconic in my memory for that and many other reasons. Man, so. that's, that's great. And game number one on our list, the BB's favorite game, mostly, is... Super Mario World, number four on my list, number four on Seiji's list, number 21 on Left's, and zero on Shelby's. No BB points. 340 score. The next highest last game was only 316, so that's another jump. That's because of me and Seiji mostly. Uh, man, Super that Mario World. That is the World. largest gap. The, it, yeah, exactly. The only game that I can think of that could beat Mario 3 in terms of Mario games is Mario World. And it's not an easy <laughs> choice for me. As you can see, Mario 3 was my number five. And Mario World number four, and, and I and I wrestled with the two, but uh, Mario World was the first game I ever beat, and and the first Mario game that might have been purely my own outside of maybe Mario One, and and when it comes to world building and, and cohesion, it outdoes Mario because the whole world is one gigantic continent that you uh, you traverse across with hidden paths. It's 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 like Mario Three. But just done better. It's a link to the link between worlds version of Mario Three. I think is Mario World. It's just expands and 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 pushes everything just a bit better. And man, uh, this game is amazing. The music is great. Uh, the setting is great. Yoshi, what an awesome character. I love Yoshi. Uh, and oh man, I don't know. The cape is my favorite Mario power up. Always has been. Uh, I just love. I love it. And you can do way more with the cape than you can with the Tanuki feather. Man, this game. It's a great tool for slaughtering things. <laughs> yes, which which I can't wait to get Shelby's opinion shortly because Shelby's I lent her my cop my my Game Boy Advance version of hers so she could play it for this episode. So she'll have some things to say for, about this one for sure. Uh, but just a little more gushing. I love the Koopalings. I wish that they were used more. Thankfully, they're coming back more often. But there was a while they're just forgotten. I love the Koopalings. Although canonically, they're they're not canonically they're not Bowser's kids. So that's weird. I don't know where they come from. Who's their parents? Maybe maybe he's a babysitter for the kids. I really don't know, but they're they're not his his child. World's worst babysitter. Maybe the novels would tell us because they're obviously all canon, right? <laughs> yes, the, the, the choose your old adventure. Uh, Mario mm-hmm. three and World had two uh, actually since, since you brought the novels had two uh, Saturday morning cartoon shows that were terrible, but I love them. Uh, Mario three and World were I think in term other than the fact that they're the biggest mainstay, maybe were the one of the height of the popularity of Mario like it. They were McDonald's toys. They were comics. They were cartoons. Nintendo was everywhere. And I just feel... I mean, Mario World was a pack-in with the Super Nintendo, if I'm not mistaken. At least it was with the one I bought. and Or rather, my mom bought. And uh, I just remember playing that, fighting with my sister because I did not want her to play it. And eventually, she just gave up and I played it all the time. Just unco- uncovering every secret. And it's a game I've revisited many times. I was playing the Game Boy Advance one just last month before I lent it to Shelby because I love the game so much. It's so good. Man, good game. There's very 
little else that I could say about Super Mario World that hasn't been said that, that people don't know instinctively in their mind. Think about Super Mario World and, and imagine yourself playing it and there are some elements that are so strongly identifiable of, of the platformer. This is the best platformer that there is. People keep playing it, keep finding stuff. I mean, when, when Super Mario Maker got released uh, last year, the one that dominated all other <laughs> all other themes was Super Mario World Absolutely. because it has the it has the best physics, the best controls, the best look, the most charming, yep. the best colors, the best everything. In Super Mario World, it's, it's, true. it's just superior in 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 every way to any other Mario that has been released. Uh, to me, Super Mario 3D World is is close, but of course, Super Mario World that timelessness that it has and and it's it's a game that that's probably the game that i played the most and that, that i play consistently like every year uh there's there's no year that passes that i just put on the game because i want to feel it you know it's like i don't know like like something that you want to to feel and there's nothing else like it this thought is really really sad but i don't think Nintendo's <laughs> ever going to make a better mario game than this one i can still <laughs> i hope you're not right I, I can still see i was just thinking about this as we were talking about it. i can still see myself the day I, I beat this game i remember where i was i remember what my room looked like and i've never thought about this place it was just a little apartment i lived in while growing up i think i was in grade two or three when it happened but just closing my eyes and, and thinking about it i can just see the, the shitty tv i had where the nintendo was was sitting uh when i act the day I, it was sunny when i beat it so it was in the middle of the day it was on a weekend and i remember i can just start seeing like my room I, and i never i never think about it but i just it's it's becoming so clear to me because it was such a big moment for for little kid me that just i don't know like something about this game just it, it just stuck with me my entire life and and i guess it was my first gaming accomplishment if if there is achievements in games back then it would be my my first one my first uh major achievement and it doesn't sound like much because people were playing and beating games all the time back then but for me i just didn't have a lot of games and and i, I wasn't that great at them i guess because i didn't beat them most of the time but but just playing through and and just because the game gets a little challenging, you might not think so. Mario games nowadays are so easy, but Mario, but Mario Three and, and World were not easy games once you got past a certain point. And 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 it's worth worth noting that I don't know the game's so good. In in Super Mario World, when it comes to the challenge that you're talking about, like it's it's definitely there. Like it it progresses nicely when it comes to the challenge, and then it just fucking spikes whenever <laughs> yeah. you get to like the Star World. Gnarly. I can't remember exactly what. Yeah, yeah. Cowabunga. Um, so when, when, when you get to those levels, it's so punishing. Oh, man. Well, I've the never bonus, beat them. You don't. You. I. I have. Um. A friend of uh, of mine and myself in high school, we actually went to hundred percent. Uh, Super Mario World and Yoshi's Island. We tried 100% both of them. Nice. Um, we didn't succeed succeed at Yoshi's Island because getting eight red coins in every level was a pain in the butt. Um, <laughs> but the Super Mario World we we did accomplish in the end, and it was a, a, a great feat for us to have been able to do it. Um, but kind of getting back to this game is that you know I've mentioned uh, maybe every episode of Bonus Barrel that I love the Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. Um, and and like you said, this was the game that came with the Super Nintendo. This was the staple of the Super Nintendo. Yep. And so sometimes you kind of look at it being like, oh, you know, just toss that game aside. That's just the one that came with it. Um, you don't need to worry about that one. Go out and get something good. <laughs> um, but like, it, it, it's so, it's really speaks a lot that, you know, this was the game that came with it. And this was probably one of 
you know, the best game to actually play for the Super Nintendo at the same time. Um, so it was really cool to kind of have that experience right off the bat where, you know, usually you don't get such an early release game for the console to be the Apex game for that console. So it just really goes to show that they really had Super Mario World right. There wasn't really anything wrong with this game. Um, the only thing when you're talking about comparing Super Mario Bros. 3, how this is better in every way, I kind of like the music to Mario 3 a little bit more, I think. They're both good. Um, yeah, they're, they are yeah. both excellent. Super memorable. I think, Unlike exactly. New Super Mario Bros. Yeah. There's like no fuck. I hate God. I can't stand the music. I know I've played it at some point, but I just I don't remember it enough to to have put it on my own list. Uh, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's uh, it's really cute, and I really like the 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 art style, and I like that like the older Mario games. They still hold up. There are still games that are coming out now that like you know everybody likes keeping the retro like eight bit, sixteen bit games alive and. You know, just kind of carrying on that legacy and stuff. So, and and the music's awesome, of course. Say about I love the cape because, as <laughs> I said earlier, it's the perfect tool to slaughter your enemies. <laughs> I just spam every time I have it. I just spam it. I just spam all the time and just kill everything. <laughs> it is powerful. Um, I like going for the the Yoshi coins. They're they're awesome. Um, I had. I think mentioned maybe in the waste of time mini BB. Well, I, I can't remember if it was there or if it, I mentioned it to you guys in person that I had played or I was bringing it to play at the driver's ed course that me and Robin and Megan were taking. And uh, yeah, at some point I did I didn't see my game, so I'd gotten all the way through the fucking donut planes. And then when I opened it again, it was like, oh, you're here. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, no, I don't want to do that all again. So before this episode, I played and I got through them, and I'm in the vanilla. Vanilla Dome right now. <laughs> so. Do you think you'll keep playing it despite the fact that we've pa- we're passing? Oh yeah, it? it's it's fun to pick up too. Like you don't have to. I mean, there's no there's no rush. I don't want to say there's no story either because there there's kind of like a mini like and it's not like super, yeah, it's not important. You know, whatever. So Save it's not the like princess. Yeah, it, it's not like I'll just play it and then leave it for two months and come back to and be like, oh, what the hell's happening? Like it's pretty. <laughs> where was know? I in this but, game? But I yeah. might wake up one day and like, oh, where the fuck is my uh, Mario and, and Game Boy Advance at? <laughs> no worries. Yeah, and then you'll ask for it, and I'll just be like, no, but I want to. You know, maybe I'll pick it up. That's <laughs> <laughs> familiar. To me. Uh, anyway, so do you think if you had um, played this before we did the list, do you think it might have made your list? I think that so. Yeah, I think it probably number one. Oh yeah, for sure. It probably would have ended up somewhere around where Super Mario's or Super Mario Bros. Three ended up. It, it's on my list. Cool too. seeing your opinion on it because you don't have the nostalgia and childhood stories and all that shit that we have with it. But the fact is that you know you're like ten and you like this game, and that's a really good testament to this game. Well, when we were ten, we loved this game. Yeah, and so that's great. That's good. It shows you how timeless Mario World is. I think I think we're good to end it. We this is uh, like the longest maybe episode. Let's let's end it. I, I'm okay with the fact that this episode's extra long, and I think people. This has been our top 100 uh, games. We're, now we're gonna go back to more regular episodes, talking about specific games, news, and whatever else crosses our mind. I think it'll be nice in some ways to to get back to that a little bit. On the other hand, I am gonna miss the list too. So mm-hmm. we'll have to do we'll have to do uh, something big for our next next time around where we need to do big lists. We'll we'll figure out something fun. Maybe the top one hundred sports. Yeah, games. exactly. Maybe top. Maybe <laughs> maybe we'll do top ten BB game uh, genres, like Shelby said. Who knows? That's the, honorable mentions. Maybe. Yeah, that might be there's a thing. there's a lot of things. Also, we should post our lists, and you three should get to submit them to the CC. 
Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's easy. You just copy and paste. And... Okay. Well, guys, thank you so much for, for those who have listened and those who are enjoying the list and stuff. I hope you stick around. But uh, thank you for supporting it. Uh, our episodes have been more played recently because of this. So, uh, again, I hope people stick around. But uh, And if you, <laughs> I know some of your games didn't make the list, and I'm sorry. It's a personal list, not a... We've, we said the disclaimers, but, you know, thank you for listening. CartridgeClub.com or .org, BonusBarrel.com, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. You know where to, to find us. So, uh, thank you for listening. This is Rob. And Shelby. Le- and Seiji. Enjoy.